Okay. Meow. Meow. So, gentle listeners, we have some some good news. We have a we have an, a what a partner, a partner, yeah, a, a, yes. a, a, a sponsor. It's like a sponsor partner. <laughs> <laughs> and I have not been drinking. I'm having one of those days, guys. Uh, but no, yeah, yeah, we we do. We have uh, we have a partnership with uh, with our friend Cameron Sutter, and um, he's made this really cool app called Plotter. Write, the writing of things. Yes, for the writing of things and the outlining of things. Yes, I mean, really, you could. I, I'm one of those people that I use everything for everything. Um, so like I, I have Scrivener as well. And um, I use that for like research databases. It's not just for like plotting things out and writing things. Um, so plotter, you could really use for anything. You could use it as a flow chart for the tasks you need to do today. And that's what, what or your goals. This hmm? thing is called plotter. Plotter. Yes. P-L-O-T-T-R. Minus plotter. E. No, yes. plotter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's plotter with a Utah accent. yes yeah you should be used to our bastardizations of utah accents by now yes yes you should um if if uh if you skipped over our special episode last week go back and listen to it it's just a quick little interview about the app and we we nerded out about the novels that he's written the reason that we're talking to you about this ahead of the episode that you are so eagerly awaiting i know Mm -hmm. i know you just can't wait to get to that is because he's running a uh a special for anyone participating in NaNoWriMo so (laughs) NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month yeah, and so people all over the world participate in this. They, and you write 50,000 words between the 1st and 30th of November. It's a fantastic project. If you've never written, if you want to write, if you want to see if you want to write, or if you just really want to stretch your brain for a month, you should do it. It's so much fun. There's online help and everything. Just go to nanorimo.org and you can sign up and, and find out about that. And I've been doing it for years and years and years without an outline. <laughs> I'm, I'm what's called a pantser. There's a pantser and a planner. I'm a pantser. And I Is actually... by the seat of your... Yes. And I did, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I I did NaNoWriMo every month for an entire year back in 2012. Um, So I wrote 50,000 words every month and then two in November because I had to do NaNoWriMo on top of my normal. So I wrote 13, 50,000 word different novels in 2012. Um, So I know quite a bit about how to write really fast. (laughs) If you want to know more about that, go to michelletuckett.com. Um, Good luck and, fitting it in this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Uh, I'm I'm going to be cheating, but I'm also going to be because uh, you're supposed to write something new that you haven't worked on before because it's easier to get it out of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'm going to be doing is fleshing out my novel mm-hmm. um, because I got this app that we're talking about, Plotter, and all of a sudden I'm writing again, which is great. I'm I've never been an outliner. I'm not somebody who does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so for, for anyone who is interested in trying this out or if they're participating in NaNoWriMo, he's running a special. So normally it goes for about twenty four ninety five, I believe. And uh, and he's running it for a massive discount yes. through the end of November. And we're really excited about that because if you've never plotted out a novel, if you've never written anything, it's really going to help you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Plotter is great because it makes an outline out of your timelines. You can make these color-coded timelines. And so when you're sitting there in kind of stream of consciousness having scenes come to you you can create them along this plot line and then you know sort of drag and drop them wherever they need to go and then when you click outline it makes an outline of them hmm. which is great yeah for sure um yeah it's super useful it it makes it easier than i've ever i mean i hate outlining because i hate having to sit down and write the outline i just want to be writing well and then you feel locked into an outline and then this way i mean yeah when you showed it to me the, the app it, it looks like it makes it really easy for if you're okay um 
a lot of times the best way to write about something is to just think about it a lot. Yes. And so when you finally have an idea, I mean, normally if you're writing this through a work document or whatever, you have to go scroll through and kind of find and then put a lot yeah. of space. At the oh, and then if you're the trying end, to figure out if you've already written it and right. I mean, and then you have to read your own rough draft, which is not something you should do in the middle of writing something. Yeah. And this one, you can kind of, you have an idea, you flush out a little bit in your head. When you're mm-hmm. ready, you make a new card kind of thing, yeah. and put it in there and then plug it where it's kind of going to go in yeah. the general flow of the story. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so you can just keep track of everything. Um, you know, it's got this beautiful color picker. You can choose which color fits your vibe of each different kind of scene. Uh, mine's broken up into like flashback scenes and, um, different POVs for each character. Um, that way it's got a little area for notes and you can it has a character bible so it has a character bible and a setting bible um you know like a place bible which is like super valuable i don't know if you've ever tried to keep track of a character bible without like well i would would expect especially the the tertiary characters like did this fucker have green eyes or yeah seriously (laughs) (laughs) fewer things more disheartening than realizing you've been changing somebody's hair color the whole time or their height you know like oh she's really short well her long legs like it's horrible you know or if you set if you trunk this the story for a little while like i've trunked mine it's nice to come back and just have it all waiting for you or if you if you think of like their past or memories they have um so you can keep keep track of things like that and you can tag things for organizations so you can search by tag as well so when you have an epic huge story you're able to um to kind of pull it back together Mm -hmm. and and find just the little pieces that you're looking for so it's a super powerful app I'm loving it. Like I said, I, I've not been able to get shit done because all of a sudden I have this tool that's making me actually work on my novel mm-hmm. again, uh, which is the last one I wrote in 2012, I have to say. Very proud of myself for that. Yes. 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 It's the very last thing I wrote in that. And it's a vampire novel and I talk about it sometimes. You've heard. Um, vampires. Vampires. Yes. So you should definitely check out this app, check out NRAMO. You can find out more in the show notes. Please just go to worldwithoutshrimp.com. You can also go to uh, to plotmynovel.com to find out more information and then links to that special discount you can find on worldwithoutshrimp.com, diagenesclubpodcast.com, and michelletuckett.com. Those things. All those things, yes. yes. <laughs> if you want to know more about Cameron and his writing process and, uh, and the app, definitely listen to our previous show. We'll be talking about it, you know, going pretty much through November at least. Mm. Because I'm super excited about this thing. Snard's actually going to be using it. I'm actually going to be using it if you go <laughs> because to... Because we are not whores. Yes. No, we are not. <laughs> we found something cool. We found something Snard's super cool. And yeah. And, and so we're like, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, we really <laughs> everyone like should know it. about this thing. Um, you know, and yes, full disclosure, we are getting uh, we are getting a percentage kickback on on sales through right. through affiliate links because why not? Um, but that yep. doesn't mean that we don't love it and use it and, right, right. and everything. Um, well, if, if I wrote anything ever... Yeah. Again, I would definitely use no, that's it. Great. Well, I want to make some Buffy timelines. <laughs> that would be good. Because I want to have... Because it's a really I, complicated show. It is really complicated. So it would be kind of nice to track things, and I think that would be a really good use of, of how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I am going to be, because I'm cheating, I will be taking screenshots of my plotter progress. Um, so I'm going to be... I'm going to kind of going to be doing it out on the open. Um, so for more on that, if we're more on advice on writing and a lot of upcoming stuff and uh, some really great guest posts from Cameron, just go to michelletuckett.com. That's my little writing website. It's fun and happy and it's a good place. And I think that's all we have. We can go back to the show now. Yes. Back to the show. Back to the With show. the vampires. Yes. And if the audio quality is completely different, it's because this is a different mixer. I'm sorry. <laughs>
Hello there, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Dietary's Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we will be discussing Buffy, Season 3, Episode 4, Beauty and the Beasts, wherein all men are beasts, Buffy. Uh, <laughs> our drinks for this time uh, are the uh, toxic hetero Normatini and the Irish tourists. And, <laughs> the and, the uh, hetero Normatini is an apple teeny. Yes, and I actually I did a little bit of uh, of research on this, and I ran the idea past both straight men mm-hmm. and gay men, and all of them agreed that fruity di- drinks are delicious, but only gay men have the balls to order them at a bar. <laughs> right, and it's even made fun of in multiple places like Scrubs. Yes, yes, and uh, and when, once we post <laughs> the recipe, uh, feel free to to add the Jello of queer defiance along uh, mm-hmm. with your your toxic hetero Normatini. And yes, of course, indeed. as always, I am Jen and this is Snart. Or Michelle. Mm-hmm. We are the Sisters Tuck It. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> we, we've had a few drinks. Oh, and, and then the uh, the Irish Tourist yes. is a London Fog. If you don't know what that is, that is a, um, a tea latte made with milk and uh, Earl Grey, usually with a little bit of sweetener like vanilla syrup in there. And we just decided to add Jack. Two ounces of Jack Daniels. Two ounces of Jack Daniels. As our little nod to Jack London. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so it is a Jack London fog or an Irish tourist. An Irish tourist. Um, because and- we have an Irish tourist in this episode. <laughs> yes, indeed we do. Uh, and we also added in, I've started making homemade bitters. And they're tasty. Yeah, they are tasty. They, it's they surprisingly easy. like they should in, a, in an alcoholic Yes, indeed. Well. And this was only a four-day bitter, so you can imagine if I'd done it for like the proper four weeks. It's pretty damn tasty. Yeah. So it was a lavender mm-hmm. vanilla bitter made in vodka. Yes. There are recipes. Go go online. They're up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, were there things you want to talk about in the previous episode? Because you uh, you had some some epiphanies. So I did have some epiphanies. Um, after you know, cut towards the end of the episode, I'd been arguing the whole time that the episode was from Angel's point of view, and we mm-hmm. had a couple examples for and against mm-hmm. uh, that actually being true. And it occurred to me only after I was driving back from dropping Jen off that. At like one in the morning. Like one in the morning. The <laughs> 1 a.m. epiphany. And it actually kept me up for like an hour. Um, that this is, we actually make this clear and explicit because of Buffy's dream. So the last time we have a dream about Angel in the bronze getting stabbed through the chest, uh, that's at the beginning of Surprise. So when Drew does it, right? Yeah, when yeah. Drew does it. And this is the beginning of Surprise. And that is the first Angel-centered I think she cuts his throat. Oh well, yeah, thing, she though. might. But yeah, same, he gets same, hurt same, same in the bronze. Yeah, yeah, he's in the bronze and he gets hurt. And that's the beginning of the first angel-centered episode. And this seems to be both his dream and Buffy's dream. It's like Buffy's yes. entering his dream. Yeah, sort of. It's like, sort of a. It's like a conference call with the powers that be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yes, totally. And and so he she walks into his dream just in time for him to get killed. And in this one, he bleeds on the ring, mm-hmm. and then the ring is what opens up the gate. And, and we know that blood is very important for opening portals. Yes. Uh, not only because that's what Angel's blood did the first mm-hmm. time with the Catholic, but Dawn's blood will do that as well. Yes, and we know that. And we even have the reference of this is metaphorical blood, not real blood, right. from Willow. <laughs> and it's metaphorical blood on the ring, but it's enough. He's the one that does it. So, yeah, that was kind of my bookend. Yeah, is and, that and we, we have... know this show loves bookends. Yes. It's the favorite thing of the show. Totally. So that is how we know, is there are two, these two episodes are twins. We started with a dream about Angel in the bronze, seemingly from Angel's point of view. Like, we see it from Buffy's point of view because that's how we always skew our vision of the show. Right. But if we really rewatch them, these are Angel's emotions that we're feeling, not Buffy's. Um, and then we arc him all the way through having a great day, having something happen, and then... 
losing his soul and being um, exposed in a new situation. Mm -hmm. So in this one, he's sitting on the sidelines. He's watching everything. This is why all the Scoobies are kind of weird. This is why Xander's sidelined. This is why Cordy's not there. Angel doesn't know these people. Like, he knows them enough to kind of know what they would say, but he doesn't know these people. Right. And then at the very end, we bring him back with the ring. And it's very similar to him waking up in the alley after collapsing. Yes. In the same position. Yes, indeed. And uh, last time he was told to close his eyes and he died in an alley, <laughs> yeah. he woke up again as something else. And it's just, to me, that was like my bookend. Yeah. So, no, I, I, think yeah. It's, I think it's a good theory, for sure. Yeah. So I just want to nail that one in. This was from Angel's POV. I like it. Yeah. I have no idea whose POV this episode is from. Um, um, or anybody's, nobody's. We're we're, we're going to try to figure out as we go through this episode. We're going to figure out what try to figure out what the we've, fuck is we've going been talking on. Talking about we, this is the closest we've come to actually arguing about the show so far. Well, at a certain point, yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was just a discussion. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it is, but it was. It was the most at a discussion point, type discussion right, we have at, had. At a certain point, we we're, we're like, okay, we're both going to present our theories and and uh, and about one scene, um, and then we're just going to let gentle listeners decide because yeah, I mean, like I, like we've said before, mm-hmm. this isn't a podcast where anybody's right or wrong. We just because we will never know who's right or wrong because. Yeah. These writers are not talking about the shit anymore. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of done. And honestly, I would be so pissed if the only thing anyone wanted to talk to me about was the thing I did twenty years ago. No shit, right? Like I would be so. I mean, I think that's why Joss Whedon can be right. a bit of a dick. I think that's why a lot of the writers don't necessarily show up unless it's like a big deal. Well, and and this was this was a job for these folks, you know, yeah. like especially the actors, like gentle listeners, my darlings. If you ever meet Sarah Michelle Gellar, please don't ask her about Buffy. It was a yeah. job she had 20 years ago. Seriously. Do you remember the job you were doing 20 years ago? Neither do I. <laughs> I like... was actually asked that in a job interview. <laughs> I had a job interview at the beginning of this year, and I, I knew within a few minutes, you know, when you know that you're... Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm even purposefully blowing this. I just know we're not. It's like going on a date. Right. Yeah. And so they asked me about my first job. I'm 34. Exactly. I, and I look in my 20s. I Granted, I look like I'm in my 20s. Still... And my voice over the phone, I mean, I don't know if you guys can tell just from the podcast, because all you know is the voice. I sound like 10. I don't know. I sound do like... Do you? <laughs> I kind of do. I'm a little nasal, especially lately because I've had like a sinus infection I for like I'm five weeks. Too. When I've heard my voice come back, I've heard I'm nasal. Sorry about yeah. that. Can't do anything about you it. Can't so do anything whatever. about it. Um, yeah. And I've been exceptionally <laughs> so just because I've had like a, a the longest sinus infection of my life. Finally got myself to a Chinese doctor, and he's got me sorted out, so I'll be getting better. And um, I gave you the crazy Chinese sinus yes, pills you that gave I have. Well, he was out of those, and he told me to get them from you and add oh, yeah. them to what he gave oh, yeah. me. Oh, we could actually get the word out. Uh, if you have chronic sinus infections, go to your, your uh, local Chinese market mm-hmm. and buy B-Yan. Yes. B-I-Y-A-N. Yes. And it sometimes means it'll nose be, infection. It's awesome. Yeah, and also have, sometimes it'll also have Pian yeah. on it, uh, P-I-A-N. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this stuff is magical. Bomb. It is. It, it's so good. And it, it's actually good uh, for a lot of things. It can be good for stomach to a certain degree. Um, I, I think it's because it all that drain stuff is draining into your stomach. Yeah, and well, all the it, infection. It, it changes the, the energy of your body to a certain degree, but it really is just like it pretty magic. much. Yeah, it, it pretty much will just it's like a, it's almost like a pill induced nasal lavage. Like because <laughs> the problem with your, with sinus infection, if you've got your sinuses are packed with infectious material mm-hmm. and you just need to get it out of there. Uh, so you take this stuff. And it stimulates your mucous membranes, and your nose runs, mm-hmm. and you get all that crap yeah, out of there. And it breaks up the bacteria. It's got right. mild antibacterial properties, not right. enough to like change your gut flora, but just enough. And uh, yeah, it's it's I, amazing stuff. I swear by it. Um, I I uh, was 
uh, turned on to it in college because uh, I went to hippie college. And uh, <laughs> I used to get a sinus infection every single time I got a cold. And I haven't had a sinus infection that required antibiotics in 20 years. This is the because first time I've stuff. had a sinus infection in years. And because you didn't have my crazy helping. Chinese sinus pills. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I went to the Chinese doctor, didn't have them. Anyway, so yeah, that's it's, that stuff's amazing. It it's is. just inc- incredibly amazing. Um, but yeah, so I don't I don't sound like I'm very old. I get that over there. Especially when I'm really excited. I start to sound like, you know, like I'm from Utah. Oh my God. Utahns get really excited about stuff. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my professional phone voice is very different than what you guys hear. It's kind of like my radio voice, but I just can't maintain <laughs> this for five hours. And so that's totally fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I go to this interview and, and we're a few questions in and I can already tell that they have not watched the video interview that they made me do because they're asking me similar questions. And I'm like, well, I already told you this. And then they say, so tell me about your first job and what you learned from it. And I want to be like, bitch, please. I learned to not be late or I'll get fired. Yeah. If, if I sit like, and think about it for a while, 20 years ago, well, my first job I was selling CDs and then I helped make candy uh-huh. and then I sold knives and then I made copies. <laughs> and then I got my actual career. Yeah. I've, I've had a longer route than you. Uh, still haven't found my actual career. Um, but yeah, I started in the knife shop. But even before that, I was teaching theater. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, what, what? it's so irrelevant. I don't care if what I learned was how to juggle knives. I'm not going to remember it now. Right. I'm not going to remember. This is like, you yes. should ask me, what is the most valuable lesson I learned from my past experiences? Right. So if you run across, I mean, seriously, if you run across a celebrity, mm-hmm. just ask them, what, hey, hey what are you doing these days? Yeah. yeah. How's, how's it going? How's your life mm-hmm. going? Whatever. Yeah. Or like, it, you know, like, what's your new project? Mm-hmm. What's your big dream? Uh, what what do you, you want not... to talk to me about? Yeah. What like, have you like not if, achieved yet? If we ever are blessed to have someone who has been on these shows call, call in and talk to us and everything, which mm-hmm. of course we'll share with y'all. Uh, because that would be so fucking awesome. I'd It'd be my so pants. amazing. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to just say, what do you want to talk about? And we'll talk yeah. about that. I mean, and everybody's going to be disappointed because, but we're not going to ask them to talk about Buffy or Angel or yeah. anything like that because it was 20 years ago and they were doing a job. They went mm-hmm. in, they acted and they were fantastic at it and they said their lines and then they moved on. Yes. And do they remember what they said? No. We do don't remember what we said three podcasts ago. I can't even imagine. No, I can't even. Going. And I edit them. So I get to live them twice or sometimes three or four times. And you're like, wow, this, this is cool. I don't, okay. I don't remember what we talked I about. Sometimes I laugh so hard at what we said. I'm like, we're really we're funny. funny. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have anything else um, ahead of this episode. Yeah, so so we've noticed that there there's a pattern among the the episodes and seasons. It's not ex- an exact science or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, we found that episode four of pretty much any season, and it's hard to count season one because it was a truncated season, so we're not really yeah. sure. But from two on, uh, episode four is impotent Buffy. Yeah, she seemed. It seems to be either no matter if she takes action or does not take action, she's not able to do anything. Right. Like sometimes near the very end, I mean, let's say Inca Mummy Girl is the same kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, at the very end, she's able to recover her Slayer powers again and kick ass. But for the most, I mean, we talked about it at the time, Buffy's just moping around and pouting and just oh, yeah. being like a, a, a dish rag. And yeah. it's weird. Well, and, and she's trying to be a normal girl. I, I right. feel like these are the wistfulness for a normal life. Like here mm-hmm. we have her with Scott Hope trying to be like, like she's not even hanging out with the Scoobies. Right. Um, yeah, and then in Mummy Girl, she just all, wants to be. And it all leads to girl. impotence. Yeah, yeah it, it all leads to an impotent slayer. Mm-hmm. A flaccid slayer. Yes. Well, and then yes. in all the way up to season, season seven, 
she's trying to do something for a girl who just wants to be a normal girl. Right. And that doesn't work either. It doesn't work like, either. Even when Buffy, in, in, in episode four, even when, when Buffy is like, yay, I'm going to take control and take care of this for you, no problem. Oh, fuck, that didn't work either. Yeah. But we also <laughs> take the time and space during the episode four. It's sort of a break from the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And so we seem to be taking the time and scope to breathe a little bit and have characters say things that seem insignificant at the time, but are actually saying so many things. Yeah, there's a, a decent amount of foreshadowing uh, oh, yeah. in this episode, well, for sure. In Inca Mummy Girl, we uh-huh. had tons of foreshadowing. Like the we names. Saw, yeah, the names thing. We saw um, the stuff with Willow and Oz. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I remember coming up with a lot. <laughs> I don't remember what we do. Especially the name thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and... Uh, we sort of set the tone. So, you know, we're doing that again here. Um, and then in, even in next season is fear itself mm-hmm. where we set the, we set the basic premise of fear is scarier than the thing causing it. <laughs> right. Cause you can just step on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big overture. Yeah. <laughs> Who's a dude of fear demon? But yeah, I mean, it, it really sets the tone, and we take a lot of time, but we we learn a lot, and that that one's just good fun. <laughs> I mean, and, and Buffy is so impotent, and that one just be saved by Giles and a chainsaw. Yes, yeah. yes I, I do love Giles with chainsaw. Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> the you know, Giles avec chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like Buffy mm-hmm. is is kind of stuck. It's yeah. like crap. This this I'm seriously. I, and yeah. one of these times, she's going to remember to dress up as like Wonder Woman or something for Halloween no instead kidding. of like all of these damsel. Well, at least she red... took weapons to that one. That's true. But, but she still is in a red dress. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. <laughs> Be the wolf, Buffy. Be the wolf. You know what you are. You're a predator. You're not prey. Yeah. Come on, girl. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so yeah, um, what's, what's the next one? Since I'm sure people are... So the next one after that is Out of My Mind when Riley is going all crazy <laughs> when riley's a bigger problem than yeah anyone thought possible yeah totally well it's because he's his heart thing is going off an idiot. and joyce is in the hospital but riley's more important yeah well. so buffy is um <laughs> so buffy ends up being impotent again yeah. she can't yeah, yeah. she gets sidelined because she has two people to take care of and they're both awful <laughs> yes. um well joyce is awful because she's sick riley is just fucking awful riley is just awful and pay and attention helpful. to me yeah uh the next one after that is flooded yeah, impotence. Impotence when Buffy's just like, she can't The Slayer even... trying to live the mundane life is not yeah, working out no, very well. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, that, that, whole, that whole episode for me is just Buffy staring at a sink with running water in it. Yeah, it's true. A lot of interesting stuff happens in that episode, but I just, I relate to that moment so much of just like, this is good. Yeah. This is peaceful. Yeah. I'll stay here. <laughs> I'm fine. Yes. Yes. Well, and Buffy goes to the the sink to process emotions frequently. Yes, she does. Yeah. Well, because she can turn on the water and no one can hear her sobbing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the next one after that is help. When yep. we have uh, the prophetic girl yes. who's going to die. And Buffy finds out that sometimes even if you are on your game and even if yeah, you're not impotent, you're Buffy still impotent. Buffy does so much in that episode, oh, but there still is like, yeah, there's absolutely nothing she can but do. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating progression. You know, it is, yeah. Impotence, 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 impotence for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And then, oh shit, sometimes even if you're on your game, there's not shit oh, you yeah. can do. Because like with, with the Riley and the mom, like she's just, she's juggling taking care of them and Dawn. Mm-hmm. And just the nature of being so busy taking care of people makes her impotent because yes. uh, she's not effective at doing anything else right and then yeah and then after that she she fucking died 
Yeah. And, you know, it's not her fault that nobody kept up with taking care of the plumbing or the house or the bills. They blew the whole inheritance they, yeah, on medical like bills. She comes back and there's no money left. There's nothing Buffy can do. And nobody's bothering to pay rent. Yeah. Living in that nice house. Yeah, we will have a lot of things oh to say. Oh my God, we're going to have a lot to say about that <laughs> shit, man. A lot to we say. Hope you liked episode two of this season because you'll get more. Or, yeah, we'll get more of that. Yeah, Dead Man's Party. I get real fucking pissed about that <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, yeah seriously. Um, yeah, so that's something I think we're going to be doing a little bit more of now that we're in into more of the middle of Buffy is looking at similar episodes to see what the story's doing. Yeah, because there's a definite pattern. There is a definite pattern. We noticed this really early on. Like, you made a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, I mean, we know that the very last episode of a season is she Buffy graduates from something, whether it's yes. school or her life or whatever. Definitely. <laughs> there's always a graduation, yes. uh, sometimes with an epic battle, sometimes not. Um, Usually with things exploding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because Buffy cannot leave somewhere politely. Yes. <laughs> you can just leave Buffy. You got to blow this up now. <laughs> That's why Angel really doesn't want her in that way. He's like, please no. No, you no. can't blow up. My, my ship blows up all the time anyway. <laughs> we already have Wolfram and Hart. We don't Nobody need help. Can blow anything else up. Got that psychic girl blows up windows and shit when you mention her dad. Like we got enough of that shit going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll be doing a little bit more of this pattern matching moving forward and just kind of looking because I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I and, think and, this uh, is so smart for the writers to do. Yeah, and we went back to the, to our our patterns for this one because we really were having trouble figuring out what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's when we noticed episode four is just this is when Buffy loses power, mm -hmm. and it's it's a good time in the episode because we have the introduction of the new reality from the old one, you know, coming to Sunnydale, uh, you know, like after, after death, mm -hmm. part one, <laughs> Yes. after Angel's death, part one. Um, Frequently there's the intro of the love interest in there. Yes. yes sometimes yep. there's, yeah. And in this case, it, it was a little bit delayed, Yep. you know, until, um, and then it, we, so every single time we have Buffy entering a new place, we have enter, her entering college, uh, entering a new reality, all kinds of things like that. Uh, episode two is introducing the first complication. Seems to be. Episode three is someone comes to town. <laughs> <laughs> I <help. laughs> uh, Yeah, that's when we get fit Spike, we get Faith. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the other ones because I don't have them in front of me, but someone comes to town. And then, so we set all of our players in motion. We set the first thesis together. Right. And then episode four, we, we combine that thesis together. We start to get it coherent. And we also show what Buffy's... You know, we give Buffy frustration to move forward from, mm -hmm. I guess we could say, I think. Yeah. Yeah. A little discomfort. Yeah. We, yeah. we give her a reason to continue fighting mm -hmm. because unlike Angel, who just fights because fighting is what fight is does. Right. Fight is does. Fight is does. Do your job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, like, like Angel fights because that's what he does. Mm -hmm. We fight because we fight because there's nothing else. And Buffy doesn't have that yet. She's not mature enough to just fight because that's what we do. Well, yeah, Buffy's always resisting her calling all she the time. Is. She wants to be a normal girl. She yeah. really, really, really wants to be a normal girl. That's all she wants. That's all she wants. <laughs> and uh, even though that's not true, mm -hmm. but <laughs> that's yeah. what she tells herself over and over and over again and what her friends tell her over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And um, and when she does that, there are dire consequences. Oh, yeah, because she's a flaccid slayer and we don't yeah. like it when we have a flaccid and slayer. We want die. a turgid slayer. Too messy. I like my slayers too messy throbbing. Yes. <laughs> I really don't, though. No flaccid, no flaccid <laughs> yeah. slayers. No. Yes. And then episode five will go into that next time but episode five has an inciting incident or an external force to get the slayer back into gear 
does that rolling start for the Slayer? Yeah, and, and we always see a recovery at the end of, of episode four of the, mm-hmm. you know, Buffy gets back to being herself. But yeah, this, yeah, the episode five is usually like, no, really, she's back. Yeah, like instead of like, oh, fine, I'll do it, it is, that's good to be me. Yeah. Yeah, episode five is like, yes, yes, this is. That was fine. I yes. would prefer to be this. Thank you. Yeah. Of course, she'll change her mind throughout the season. But yeah, that's, that's a basic oh, yeah. outline of just the first two uh-huh. episodes that we can have. Definitely. Have and we, we cycle the themes as any good story yeah. does. But there are definitely similar threads. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you want to yeah. take a look, um, let us know what patterns you find. Yes. There are many yes, patterns. Yes, please do. <laughs> there are so many patterns and so many different ways of interpreting this stuff. It's awesome. Yes. Shall we get started? Yes, please. We open in the forest with Buffy narrating the call of the wild for us and doing a good job, too. You go, Buffy. <laughs> uh, we transition into the library where Willow continues reading to Oz, who is in full werewolf form. He lunges at her and she decides that this might not be the best thing to read to a werewolf after all. <laughs> Willow. Like, this is, I mean, and to me, this is showing just how gay Willow is. <laughs> because she's, she's like showing porno to a boy, essentially. She's like, hey, does, so this turns you on? Weird. Weird. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All men are beasts. So yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the <laughs> yeah, beast. Let's just let's yeah. just uh, invoke the beast a bit. Uh-huh, yeah, right, rile up the beast like, a little right bit. Right when you're the most dangerous. Yep, and then be surprised that the beast is riled up. Yeah, uh-huh. that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Xander stumbles in, clearly very tired with his magazines and thermos, and declares himself ready for wolf sitting. Xander's going to get a good amount of shit uh, from Giles for falling asleep on his watch later on, but this is really going above and beyond the call of duty here. Yeah, and he looks good. He does. I gotta say, yeah. Oh, yeah, as, as we noted in the previous episode, uh, dude has been working out, and his tight shirt tells us whether uh, that he's probably been working out for either, you know, Cordy or his job as Buffy's lieutenant, but he's got a great body going on. Yeah, oh, yeah. he looks great. And the, those red pants, I mean, also red pants, so either, I, I thought maybe it was because he did something wrong the first time I watched through this, and I don't think it's because he gets scapegoated. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. And just like Buffy's heart gets scapegoated. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. I know, yeah. God damn it. Yeah, he, he does, <laughs> what I the mean, hell am I supposed to do with all these people? Yeah, right. He's, <laughs> he's vaguely irresponsible, but no more than anybody else. Even in this episode. No and, more than Buffy. And definitely, he's more responsible than we are expecting Xander to be. Yes. So, he, he wears these red pants for a long time mm-hmm. in the episode. But yeah, he looks really good. Looks great. It's also in his arms, if you watch and look closely. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, it says, canine housekeeper. <laughs> on the back of whatever back magazine, of magazine he has. So I don't know what he brought with him. <laughs> but it's amazing. I can see him get I can see him getting some like fancy dog or whatever. I don't oh, know yeah. what the magazines are, but like totally. your dog and you kind of yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think we missed a lot of the prop work in this episode, but the, there's a couple things I saw that yeah, the prop the department HD was... version anymore. Yeah, I know. Whatever. But yeah, the prop department was on point yeah, in absolutely. this episode. They had way too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Willow sounds extremely relieved that Xander is there. And let's not forget that it was her decision to date a werewolf. So I'm not too sympathetic that she's afraid of her boyfriend. And she uh, knew now. that before she got into this for real. Right. And now she's afraid of her boyfriend and handing off wolf-sitting responsibilities to the very tired guy who still considers her to be his best friend, even though she doesn't think of him as hers anymore. Yeah. Anyway... Xander comments on The Call of the Wild, asking if that's what they're supposed to be reading the Notes version of. <laughs> Willow snarks that some of them will be. Not the time to be snarky when your friend is doing such a massive favor, Willow. Yeah. Yeah. 
she tells Xander that reading the book will help him stay awake, and The Call of the Wild is an amazing book. But as we just heard, the prose has a melodic lulling quality to those of us who are not werewolves. So this <laughs> is a terrible recommendation. <laughs> I would yes. have rewarded Xander with a stack of Playboys and hauled in a TV and a video game system for him. Oh my God, right? <laughs> right? Jeez. <laughs> like, Game Boy Color existed by now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Uh, Willow also claims that the book soothes the savage beast, even though she just saw that it did the opposite. Uh, she tells Xander that it was just the part about the rabbits that got Oz worked up. And rabbits? The... Exactly. <laughs> and the Oz wolf agrees, slamming himself against the cage again. Uh, should we have two people watching the werewolf so they can sleep in shifts and protect each other? I mean... That seems smart. Well, because what if the Oz wolf did get out? Like, what exactly is Xander supposed to do if that happens? Yeah. Yep. Seriously. Whatever you guys. I know. Well, and then, and they're not there protecting everybody else. They're there protecting Oz. Right. Like, this drives me crazy. They're protecting Oz from having hurt anybody else. Right. Also, Oz, uh, listen to this part. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get all snippy. Uh huh. You're fucking dangerous, dude. Yeah. And he does. Everyone's a little, like, if you can't tell already, everyone's a little off in this episode. A off, yes. Yeah. They're a little, I don't know if it's because Buffy's exited the scene for a minute. Buffy's parts are in disarray. Yes, they aren't one. She's kind of off trying to do a whole bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. Maybe ignoring a few pieces of her internals mm -hmm. a little bit. Forcing herself Maybe. into a role that might not be hers. Yes, with somebody else who might be forcing himself into a role Indeed. that may not be his. Yes, we've got a fun tidbit. Yeah, we, we really do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they're they're kind of in disarray and they're they're running around. And so we, we know from the metaphor, because I'm metaphor girl, I'm perspective guy, um, <laughs> that just the fact that the mind is absent and then the heart and the spirit are trying to make something work when the heart goes to sleep, <laughs> supposed to be yes. watching the dangerous thing in the cage. Yes. Um, maybe this is partly a an example of how Buffy's heart has kind of forgotten that Angel was there. Like, she's finally moving past Angel. She's getting past it. Yeah. She's moving on. Or thinking she is, because the mind's not there. If mm -hmm. the mind was there, the mind would remember that there was something in a cage that maybe he shouldn't fall asleep with. <laughs> right. But he doesn't. And then he's mad later because he's overcompensating for the fact that he forgot for a minute about the heartache that should be remembered. Right. That's my theory. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a tricky episode. It is a tricky episode. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of metaphor work. Yes. <laughs> I'm working on it. Prepare yourself. I've been, I'm zone. <laughs> uh, Xander wonders if it was actually rabbis that the Oswolf had a problem with. Anti-Semitic werewolves don't seem too unlikely on the Hellmouth, actually. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not forget the master and his Nazi uniform. Yes. Well, we might have some that are anti-prom outfit later. Yeah. Definitely. You can program them to do anything, apparently. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Willow tells Xander that Oz has had his two o'clock feeding, and, and wow, what the fuck time is it? <laughs> I could barely see the clock on Xander's way in, but it looks like it's almost 4 a.m. Yeah. yeah. This is a huge favor, especially if the group is expected to do this for three days every month. Mm -hmm. And where's Buffy, and where's Faith, and where's Giles? Why did you call this later? Yeah, yeah, I know. It, so Willow continues with her instructions, telling Xander where Oz's clothes are, and that she put up privacy towels. Xander says he's fine with seeing Oz naked, and then clarifies he isn't a big homo. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case we forgot that, that we know that one character is straight. <laughs> well, and uh, as, as a homo who isn't uptight and has a sense of humor, I thought that was funny. And, uh, and it shows that Xander is on the inside comfortable with his sexuality, but is still a teenager who feels the need to throw in disclaimers. Nothing on your usual 
Yeah. And it was and it was funny, unlike the one that's coming up later. <laughs> uh, Will tells Xander the towels are more for her because she's only seen Oz half naked so far. Xander questions her about which half, and he doesn't seem to be kidding, so I'm going to throw in a uh, Xander get the fuck over it already. Uh, Willow teases him instead of talking about what's going on with him, as friends should do, which is kind of mean, so I'll add, Willow, don't be the, an asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I, I read this a little differently. I think I think on the surface, this is one of those surface versus underneath, and we mm-hmm. have some interesting revelations about the Willow-Xander thing that mm-hmm. I've I discovered. We'll leave that for now. Yes. Because yes. um, it's so good. Um, but <laughs> I think on the surface, we're supposed to read this as Xander having some jealousy, perhaps, or over-involvement or something. It's over-involvement. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I read it as over-involvement. The first few times I kind of read this is like foreshadowing of the affair. Right. Um, but he just seen. I think he's more like, are, are you guys farther along than me and Cordy? Right. Because I haven't seen her with her boobs out yet, and I'm feeling a little like because Willow is his guy friend, mm-hmm. she's his bro friend. You don't want you, you guys want to be keeping up with each other in the the sex marathon, so to speak. Right. And, um, yeah. So yeah. that's how I read it. I mean, he still shouldn't be asking. Well, because that's. I mean, and it really is. They these these folks are way too involved in each other's relationships and each other's lives. Too much intermingling. Yes. And so that's, that's hence the, um, Xander get the fuck over it already and Willow mm-hmm. don't be an asshole. Because yeah. like, this is none of anybody's fucking business. Yeah. I totally agree. But I, I do not see this as foreshadowing of the affair. Oh no, all. no, I don't do that. Except on Willow's end. She oh, yes. flirts back. Yeah. Uh, teasing, she does flirting. the, she's hoping that it is jealousy and like, oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. She's fanning the flames. Yeah. She's still, because she's still, I think that's why Willow doesn't see Xander as her best friend. I think Willow sees either potential love interest or nothing at all. Probably. From Xander right now. I don't think she sees the friendship. I think she got kind of blindsided by a whole bunch of other stuff happening and she's just decided that it's all or nothing with this. Yeah. And yeah. so... You know, and that also raises the question. I'm just going to leave this here. Think about it. Let us know if you have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Did Willow hear Xander say he loved her? It's a very good question. And pretend? It's a very good question. Mm-hmm. Just think about it. Let us know. Yes, absolutely. Uh, she tells him that this particular wolf night first and the night after next, the third, are better as far as Oz's wolf menstruation goes. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's the, I feel you, girl. <laughs> it's the next night, the second, that they need to be worried about. As it goes with this tricky show, that will turn out to not be true at all. <laughs> sick. All you get to do is stick faith in there and everything goes fine. So uh, she hands Xander the tranquilizer gun in case there are problems. Yeah, that's that's still not very helpful. And they need to be there need to be two folks on duty. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys would like to hand this off to Faith on a permanent basis. That uh, sounds uh, good. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Willow thanks Xander for his help and says she normally wouldn't have asked him, but she has a test. So she's been doing this by herself. These are all terrible plans. These are really bad. Like everybody thinks everything. Well, especially she's werewolf. Sitting, especially she's sitting there reading Call of the Wild to him every time. Like, what's she gonna do if he gets out? I don't understand. It's like, okay, I need to calm this little kitty down. Let's show it a picture of a bird, right? Like, I just. It, it's, and this, I mean, has it seriously uh, just been Willow in the library for three days a month with a an angry werewolf locked in a very insecure cage? Is that what we've been... That seems to be where we're going with this. Yes. Not thought out. They have two slayers. Yes. Two. 
this is probably a plan come about while Buffy was on walkabout and we didn't have faith and they just never really bothered to change. Yeah, they didn't notice that they didn't adapt. Yeah, there's a, there's a new Slayer. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Faith doesn't go to school. She could, I mean, she'd be happy. Yeah. To be included in the group to that point. Yeah. Faith loves being included in the group. That's like her favorite thing. Yeah, isn't it funny how that's kind of like Angel? Remember that perfect day he had? Uh huh. Yeah. When he was like included in the group? Well, there are siblings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's all Angel really wanted, too. Yep. Mm. Faith would be so happy if she had the permanent. Wolf. <laughs> Faith and Buffy Bell. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, yeah. She, if Faith had the permanent wolf watching shift, she would be thrilled. Totally. Well, she's already made it clear that she's fine with Oz. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. She's not going to hurt him. Yeah. Which he cleared with her just like sexuality. I forgot to mention that in the last episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, hey, I understand that you're like Mormon, but how do you feel about queers? <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you know, totally just, just don't flirt with me or check out my ass and we're cool. <laughs> right. That's pretty much the conversation they had, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so much queer subtext. Yep. Oh, no, I love it. Yeah. Uh, Xander <laughs> says Willow can count on him and then tucks in and falls asleep on the call of the wild. I mean, to be fair... You'd probably wake up if Oz broke through the cage. I have no problem with what Xander does. Yeah, me either. I mean, he probably doesn't expect to sleep for that long. I think I would expect to sleep for maybe 15 minutes he's and then wake a, up. He's a teenage boy, and teenagers of any kind need lots of sleep. Lots. Yeah. And yeah, he I'm, shows up. He's fine. I mean, I don't care if he even planned. I don't care if he showed up with a pillow. Well, okay. And honestly, there's only one person in there. He's the only person in there. Whether he's awake or asleep, if Oz breaks out, he's fucking dead. Well, and... There Xander is knows nothing that. To do. I'm pretty sure Xander's probably right. aware of that. <laughs> like, I would rather be asleep and then be eaten by a werewolf than be awake and see the werewolf running at my face and biting my face off. Yeah, I'm down with that. Too. Yeah. 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 When I think about <laughs> it. Yeah. We'll go off on this a bit later, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think this is all fine to go off no, about as many yes. times as we want because it makes no fucking sense. Yes. Well, it unless Buffy's heart is running off and maybe... Um, doing things that aren't necessarily approved of by the group oh you mean like how the slayers are patrolling right now oh and uh faith is already employing a great many techniques from the handbook for girls who kiss girls yes uh first she asks if perchance she and buffy are in a popular makeout spot you know just in case someone wanted to have sex or something (laughs) in the place where they are walking right now just the two of them <laughs> uh, Buffy says that they aren't in that spot. <laughs> that spot um, is closer to the woods because it's easier for a werewolf to kill you, I guess, like in phases. Um, <laughs> next, Faith tries to get information on how hot Buffy is for Scott Hope. Have they had sex yet? You know, no reason. No reason at all for Faith to, uh, to want to know this. Certainly not to figure out Buffy's sexuality and if she has a chance. Uh, <laughs> Buffy says that no, she and Scott have only gone on a few dates and haven't gotten that far yet. Faith asks how much Buffy is attracted to Scott. Would be he lo- would he be low down tickle worthy? Is Buffy anywhere <laughs> close to being available? <laughs> no reason. Uh, Buffy is clearly rather lukewarm about Scott, but she does ask how low the tickle is. Um, Faith is inquiring about is, and uh, Faith is very amused as is Buffy, and they share a laugh. Faith says she'd like to hear more about how low this tickle might be, <laughs> but Buffy brings the moment back to safer territory. <laughs> She says that Scott is nice and also funny, and I say Buffy needs to get out more and maybe try making out with Faith because she clearly wants to. Uh, Faith says rather unenthusiastically and with a note of resignation that I didn't notice until this watch through that Scott is quite a muffin. Yeah, I didn't notice that. She doesn't uh, think that Scott's man. a muffin. No. She's like, oh, God. All right, I yeah. have to play along. That's well, it's, fine. it's like when your friend's gushing about somebody that they just think is so hot and you cannot even like, what? Yeah. 
What? Wait, and if you watch Faith this whole time that Buffy's going on about Scott, Faith looks like she just wants to hang herself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she just <laughs> keeps looking away like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to sit. I can't believe I have to walk this and walk next to this girl who is so fucking hot and just yeah. and go along it, with this thing. It makes me think a little bit of Buffy's like walk all the way off camera, come yes. back to Giles. <laughs> it's, it totally. Faith is just like, oh, I got to play along. Yeah. Oh my the God. Costuming note on these two. Mm-hmm. So Faith is wearing this very nice shirt. Definitely yes. more than by curious yes. shirts, um, which is like kind of the bustier sort of thing mm-hmm. with like a little see-through shirt with dragons printed on it. Yes, indeed. Blue dragons, kind of buffy blue dragons on there. Um, also, this sort of outfit was quite popular in the late 90s, and I miss it. Um, yeah, Because no those mesh shirts looked really good on muscular girls like me, and I can't seem to find and a comfy good and airy. You'd have to worry about getting yeah. too hot at mm-hmm. a club. Yeah, but something. you still look like you give a shit, right. which is nice. Um, and then Buffy wearing all Slayer black. With a lovely little Buffy blue sweater. So she's wearing herself on the outside of her Slayer. Mm-hmm. This is really rare for Buffy on patrol. Yeah, because she feels she's comfortable. Yeah, she's, she's relaxed. She is wearing herself literally on her sleeves. Mm-hmm. And that's cute. And Faith is responding with, I wear Buffy blue too. See? Yeah, See, look at me. They are totally, the same. Remember when Angel wore Buffy blue? His yes. jammies? <laughs> It looks way better on Faith, I gotta say. <laughs> Boreanis is a gorgeous man, but that was not a good he just, shirt well, on him and at I, all. I think he purposefully looked really uncomfortable in it because he was like, I am showing up for the coffee date with Buffy that I didn't want to go on. And oh my God, who is this chick? Yes. <laughs> I think Salt. this is Buffy's favorite color. I don't know. Help. <laughs> Salty goodness. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Buffy compares Scott to one of the blueberry muffins with the little crunchies on top, and I cannot disagree more. Scott is like an undersweetened bran muffin. Like, you eat it because you feel like you should, not because you actually enjoy it. Uh. <laughs> I, I I think Scott is like that evil concoction with maybe a crayon in it that some kid made you from their Easy Bake Oven, and you, like, take a bite, kind of, and then you hide it in your hand and say, mm. yeah. And you pretend to chew. It's absolutely something that you eat because you feel like you have to. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And to uh, to illustrate our point, uh, Buffy says the thing she likes most about Scott is that he's a normal human. Yeah, that would be rather unlike a Buffy herself, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Faith tries to convince Buffy that guys in general might not be what she's looking for by pointing out almost exactly what Buffy said in phases. All men are beasts, Buffy. Faith explains that no matter how sensitive a guy seems, he's just in the whole thing for the chase. So if Buffy doesn't want a beast, she should go for a girl. Faith is really good at this game. She's really good at this game. She's really smooth. She's smooth. Yeah. Because everything she says could be taken either way. Uh If you're receptive, she's laying it out there. But if you're not receptive, Mm -hmm. she says nothing that implicates her in wanting to sleep with a girl at all. But if you're receptive, it's just like Xander with the candy going down the hall in his dream. Right. Yes, this would like okay. If if Faith and I were both in high school and she was saying this to me, I'd be like, wow, wow, yes. <laughs> it, you would have had your shirt off. <laughs> oh like, well, hers. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of toppy, so hers would come off first. But uh, yeah, absolutely, okay. yes, <laughs> yes. They're, they're, like, I'd be like, where is this make what makeout spot? I don't know. Here's fine. This is a yep, great makeout spot yes. right <laughs> now. Yes, that is fine because I mean, she speaks the language. This mm-hmm. is the language of of girls who are trying to find out if the girls they like also like girls. Right. Without yes. uh, being ostracized because they like girls. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And to be fair, on on Buffy's side, and this occurred to me because we've been going on and on about how Buffy should just be with Faith and everything. Nobody ever sat Buffy down and asked her the thing that we were asked. Right. Do you like boys, girls, or both? Right. The parents didn't know about asexuality, so they left off neither. 
Well, you like, <laughs> my, I mean, like. I like, yeah. I just they, they weren't talking about sexual attraction. They were yeah. talking about, like, romantic but attraction. Yeah, like, they, they were wondering if I was gay, straight or bi, basically. They just right. asked me. They straight up said, we don't care which one. We just wanted to let you know that you can investigate. And right. they encouraged me to investigate, and I, I did thoroughly. Um, but, yeah, like, Buffy's never had anyone in her life... Despite all of the Slayer Pride Parade talk mm-hmm. and I'm a Slayer, ask me how. I mean, this is all for audience participation to be saying, yes, these are my people. <laughs> um, but no one has ever asked Buffy straight up if she thinks she could be in love with a girl and right. been okay with it. The only gay character that we've ever really talked about was the guy who used to be a bully and now is nice. Right. But he's a man. And lesbians and bisexuals, particularly women, disappear. Disappear. We tend to be swept we i'm not one of them anymore i'm so sorry they tend no, to be swept you're bisexual you slept yeah, well, with I've, you slept with girls you slept I, with boys I'm, and I'm, enough girls so you can't pretend right, you were fine. just experimenting i just say i'm biambivalent <laughs> i am gender ambivalent right, about exactly. who i am willing to have sex with and and these and that means bisexual yes, you're talking to both yeah i guess so it's just it's it's a little off but you know I am close enough. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm still under. I'm under the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I can sort of identify with, as bi or pan. Um, just in that, I'm not attracted to anybody. Ergo, no one's off limits. Right. Um, Look, if you slept with more girls than I have, you get to at least be bi. <laughs> fine. I was in theater though. I just don't. I don't feel like it counts. I mean, the pickings were easy. Easy pickings. Like, H- how? I, never mind. Uh, I don't want to talk about well, it. You already have naked and bored backstage. I don't backstage. want to talk about my okay, failures. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I don't think anybody has ever asked Buffy. Oh, no. Well, Joyce didn't been... even talk to her about sex until after she had I sex. I know. Heaven forbid. And you know Joyce got it on with one of her girlfriends in college. Well, I would hope so. I know. Well, someone that hot, especially when we see her with like, Ripper. True. Like, Joy, young yeah, Joyce? True. Ripper Joyce? Let's just call her Ripper Joyce, right? right? Ripper Joyce made out with all the girls. <laughs> I would hope so. I think that's why she's so threatened by by Buffy's bisexuality. Yeah. It's because she might see some of that oh, herself. I yeah, like, oh, gave no, this to yeah, her. Blah. did something wrong. Or... Yeah, you know, it's because you didn't have a strong father figure, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. See, it's all That was the shit. most glaring one. Yeah, too. well, that and then awesome. blaming the bisexual mentor figure. Yep. Yeah, so we have a lot of that. We're going to have more of that in this episode, and I'll stop waxing on about stuff. Um, but yeah, I just I don't think this was ever in Buffy's wheelhouse, and so we can, to a certain extent, forgive her for not picking up what Faith is setting down. Or is she? Well, I think she is instinctively. I think I think it's kind of like the I don't she, know how to have en- sex, but I'm pretty sure I want to try. She really enjoys it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like but she, it's like she really enjoys it, but she's not quite sure what to do, and she just can't bring herself to take that extra step and be like, yeah. yes, makeout spot can be wherever we are, Faith. Let's go mm-hmm. for it. You know, she yeah. can't. She can't do it because she doesn't. She doesn't know that that's a possibility. Yeah, and she doesn't. She doesn't want to be attracted to faith that way mm-hmm. no she doesn't and it's it's and not a possibility boy, and... howdy, she's going to deny it later on a <laughs> <laughs> little bit a little bit too much protestation there yes. yeah <laughs> go for the overcompensation puppy boy well <laughs> yeah um but yeah i just i i think this is part of the reason that we should have a lot of examples of gay people and queer people in general is yes. so people who are like buffy and they've had a sheltered existence but they might need to express a different part of their being can actually look at somebody else even if it's not in their family and say look they're fine yes absolutely yes. just like with sid 
Yes. Buffy needs a gay Sid. Yes. She totally does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she needs Giles to talk about his relationship with Ethan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Talk about that and how that was. Yeah. Totally. Or, uh, or, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe uh, Angel to talk about his relationship with Spike. Perhaps. Yes. Or, or maybe Angel to talk about how he enjoyed the relationship between Drew and Darla. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> they never let us do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, too, Faith is right. As soon as Scott Hope figures he's caught Buffy in the next episode, he's gonna dump her. So Faith is 100% mm-hmm. on the money with this shit. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Scott is awful. He is. He's, he's, he's benign to Midland in this episode. He's, he's just a talking head. He's just... He's a weird dude. He is weird, but he's, not in a he's, good way. Weird. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. He he is a, a benign influence in this episode. It's a, Cardboard cutout, like he bothers me. <laughs> um, also, for the future, let's uh, let's remember how Buffy acted in this scene with Faith. She was relaxed and having a good time and throwing some little flirty looks of her own, and even the oh, little yeah. the little half smile they talked about in the previous episode. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that thing with her that mouth. was in yeah. abundance with the little half smile. <laughs> yeah. Plus, watch her eyes when she asks Faith how low. Uh, just let's just have that in mind when we see uh, her in later scenes with Scott and his idiot friends. Uh huh. <laughs> she, yeah, <laughs> it's flirty. And the costuming with her and Scott—I'm not even going to bother talking oh about it. It's like it's a non-event. It's a no. It's just a non-event. <laughs> just you just look like, at look at Buffy, look at Scott, and then no. Well, and and we can. I'll just mention it now. The couples Xander and Cordy are the only couple that matches this mm-hmm. entire episode. Except for Buffy and Faith. They do. They're the only explicit <laughs> couple that match. Right. The only acknowledged couple. So this is the show being so subtle. It's just a hand wave. Right. It's saying, look, this is a healthy, compatible couple mm-hmm. who are supporting each other, even though they don't necessarily agree. Oh, well, here's the other heterosexual couples. Those oh, aren't really matchy Hi, matchy. Faith. Yeah. Hey, Faith. Yeah. Nice pants. Nice and that's shirt. pretty much all. Hey, we Buffy! Do. Nice pants. Kind of looks like, huh? Look at that. What's your yeah. jacket going? Yeah, that's, totally. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and Buffy's—I don't think it's the influence of Scott Hope either. She's going to a lot of effort this season, and she'll continue to look a lot more feminine. Yes. Like a lot more feminine, but in like a more mature way. Yes. Uh, she's wearing flowers in her hair. She's doing her makeup. She's wearing a bra more consistently. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's got someone every day that she feels like dressing for. Indeed. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> if only she knew about Scott earlier, she would ask him for tips. <laughs> so uh, as far as other kinds of chasing go, a hapless dude is being caught by some kind of a beast even right the second. He falls like a girl in a horror movie and is dragged <laughs> off into the woods. <laughs> Hands over his head even. Yeah, just, he does all but the little fist flail. He does. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> uh, Willow vehemently tells Buffy that all men are not beasts while she's holding hands with her boyfriend, who is a werewolf. And she's wearing red. Yes. So she's wrong. It's so wrong. She's holding... Her boyfriend is a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Literally. You're and just he's in the middle of his cycle. Yes. You just said the, the, the book soothed the savage beast. Right, beast. Like, you actually used the all word. All men are not beasts. How dare you, Buffy? Are you going to meet us in the library to keep track of Oz when he's a werewolf? Like, what the fuck is this about? And Buffy has been well trained to go along with whatever her friends say, so she isn't screamed at or abandoned like she was before. So she just uh, goes against everything she said in uh, just a few episodes ago in phases and agrees with Willow. Uh huh. And does not point out that Willow is holding hands with a werewolf. No. 
Buffy's a really nice person. She is. <laughs> she's really good. And she's she has mastered in this scene, she has mastered the art of telling enough personal information that you feel like you are close to her. Yes. But none of the truth. Absolutely. Like she beards it yeah. so well. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm not little Miss Stable kind of thing. Right. Um, which feels like she's confiding. This feels like something a normal person well, it's, it's would the, only confide to friends. It's the plausible diversion from Victor Victoria. Absolutely. It's, they'll know uh, that that he's a phony. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that he's... That he's a phony. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Buffy's crazy, but she's not a vampire slayer, is she? No, yeah. she's not. <laughs> yeah, right? And Buffy has emotional issues. Not because she just killed her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> nope. Oh. Not because of that at all. For different reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scott calls to Buffy and comes up and announces that he stopped her for no reason except to stop her. They both think it's cute and I have no idea why. Um. Yeah, right. I know. I can't. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, sorry, I looked up in the corner and a little like rainbow flag sort of waved <laughs> to my head and I, I lost I lost all track of that. I know, right? It, it, it is uh, gay pride this weekend, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little extra rainbowy in my yes. mind. Yes. Uh, yes. Willow is staring at Buffy and Scott like some creepy heterosexual inspector. And uh, speaking of creepy heterosexuals, Oz, <laughs> <laughs> Oz has hello to Debbie, one half of the Debbie and Pete Dra Brain Trust. Is it is it petty? It's, is there anything that means stupid? Um, uh, swashy? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, De Debbie, and, Debbie and Pete? Um, stupid people. Deet. That's yes. all I got. Deet. It, it's, it's, either, it's either deet or, or petty. Let's go with peppy. <clears throat> uh, Debbie asks if Oz is doing jazz band that year, and Oz says he isn't, be he isn't uh, because of the marching. Buffy calls bullshit on a marching jazz band, and Oz makes something up, but still doesn't explain why he isn't in jazz band. <laughs> it just cracks me up, because I am imagining, like, improvisational jazz like, trying to march. <laughs> but he pretty much takes everybody in well, a circle and then bails on them, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, he does He does the uh, the Jedi mind trick. It's it's none of these people's fucking business, Yeah, is what it is. And uh -huh. every, yeah, it's bad. Uh, Willow finds this adorable, of course, but I'm, I'm too distracted by how painfully little chemistry Buffy has with Scott. <laughs> yeah. um, well, and, and Willow does that kind of... I mean, she thinks it's cute, but she does that excusing her partner. Oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, he's just being him. Yeah. Don't do that. And she's going to do something bad in a second, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Buffy compliments Debbie on the flowers she's carrying around, and Debbie pretends she wasn't expecting anyone to notice them. Uh, she says Pete got them for her and is just sure that Scott does that same kind of thing for Buffy all the time. Scott says he and Buffy aren't up to flowers. Oh, but you get her a ring. Jesus, he's a fucking weirdo. No wonder <laughs> Faith is so weird. confused. <laughs> he is really weird. Like, like, really weird. He can't even... He got our ring! I know. Yeah. <laughs> Before it, they went on a date! But we do get the, the phrase pre-posy, which the alliteration makes me happy. Yeah. I like alliteration. Yeah, but still. <laughs> so he so he gets all insecure and asks Buffy if he missed flowers, and I smack my head on the desk once for that, <laughs> and then again when Buffy agrees that he didn't need to bring her flowers, even though she obviously would have liked them. Yes, all girls want flowers. Uh, yeah, because okay, so I'm I'm I feel like I'm out of my ex area of expertise, but there's no 
like straight people dating timeline for flowers is there i I mean i like don't get her a fucking ring is the most obvious thing but flowers are like any time scott uh, like, yeah. being, being gay can't be that different like we uh, we do flowers at any time unless things have changed and i, I, no I think anymore, so. i think flowers on the first date is always a good precedent right uh yeah i i think uh the adorable holding a rose while waiting for somebody somewhere is really cute yeah um Send them for the birthday or something. Yeah, I think I think this is a metaphor. Okay, I'm sure do, it you, is. do you remember way back in uh, school hard when Buffy had the Narn skirt? How her and, how flowers were a symbol yeah, of and her, flowers uh, were fertility I think, and uh, her yeah, sexuality. So they are not having sex yet. Oh yeah, and not even close. Like yeah, like he does not. Scott does not inspire flower feelings. Exactly. So <laughs> these two are saying, "Look, we have sex all the time," and they're saying, and, and, nah, no, "Not gonna happen." Not, nah, we're no. not really. No. <laughs> never gonna, never gonna yeah. happen. No download because tickle at flowers all. are, despite the fact that Buffy's wearing a floral skirt most of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or not most. Of, it's well, just that, right now, is well, it? it, it that means yeah. well, and her wearing something means that she is of of sexual maturity, right? And the uh, and all that kind of stuff that we talked about in school hard but that only means that she has reached yes. sexual maturity yes and um, um but as for her and scott they are definitely pre-posy not yes. very fertile those yeah. two yes no, no. <laughs> not inspiring that kind of yeah blossoming. so i that's the subtext i read in that i think so too yeah and uh perhaps it's like um Scott's trying to follow some timeline he doesn't know about. Yeah. 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 So uh, Buffy checks Scott's watch, uh, still not touching him more than she touches Faith. And- <laughs> it, it's an act of, uh, of trying to be familiar. It sure is. It looks yeah. so awkward. It kind of makes my eye twitch a little bit. <laughs> and uh, she tells them she's going to meet Mr. Platt. Uh, Debbie knows that Mr. Platt is the school counselor. And Buffy informs everyone that Mr. Platt needs to sign off on her emotional stability so she can avoid expulsion. Uh, according to Snyder in the previous episode, Mr. Platt needs to conclude that Buffy isn't violent, which I only bring up again so we can laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, she's not violent at all. She's fine. No, fine. She's not violent. Fine. No. She's just a very... There's just a whole bunch of doorknobs that are still <laughs> left on the lock she's and just... doors that are swinging she's open. She's just an extremely dangerous vampire slayer. It's fine. Deal. She's okay. fine. Yeah. That door, that door wronged her. That's what happened. <laughs> those doorknobs that debbie will say later it's like dangerous yeah, doorknobs those, those doorknobs are serious yeah <laughs> snart's gonna have a story later about doorknobs <laughs> oh i'm so embarrassed anyway. <laughs> uh debbie reports that mr platt is creepy and says she would quit going except she's flunking biology and a teacher has told her she has success issues sounds like bullshit doesn't it yeah 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 uh, Oz offers Debbie his notes because he aced biology. Willow inappropriately teases him about how he attended the class, and the, so apparently we're all just going to air everything in front of Debbie and Pete. And look how yeah. how we are all successful and happy heterosexuals standing here in a heterosexual manner and not overcompensating in any way. Yeah, serious. Isn't this isn't this good? And okay, <laughs> even if you're going to call somebody out on this and be like, oh well, you know. You, you know, it was amazing that you did that well because you went to that class mm-hmm. or at least you attended that class or she's not even encouraging him and saying, see how amazing you are when you go to class. Right. She's just, you're so smart. Yeah. She's by saying like, that, she's saying he never goes to class, but when he does, he can succeed. Yeah. Debbie and Pete, who I've never fucking met before and, and Scott him, Hope, who I don't know either. Yeah. And she's telling him in a way that is shaming. Uh-huh. She's shaming him. And I, oh, oh, it's like, it's like, well, it's, it's sort of like Scott telling Buffy that those are marshmallows later on. Yeah. It's that kind of tone. Yeah. It's, it's parental bullshit coming from your partner it bothers me ew yeah mm-hmm. like 
pretty much only my mom gets to talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or my partner in good fun when I've already made fun of myself in the privacy of our own home. And that's the secret is the privacy because because it is it is a person's job to make sure that their partner is partner is, let's say, presentable and nice uh-huh. to people and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like yeah. if you have a partner who's an asshole, you don't let them inflict themselves in the general public. Like you right. rein them in yeah. a little bit. So, <laughs> so but you do that at home. Yes. You do not do that out in public around Debbie and Pete, who you've never fucking met before in your yeah, life. Yeah, because in, at home, if you go over, if you go too far with the teasing, they can say, hey, uh, yeah, pull ouch. it back. But yeah, if you do it in public, they have to stand there and smile and grin and be like, yeah. oh, everything's great. Thanks, honey. As if, as if Austin didn't have enough to worry about right now. No shit. Yeah. He's got his period, for God's sake. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the tidbit about Scott. So uh, in conversation with dead people, Holden the vampire will tell Buffy that Scott Hope is not only gay himself, but also told everyone Buffy is a lesbian. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Holden will tell Buffy that Scott did that to every girl he dated, but Scott did see her holding hands with Faith, and he will be scorched by Faith's Buffy-related vengeance in the next episode. <laughs> so it wasn't a difficult leap to make in Buffy's case. That's very true. <laughs> He's big old queer. Yes. And, which actually makes his courtship method... Um, I, I think he's just a weird dude. I think a gay yeah. man would court a woman. Like, well, no. I, well, I think I think they would. It's like the "We'll steal your girlfriend's video, <laughs> right, which exactly. I, I'll totally link on this because it's so funny. Um, you know, but I think if he's a Buster Keaton fan, mm-hmm. I think he's trying to make his own silent movie of over exaggerated overtures. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> And he forgot the flowers. Jesus fucking Christ, Scott. Well, yeah, no, his flowers all squirt water. <laughs> He's all... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's what some of this shit is. is yeah, he's so, just like... So if Scott and Buffy look a little awkward and robotic in this whole thing, yeah. there's a reason. Because there's... Yeah. They are definitely... Not even pre-posy. Yeah. No posy. No, there's no posy. No, no posies are going to happen. Ashes, perhaps. Yes. yes. No posies. And- Scott projects just like Buffy does. So that's interesting. Huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's gay, not me. I don't know, not me. Her girlfriend's hot, though. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> Maybe he first wanted to be friends with her because he detected a strong lesbian vibe. <laughs> and then he just couldn't come out to her, so they started dating. He and Faith would have been such good friends. I know. If Buffy hadn't been all weird. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why Faith has chemistry with him at the very beginning. He's just like, yay, another queer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever reason i just love that he ends up being gay exactly so well and and faith is from you know out of town Uh so she's probably met more than one homosexual in her life before her her gaydar (laughs) is probably home probably so she probably want to talk to scott be like what are you doing dude (laughs) yeah seriously he's quite a muffin for some nice guy big pink muffin (laughs) (laughs) sparkly on it Uh, anyway, uh, Debbie says that Oz's notes would be great and thanks him. The bell rings and Buffy gives Scott a peck, which oh, <laughs> it really didn't do Scott any favors putting him in a scene right after Buffy and Faith, did it? <laughs> no, it really did. And they were just talking. We, we will do this twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will do this to, to Scott twice with two different couples. Yep. One of them being Buffy and Faith, the next one being Xander and Cordy at the end. So we bookend him in the worst light possible. <laughs> That's what people with chemistry look like. <laughs> look, Scott, look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott looks back over in Debbie and Pete's direction after Buffy leaves with an expression that it's okay. It's off-putting. It it seems to be something like, "See how straight I am." Uh huh. 
Like he doesn't watch. You would expect him to watch Buffy leave, but the watch camera, her back, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. the the back that mm-hmm. Xander yeah. and Cordy have established uh-huh. that what that is. Yes, yeah. and and other people as well. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, he the camera lingers long enough for him to turn his head all the way back to to uh, to Debbie and Pete and give a little kind of a see, uh huh, kind of look. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, Mm-mm, not cool, Scott. Yeah, and uh, his friends are worth some Buffy's friends. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't think that was, well. Yeah. The bar keeps getting lower and lower. <laughs> <laughs> In the library, Giles is having a freak out. He te- he's telling Xander that they need to make sure that the, the ways of escaping from the library are secure. Xander tells him that he was there all night, so there's no problem. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Slightly bending the truth, but still, accurate, he was there. Dude, mm-hmm. the mind gets back and realizes that the heart wasn't paying attention while the beast got out. <laughs> You didn't flirt with Faith, did you? <laughs> Dude, what were you? How could you? you I told you to watch the hearts. Like what? Oh, I didn't. I. I. I, I, uh, oh, I like. I like her. <laughs> I like her. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so there's your metaphor. Just very nice. Windows open. Plausible deniability. We don't know. We don't know what happened. But the beast might have gotten out. And holy shit! Did, you didn't. You didn't let her flirt, did you? <laughs> totally. Because <laughs> it's not Willow narrating Call of the Wild from the beginning. No, it's not. It is Buffy. The, the bookend is Buffy's bookend. And yes. that's why it's important. Yes, yes. <laughs> totally. It's just like with Passion. Mm-hmm. That is Angel's show. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yep. Uh, Oz and Willow come in and Giles tells them not to panic in a way that makes it nearly <laughs> impossible not to panic. <laughs> Don't turn around. <laughs> Oz agrees with me and critiques Giles's poker face. Giles reveals that the dude we saw all falling down in the woods didn't have any improvements in his evening, and he is now very dead. His name was Jeff Orkin, and Oz starts to say he was, and then he ends with, I knew him. He and Xander exchange a look, and I have no idea what this is about, unless Xander is thinking that it's even more likely that Oz killed someone he knew, or he's just empathizing with how much worse it would be to find out you killed somebody you knew, or Xander might be reflecting on his time as a hyena. Now I that think that's the one. Do you think that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Because of the scene later with Giles. Yeah, and, and he and Xander has now de- he's stopped denying that he remembers. Mm-hmm. He's able to deal with it. He's able to process it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe he knows how secure that cage is because uh, he was in it. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) He might be like, this is fine. We're fine. (laughs) This is fine. Well, his his friends were able to pop it open, though, so there is that. It's true, yeah. But Xander, I mean, he's probably flashing back to when he thought he ate Principal Flutie. And, you know, the Buffy rape situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And, uh, you know, like, he's he's moved past it enough that he doesn't get embroiled in it, but he can definitely empathize. Yeah. I think it's got to be that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, well, we have that similar scene with, with Giles later that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, you know, since this is kind of our tie-in episode, wrapping up the past, moving on to, to the future, using a new metaphor, introducing a couple uh, examples of how not to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And and I, I do get a little caught up on Oz's, like, he was. Yeah, like, why would you start saying he was? Uh, well, it, okay, I, here's my headcanon, because I want everybody to be queer. <laughs> especially supernatural beings mm-hmm. um well oz never seems that straight oh can i be He's faced just in this situation with, yeah. you mean they were screwing <laughs> <laughs> how could you think such a I thing get, yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah, I mean, maybe he had a, a Giles, uh, a, a Giles and Ethan night. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, why would he start with he was, I knew him. Especially right? in such a toxic heteronormative discussion. It's just, it's a weird line. It is a weird line. And we don't do weird lines, especially not in Marty no. Noxon's script. Yeah. Like Marty Noxon is awesome. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and this, this whole scene, this is, this is a closet episode. Yes. And so for him to stop, we never make it clear that Oz is always straight. We've never made it clear that Oz is straight. We don't even make it clear that Oz is interested in anyone but Willow. Oh, yeah. We have no idea about Oz's sexuality. Yeah, we he, don't know. He's attracted but to Willow. That's all he's, we know. I mean, he's the kind of guy who would be completely unfazed if he was pan or bi. Right. Or ace or demi. Like, yeah, he doesn't. He paints his fingernails and doesn't give a shit what you think, which yeah. is awesome. He Respect really us. doesn't care. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, no. Yeah. Yeah. I am fine with with head cannoning that he was a guy that he hooked up with once. Yeah, because why? Why else? Like abort the line in the middle. Yeah, he was. I knew him. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What were you going to say, you bastard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my head cannon is that they he's an ex. Well, and it would it would make the scene with um with the the, the three supposedly straight couples even more enjoyable too. If the only oh, straight yeah. couple there was Debbie and Pete. <laughs> That's exactly what the show would do. Now that now that we pointed out, yeah. that's exactly what the show would do. I think so. Like 100%. And isn't it funny how quickly Oz recognizes that Tara and Willow are a couple? Yeah. And yeah. it's not just because, I mean, yeah, they smell like each other. I'm sure Buffy and Willow smell like each other because they've been living in the same oh, place. Well, absolutely. And, and so so a girl sleeps in your room. Yeah. It's but college. He... People sleep in your room all the time in college. Yeah. That's what college is all about. Like, hey. Yeah. Come study and we get a pizza. Oh, you want to take a nap? That's cool. Mm -hmm. Who gives a yeah, shit? Like he probably smells, except for probably he smells like Slayer on Buffy. She probably smells like a little bit of danger. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure like she and Willow smell exactly the same because they live in the same room mm -hmm. at that point. And so for him to jump immediately to you two are together. Especially when nobody sees lesbians. Yes. <laughs> and nobody has seen that Willow is gay. Right. Um, and Giles knew. We know that Giles knew because of his bloody hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how did you not notice? <laughs> so we know that Giles is queer. He noticed. Right. Buffy's closeted, so she can't even. She's got a, she's got a block up. Yeah, she's got a block. <laughs> but he recognizes immediately. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He sure does. So yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet to I'm, I'm willing to say well, that this Dan, is a queer, this is a queer Oz, podcast. Sorry. Since it's a queer podcast, yeah. we're gonna say mm -hmm. yep. 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 So yeah, I, I I do not see Occam's razor. I do not see any other reason for us to put that stop in a line, that mm -hmm. awkward stop, in a in a discussion like this episode is having about what? toxic heteronormativity. Oh, and let's not forget the production coding. Jeff Orkin fell down like a girl in a horror movie. Uh huh. Yep. And we do tend to kill our gays. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No yeah. Shit. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it would that would make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And it's, and why go after him? I mean, that's the other thing. This is Pete that killed him. Mm -hmm. Why would he go after? Oh, Pete, the uh, raging homophobe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, why else would he go after him? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, Oz's reason later is like ridiculous. So, <laughs> who knows? Asbestos. Pete, Pete's just ridiculous. Who fucking knows? Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, we're going to go with that. And um, writers of the show, call us up, prove us wrong. Email, yeah, us, uh, totally. email us at info at dodgescodepodcast.com mm-hmm. uh, and prove us wrong or whatever. Uh, if if uh, we know you won't, so we're just going to go with that. And <laughs> nobody can we prove us wrong. thrilled to hear from oh you. Oh my God. Yes, can you imagine actually would... sending, getting emails oh from Marty Knox? And I, I would pee. Yeah, I would more than pee. I would pee and, and, and run away. Uh, no, <laughs> I would. Sneak I would... back up on your email, like, oh, I'm going to yeah, sneak back I up on it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I would, I would love to hear from them. And you, gentle listeners, if you have an opinion, please comment on Facebook or DiogenesClubPodcast.com. Oh, yeah, but, but, but don't complain about it. It's, too queer. it's a queer podcast. Sorry. Yeah. We're a queer podcast. It's a queer show. We're here. We're queer. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Getting that tattooed on my body. <laughs> I'll get it with you. I'm going to get that tattooed on my ass cheek so I can just like, show it to people. Like, oh, really? There we go. I'm going to get a Claudio Ring imprint. As <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in a moment. Uh, the news doesn't get any better from there, as Giles explains that Jeff Orkin was torn up as a werewolf would do, and Oz naturally thinks that he did it. Uh, Willow jumps in to say that Oz and the Oswolf aren't the same thing, which is most definitely true. There's really no gray area there, like there is with vampires. Oz has no idea who he even is when he's the Oswolf. Xander says that there's no way it was Oz in any form, because everything was all locked up like it should have been. Xander goes into the cage to point out how secure everything is and discovers an open window. Okay, who the fuck forgot to check that? It wasn't Xander. No. Yeah, it was somebody before they got in. I mean... Oz and Willow. Yeah. Oz. I mean, I'm Oz. saying Oz because he enters that. We see him enter that cage multiple times before he turns and he waits to right. turn and he folds his clothes. So. And it should be locked from the outside. Yeah. That's where you should lock because, I mean, werewolf or not werewolf, uh-huh. you can hit the latch and, like, you have the thing pop open, which is yeah. probably exactly what happened. Totally. <laughs> and it's not that open. So, I mean, but good on Xander for pointing it out instead yes. of trying to cover it up like he has with some other mistakes he's made. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> and Giles is. Oh, yeah. Well, Xander confesses that he did nap a bit during his watch, and Giles gets super pissed about that, asking how long the naps were. Xander explains that he didn't hear anything that would suggest Oz was escaping and that Oz was there in the morning. I would agree that this means the Oswolf didn't escape. Dude doesn't exactly return to sender in the morning. If he did, (laughs) there would be a bit more evidence that he's got human thinking going on, but he doesn't. Uh He never comes back. He's totally the man behind the curtain when when Xander woke up. (laughs) Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. If so, Oz is the Oz wolf, he's off in the forest waking up with a bunch of leaves yeah, on, his going, stuff, on his face. I mean, huh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the Oz wolf doesn't come back in the cage. No, no, he really doesn't. He's <laughs> not, not a homing pigeon. He's all animal. Yeah. If if he returned to the cage, they would have to reevaluate what they think about werewolves and start holding Oz kind of responsible for his behavior as the Oz wolf. Oh my God, very true. So that's a really he, good point. As long as he doesn't come back and get in the cage, he is still the animal. Yes. So there's no reason for them to think that he got out, but the mind right. just can't even right. with any of them Mine's right now. Good. The mind is having some problems in this episode. Well, yeah. Buffy <laughs> is doing a lot of stuffing. Yes. She's doing a lot of stuffing and ignoring, and I mean, she's checked out. She's going to be this thing who is separate from her friends, and she's going to do her own thing, and yes. she's going to be separate all the time. Yes, separate, separate. And the, the mind and the heart are yeah. a bit at war, because... um. Two-thirds of Buffy's love interests are people she's really interested in, and neither of those are the person she's actually dating. <laughs> yeah. 
and the spirit is the only one trying to keep her in the heterosexual game. Oh, poor Buffy. She's, she's a mess. She's a fucking mess. She's, and she is holding it together. Oh, she's doing great. So well. She's going to break a little bit later, but not as yeah. much as I would. But yeah. After and, this episode, I would be like, you know, I'm going back to L.A. I was, well, Faith, yeah. do you want to go to L.A. with me? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Both the Slayers are going yeah. to L.A. Y'all can fuck off. Even, even her break in this episode. I mean, I never saw her as being so adult as this last watch, watch through. Yeah. Buffy is so adult in this season, mm-hmm. at, at least at least currently. Um, like she is keeping well, her shit. Together. She'll do adult things later, and which is fine. But she needs uh-huh. to take responsibility for them. Yeah. Is the thing. Well, and that's the big. She, like she does adult things, but she's still got this sort of. She hasn't worked through her emotional issues mm-hmm. and like with Ted and all that kind of stuff. And so she still views it in sort of a childlike way. Right. But the yeah, she she's able to move much better in adult space that she got back from L.A. It's just the. Honestly, it's her friends holding her back. Yeah, her, her, and for example, like uh, her emotional maturity, the metaphorical emotional maturity hasn't caught up. So the friends are keeping her held back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giles yells at Xander some more, but I'm going to defend Xander as I did previously. It's too much to ask that one person stay awake on a watch like that. There should be two people there. Ideally, there should be a rotating team of four. Two take the first shift and two take the second. Again, if the Oswolf gets out of the cage, he's going to kill whoever is in the library, no matter how awake they are, especially since they aren't allowed to kill him in self-defense. Even if you can get to the tranquilizer gun in time, it's a rifle. And those are terrible at close range, especially when something is running at you really fast, trying to and bite your face off. We see how fast these things run later. No shit. You need two people. Ideally, you do use one of your vampire slayers plus a human in the shifts. Yeah, imagine <laughs> that. Since you have two. Yeah. 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 And, and this isn't just about protecting people from the werewolf. I'm going to keep saying this. This yep. is about protecting Oz from the way he's feeling right yeah. now. And Oz has a funny line later, but he is completely wrong in that funny line to be offended. Yeah. He, he should want a slayer watching him. Yes. He should ask. He should be the one who goes to Faith and says, hey, hi, could you please watch me three nights a month? Mm-hmm. I'll buy you anything you want. I'll I'll get somebody to get. We'll buy, I'll buy you food. I'll see if I can find oh, you. Yeah. You, can, you can live at my house see, because yeah. my parents are never there and they don't <laughs> yeah. even know I'm a werewolf. Yeah, totally. Like that would be a perfect situation. Totally. Hi, yeah. In exchange for not paying rent at my house and I'll buy all the food for both of us, could you please watch me three nights a month and make sure I don't wolf out? And mm-hmm. if I get out, fucking kill me with a silver bullet. Yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. This, that would be... That's what I want Oz to do. This would be the Oz that we had before he and Willow got serious, the one who bought shackles. When right. he didn't even know for sure he was a, a werewolf. Right. Called and asked if he was a werewolf. Called and asked about his cousin and then got his own shackles. So that clouded judgment we see with Buffy and Angel. Right. We're seeing that happen to Oz. Absolutely. Like we're seeing Oz Absolutely. being dumbed down and watered down and turned into a Muppet. Absolutely. By absolutely. Willow. By Willow, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And and um Yeah, and the the clouding that the judgment clouding that Buffy gets uh, in response to Angel, it's it's mostly just Buffy doing that herself. Angel yeah. I mean Angel will Angel damsels her a bit, yes. But there's nothing he does that really should cloud her judgment. Like <laughs> but, like he like Angel Angel would be the first one in this situation to go to Faith and say, I needed to kill me if I get out. Mm-hmm. You need to promise well, me. it's just like... He, he does that in L.A. Yeah, in with L.A. His friends. When yes. he thinks he might go evil again after yes. his little scare. He says, you have to kill yeah. me. Yeah, and Cordy says, oh, I'll kill you dead. He's like, yeah. thanks. Yeah, and he's happy. Yeah. They're his insurance I mean, plan. I think he's amused at how quickly she replies. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> he has a little he's bit tickled. of incredulity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honestly, sometimes I think that's one of the reasons he dated he dates Buffy because uh-huh. he knows that she's like a safety net if Angelus happens. Yeah, well, you know? and and you know she did. Yes, I mean it took her a minute, yes. as it would. 
yep. but well, she and, did. Well, and that all that all works pretty well when he puts his other safety net in, in, in uh, or he doesn't put Faith in prison. But when his other safety net is just outside of town in prison, uh-huh. that works pretty well, too. It does. If you're, yeah. if you're a vampire who sometimes goes evil, definitely surround yourself with vampire slaves who owe you a favor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he would he would be the first one to say. And that's, you know, that's the reason he gets rid of the thing that makes him impervious mm-hmm. to sunlight. Well, look, I mean, well, I mean, look what look what Faith does when she does. I mean, does something wrong by accident and feel and then she starts to slip off the cliff. Uh-huh. And then when she goes fully murderously crazy she wants to be put down she goes and finds angel to try to get him to put her down yes, <laughs> yes so totally. if faith can do it and faith is my crazy girlfriend so like <laughs> <laughs> so i know she is cray right yeah. if faith can do it oz can do it mm-hmm. so yeah his defensiveness about this is, yeah, is and, very strange and the oz that we first saw wouldn't be like this right right it's weird yeah yeah, uh, so I I don't want to yell at Giles because I love him so, but one of the people taking a shift should be him. He's the only adult since we can't count Oz in this scenario, and and here we go again with the endangering minors. So mm-hmm. Giles doesn't go out on patrol very often anymore, and even though he should be making sure the Slayers are learning to fight efficiently as a team, or you know finding faith a nice place to live. Uh, so he should be in the library taking a wolf sitting shift if he's not doing those things. Yeah. Either that or they need to figure out different arrangements for Oz. Yes. Now, it's kind of a serious situation. Yeah, and Giles is, we'll we'll talk about Giles later, but he is definitely going into some interesting places right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's physically present. He is physically present right now. Mm -hmm. Right at this moment, he is indeed. Yeah. Suddenly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Willow and Oz seem to be assuming that Oz actually did kill Jeff Orkin, and it won't be the last time Willow makes a giant mistake that flies in the face of evidence, like <laughs> <laughs> like how in order to go to hell, uh, to a hell dimension, you have to take your body with you. Sorry, Buffy. That's really going to suck for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not so much with science anymore, is she? No. Uh, Buffy has arrived at her therapy appointment, and Mr. Platt is happily smoking in his office. Good for him. <laughs> I fully support that. It's not like he's going to have to worry about lung cancer, as can be said for the majority of people of color in Sunnydale. Uh, he knows, Sadly, uh, yes. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he knows all kinds of stuff about how to get people to talk, and he lets Buffy fill the uncomfortable silence with a long ramble about how she won't be talking about her life or her childhood, or anything for that matter, actually. <laughs> it should lead to nothing but success. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy, it's called talk therapy. It's not called sit and stare therapy. Uh, she also says she doesn't want to be friends with him, and he turns around his chair and agrees that they won't. He asks if she already has friends, and I'd say that after Dead Man's Party, that's pretty debatable, and Buffy <laughs> seems to, to agree, because she certainly doesn't jump in and say she has friends. No, no. No, she seems to be like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, technically. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what they... I'm trying out they... some new friends, but they don't seem much better. <laughs> yeah, these, I've got def- <laughs> my new friends are more, way more defective than my old friends, so I don't even know Mr. Platt. Help me out, man. <laughs> Uh, he says that the last thing she needs is more friends to agree with everything she says, and I think he's foreshadowing the end of the season, actually, when everyone is just all fine with Buffy going off to try to murder Faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to warning to Buffy, do not hang out with people who just tell you what you want to hear. Yes. Yeah. Except for the times you really need to hear something, <laughs> and they will do the I statements. Yes. No shit. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> He tells Buffy that that what she actually needs is a trained, not too crazy professional who will always give her his honest opinion. 
Buffy needs this so, so very much. It breaks my heart that she only has it for half an episode. I know. Not even Giles does this for her anymore. Yeah. Well, she's, I mean, she's grown up to a certain extent where she's outgrown a lot of her coping mechanisms. Yes. You know, and we... And she did so well in L.A. by herself. She know? did, yeah. I mean, she was obviously mopey and stuff, but she was working she, through she, shit. She was grieving. Yeah. You know, she, she was. was she was sequestered so she could grieve. Mm-hmm. She was still fine. She was going to work every day. Yeah. She had a whole thing. She got, you know, she enjoyed beating up demons. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, she did fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is that we, the uncomfortable thing about the hero is that they have to have their mentor figures taken away. Yes. We get to feed them one every now and then just for a minute to give them a glimpse into what could be. Yes. And then we have to take it away again. Especially Buffy. Yes. Especially Buffy. Well, Buffy's on an epic hero quest. Um, where we have to really arc her so hard for in just seven seasons. I mean, the Winchesters haven't even gotten where Buffy ends yeah, up yet. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. <laughs> uh, they, have, they haven't even come close to that. <laughs> um, so we have to arc her so hard. So we just do these really quick fluxes. Like we did this mm-hmm. weirdly episode four of season one. We gave her somebody else who believed in her academically. And then he's instantly killed by, by hot for teacher Mantis lady. Yep. And, um... Yeah, so we just keep doing this little by little, and I, I think that's part of the reason that Giles is starting to go on his little walkabout mentally, is that we are taking away Buffy's mentors and seeing seeing if she's ready to graduate, so yeah. to speak, by the end of the season. See if she's ready to move on to adulthood. Yeah, now that she's been dragged back to, to Sunnydale and rolled back to where she was. Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, you're, you're going to make some really big mistakes, kiddo. Can mm-hmm. you handle them? Can you make up for them? Yeah. How do you bounce back from doing the worst thing you could possibly think of you'd never do? Again and again and again. At the end yeah. of every season, pretty much. Yeah. How do you bounce back? I mean, from it's, that? yeah, it's, it's really like that two steps forward, 20 steps back. Mm-hmm. How do you rebound? Because these books are written to be real people as well as metaphors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a big piece of this. And it, it is sad that we kill them, but we have to. Yep. Yeah. If you want a really good example of taking away mentors, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Dumbledore. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's one of the ways you, yeah. you start to suspect if somebody is an epic hero. Yep. If they don't get to keep something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Buffy is clearly one over at this point, as, as you know, we all are. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> someone's, someone's looking her in the eye and mm-hmm. talking to her straight. As an adult. As an adult. As a Treating her like person. she gets to have feelings. Telling her the truth, even yeah. though it hurts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she takes the seat he offers. Buffy asks about the not-too-crazy thing, and he tells her that everyone has a little crazy. Uh, everyone has problems, and everyone has demons. Well, well, yes. He's just a, <laughs> he's just a tad perceptive, isn't he? <laughs> Buffy agrees. It's like he's on a hellmouth. I know, it's weird. weird. <laughs> Buffy agrees that she has problems and also demons. He tells her, the hope I, I bring you is demons can be fought. See, now they're speaking the same language. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, let me tell you. I mean, like a vampire slayer would fight them. <laughs> He asks why Buffy ran away, and she tries to give him the story that she used to get her mom and her friends to stop screaming at her about how she's um she's completely normal and healthy and feeling just great, and also in a heterosexual relationship, just like everyone wants. Yep. He says that's fantastic and all, but he needs to know how she got there. <laughs> he isn't buying this for a second, either. Mm-hmm. Buffy gives him the extremely short, short version, but he's not going to go for that. She decides to go for the mundane version of what happened. She says that... um. She says that she was in her first real relationship, 
Mr. Platt asks if the guy changed. Buffy is surprised that an adult actually seems to understand her and agrees. Mr. Platt suggests that Buffy's guy got mean, but Buffy didn't stop loving him, and Buffy is rather stunned. Because <laughs> Mr. Platt is awesome. Yes, and even though Joyce was close to this when Buffy talked to her about it, mm-hmm. we weren't, we knew we couldn't trust Joyce yet. Because oh, Buffy yeah, was protecting yeah. Joyce. She was just telling Joyce enough right. to protect her from well, Angel. And Mr. Platt's a professional. This is yeah. what he does. He's mm-hmm. not going to get personally involved. He's not going to get freaked out. He's not going to do anything like that. He's just going to be like, okay, here you go. Yeah. Here's mm-hmm. my advice. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. Doing my job. Mr. Platt says lots of people lose themselves in love. It's uh, it's no shame. They write songs about it. The hitch is you can't stay lost. Sooner or later, you have to get back to yourself. Buffy asks what happens if he can't, and Mr. Platt says, well, love becomes your master, and you're just its dog. <laughs> Too bad he can't have a session with Angel after he gets sane again. <laughs> or with Faith in a few episodes. Oh my god, Angel would love the crap out of him. <laughs> I know he would. They'd and, be such good friends. And Angel's the dog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. In the library... Buffy arrives to find that her friends are doing nothing at all to find out if Oz really killed Jeff Orkin. You guys, in phases, Buffy demonstrated how you do this. You get the morgue photos and you see if they match up with what werewolves do. Willow can hack computers, so she can just get the photos. Whatever. The parts are useless without the hands, I guess. Buffy asks what's going on. This is what happens when you stay lost, Buffy. Yeah, no shit. Buffy asks what's going on, and Cordy cuts through all the impotent gloom and says, Oz ate someone last night. <laughs> she's, she's like shaking her foot she's like so she's bored. so bored. She is so fucking bored right now. She can't even stand it. Hi, hi Cordy. You're awesome. Uh, Willow snaps that Oz didn't, e- uh, didn't uh, even though he, he, she seemed pretty convinced a minute ago that he did. And uh, Xander insists that Oz could never do such a thing. He's such a playful sort of werewolf who might accidentally kill someone sometimes. <laughs> Giles. <laughs> now that's the projection. Yeah. Or is that projection? That's a. Uh... Displacement. I think it's. Yeah. <laughs> so, some, yeah. some manner yeah. of displacement. It, it, that's, that's Xander's psychology. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Giles snaps at Xander some more and then tells Buffy there's a chance that Oz escaped the previous night. Also, whatever we're tempted to get pissed at Faith for disappearing to do her own thing at random times, let's just remember that she isn't treated as a member of this team at all. They should have called her in for this discussion. They'll get to her later, but she'll only act as muscle. Faith is a slayer. She has good ideas and great instincts, and she's already made it clear that she has no problem with Oz. Mm-hmm. If it's a few hours away from the Slayer showing up, call the other Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Slayers are weird. They're different. <laughs> they think kind of the same way. Yeah. You can get the other one in there, and she'll, well, have, they she'll, are... she'll be like, well, did you break it in the morgue and find yeah. the fucking thing? Yeah. yeah. They are meant to replace each other. <laughs> they are. I mean... They get yeah. infused with the demon powers, and you uh-huh. you know you get a download of, yeah, of all these useful things. Each other. They get yep. Slayer dreams. They have the same abilities. Exactly. The same instinct. Like yeah, it's yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> they all go by just their first name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Other than our metaphor of how Faith is the part of Buffy everyone wants to pretend isn't there, I can't think of why Giles wouldn't wouldn't have called Faith. It's his responsibility to get her trained and thinking like a Slayer, like a general of their little army, the way Buffy thinks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> although she is the embodiment of a reminder that not only Buffy, but Kendra died. Yes. And yes. Uh, and that's rough. Uh-huh. But the fate of the world is at stake. So it's time to yeah, put our personal feelings well. aside. But I mean, but that's a sign that Giles <laughs> is a little bit off because mm-hmm. normally he would, especially after Buffy ran away. Yeah. He would know that 
there's a chance that Buffy might well, take off again. At the and very least, Buffy should have come into them all with a big pile of books in the middle of the light of that library table, like normal. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah, the, the, but they're just sitting there staring at nothing, and Giles yeah. is pacing. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like guys, uh-huh. guys, guys, <laughs> gonna fucking well, do like something or what? All of her parts are waiting for her to get done with therapy. They didn't want to be there. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You know, go the other Slayer, bitches. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> Anyways, um, Oz is hopeful that there might be another werewolf around somewhere, and Giles wonders if it's something else. Yeah. Oh, just wait. Yep, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Buffy says it's okay and that they'll figure it out. All nice and reassuring, like her friend should be for her. Uh-huh. Whatever. Giles tells Buffy to patrol the woods and tells everyone else to get to the morgue, finally. Giles is giving orders, though, and that's really weird because that's Buffy's job. Also, he completely forgot about Faith again. <laughs> <laughs> Willow finally realizes what Buffy knew in phases about how it's possible to go look at a body and figure out what happened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yow, you guys. Wow. <laughs> or should I say zoinks? Zoinks. <laughs> Willow yeah. asks what they should do with Oz since he's going to be wolfing out soon. And Giles says he can't watch Oz because he has to go do research at home. Okay, books aren't portable anymore, I guess. He finally realizes that Faith is a person who exists in the world and is also a vampire slayer. <laughs> and he, he suggests her for wolf-sitting duties. Buffy agrees immediately, but Oz, of course, thinks that having a slayer watch watch over him is overreacting, which is ridiculous, like we explained. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it totally is. That's how they should be doing things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it, Oz. It's bizarre. Like he doesn't it is really to, bizarre. Like he doesn't want. He wants to pretend he's normal, dude. You're not normal. Well, sorry. How, how, when did he get sucked up into the Buffy metaphors? <laughs> I know. <laughs> when did he get sucked up in feeling like he should be normal? Yeah. Oz is so not normal. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not even normal when he's not a wolf. No, he's Oz not a normal just guy. A different guy. Yeah. Why is he suddenly all about being normal and not being a wolf? Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, it. <laughs> Because yes, it 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 sucks if you're a, a werewolf, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's not... well. I mean, it sucks if you're a vampire. Yeah, but absolutely, it sucks if you've lost a limb. It sucks if you have migraines. It's like, a lot yeah. of things suck. Sucks to be the Slayer, right? A lot, a lot, way more yeah. than because that's like every night and not just mm-hmm. three nights a month. So yeah, so yeah, uh, he's so, just he's he's dangerous and I, he needs to just and I I think it's him falling into the heteronormative trap. Essentially, be. of Willow mm-hmm. trying to closet, and it's just like because she's like Willow is reading Call of the Wild, which makes like humans who aren't even close to being wolfy feel like they want to be a wolf and go run around <laughs> and kill things with their teeth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so and she thinks it's soothing to him, and like she has no idea what this is. That, like, yeah, she doesn't know what this is like. She doesn't understand anything that's going on for him, and so he feels the need to pretend like it's something completely different. He doesn't want to be there with her. He doesn't want to own the werewolf thing, um, because then it might mean that she can't be in her denial land. I, I, I think. I mean, I'm kind of talking out of my ass a little bit, but I mean, that's sort of what it feels like. Yeah, it's very strange behavior. Yeah, it is. It's weird for Oz. Yeah. Oz tries to walk off and to have some alone time, but Willow stops him. He explains that he needs some alone time, uh, calling it a guy thing, even though Buffy most definitely went to LA <laughs> for the same reason. Well. <laughs> what was that about heteronormativity? Yeah. <laughs> Willow says she understands what he's saying about the, you know, the guy stuff. But it's 5.30 and time to get in the cage. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he can have he can have a long time in there for sure. <laughs> Bondage says. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if it's 5.30, that means the gang moped around in the library for over three hours without doing any real investigation or calling Faith in. And now Giles is giving orders. So it's just fucking weird. It is, yeah. What do I mean? I mean, are we seeing how Buffy's re- retreat into sterile heterosexuality with Scott is affecting her and her parts? Or is this just plot stuff? I mean, she doesn't know Angel is back yet, so it's not that. Yeah, no, it's it's not that. I mean, the world is going to be somewhat affected just by the ripple effect of, of Angel returning, yeah. regardless. Um, but not to the extent of, say, Dracula. Right. Or, or a certain gingerbread demon. Like a, um, Dracula alters reality. Yeah. Especially with all the other stuff that's yeah, going as, on Yeah, right as now. does the, the uh, German gingerbread thing later right. and you know the whole thing with making the key uh-huh. and blah 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 yeah like there's, there's a lot of things that disrupt reality i think you know angel sends kind of a ripple but not not like this this is yeah this yeah is fucking i mean weird. i don't know if this is necessarily like buffy's parts trying to disown her if it's buffy's friends trying to ignore that they're like because if they may Maybe they don't want Faith around because they get sick, sick of the sex eye between the two <laughs> right, of them. Maybe. Like, maybe get a room, Jesus. Like, like, the the library go. can't burst into flames again. <laughs> you guys, please. Yeah, I don't room. know. Like, so go maybe, slaying. Go slay. Yeah, maybe they don't want the two slayers together because they see the chemistry between them. I mean, we could be speaking on so many different levels. Maybe it makes they, their own relationships yeah, fail like, in comparison. Faith is kind of a a threat to their normal way of living in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Well, and she, she makes Buffy really, really strong. Mm-hmm. Uh scary strong yeah and confident confident extremely confident uh it she makes buffy love slaying Mm -hmm. uh, which they should all be happy for all all things that scott hope does the opposite yeah exactly yeah so i mean if they're trying to cram her into a box if her friends and her parts and her metaphors and all that are trying to cram them back cram her into a box there's a reason they don't want faith around yeah i would totally yeah And we talked about how they sort of poisoned the well for Faith before she even got there because mm-hmm. they were screaming at Buffy during Dead Men's Party and there's no way that Buffy could open up to Faith after that. Because yeah, Buffy can't open up to anybody. Cause and I, and that would, that's transference, right? Where everybody else is a certain way, so you assume that everybody in the world is yes, a certain way. So. Yes, Oh, so Buffy does both projection and transference. Oh, she mm-hmm. needed Mr. Platt to stay alive. That's sad, man. I know. Girl well, needs she tries. therapy. She tries to rely on him, but... She needs therapy. Yeah. Just a little... Yeah, she does. Just a little therapy. Quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's this is a it, everything's weird in this episode, <laughs> and it I don't feel like we can blame it on Angel. I mean, maybe we can. I don't think so. But he's not really I mean, Angel the last, yet. The last half, absolutely, because Buffy's totally fucking rattled and everything's messed up. Yeah, but until she sees him, which is in a couple of scenes, one scene I think at the end of this one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't blame him. I, I I don't think I don't think that that ripple would would cast that. F- no, far. maybe if he was full Angel, if he like stepped out of hell. Well, we that might be enough. When portals open up in LA, they don't really have that kind of ripple. No, they really don't. I think. I, I mean, mean, you'd think that going to uh, Pylea would cause all kinds of right. bullshit to happen. Or it the, doesn't. All the Connor stuff. I mean, yeah. The, but everybody's fine. Yeah, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think. I don't think portals do that. Yeah, I don't think we can blame it on that. So yeah, I think we just have to. And go everybody with... would have been all fucked up uh, when Angel went into the portal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, not that. No, and I don't know what Giles is up to at his house, but I don't think he's researching what it's we little, think he is. It's a little is. suspicious, right? Wouldn't he just go home and get his books and come back? Yeah. Because books, books are, I mean, books are portable, right? I mean, I haven't, I, yeah. I, I know I, I've been reading on a device for yeah. a while, so <laughs> I haven't really been around real books for a bit. But 
However, what I've seen, they are still the same size, shape, and weight that they used to be. If these are Watcher instructional books, mm -hmm. he probably doesn't want them around the Scoobies. Yes. We, we saw what happened when they got hold of the Watcher diaries. <laughs> True. So, you know, we probably don't want them around. But he does um, have Watcher diaries locked in his office at work. Well, he does. But what if these are Watcher manuals? Well, and if that's what he's looking at, he's looking at the wrong stuff compared to what he said, isn't it? Isn't he? Yeah. Because, I mean, you would think, oh, I need to find out about something that has a bite similar to a werewolf. Mm -hmm. I'll go home and I'll grab my bestiaries and I'll come back. Yeah. But he's not there the first night when Oz supposedly bites somebody then either. Uh -huh. So, I mean, my my the kind of little theory that we came up with ish, one of them, is that Giles is kind of studying back up to be a watcher again mm -hmm. because he's had to be in, in contact with the Watcher Council. We know that somebody's going to be sent out. He hasn't been doing a great job at doing his job. At all. At all. He lost um, his slayer. Yeah. <laughs> the slayer left. So, yeah, like they're going to come back. It's 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 kind of like you're going to have to get audited or something or someone's going to yeah. come shadow you at your job to make sure you can maintain your credentials. And I could see... Zan like or Xander, um, Giles, we know, feels like a misfit. He wasn't invited to the camp out, like especially with his his metaphor. Ares is not popular with Mount Olympus mm -hmm. um, at all, and so he would be feeling a lot of pressure. But he doesn't necessarily want to be admitting to these guys, like I don't know how the council's going to take my existence and how I've been doing things. Right. So, I mean, to me, it makes sense, especially how he is so upset when Gwendolyn Post is in town and criticizing his methods. Right. Like it feels so personal to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When when and from her, with her, I mean, and until we find out that she's evil and crazy, she really seems like a decent watcher. Like, yeah, strict and, and she severe. Sounds, yeah, but, you know, she's but and she's she, following the letter of the law and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so her. we see the first example of what the Watchers Council is supposed to be like. We see the second one with the Cruciumentum, mm -hmm. and then we see Wesley, <laughs> and they're all not Giles. They're not all not Giles in very different ways. Oh, Wesley. But they are all not Giles, right? At all, no. and just mm -hmm. like the, just like Kendra is not Buffy, right? Like Kendra is the Slayer that the Watchers want, absolutely. And Buffy is not. And yes. Wesley, for example, is the Watcher mm -hmm. that the Council wants, and not Giles, right? So Giles has a lot to worry about about yeah. the Council getting involved again. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Even so. Right now, he should probably focus on his werewolf well, problem. He, he probably ought to be, but I think he's Especially cutting. since he's blaming Xander for everything. Like, it's time to focus on your werewolf problem. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you see, were in the library too, Giles. You did not get to point if, fingers. If we get into that metaphor level where the, the mind and the heart are always at odds, you know, like, isn't that the Cliff's Notes we're reading for English? At least the heart's looking at stuff and trying to do some stuff. And, yep. and I don't think the mind's necessarily been in the game. No, yeah. kind of... he's been busy grieving out his girlfriend and fighting <laughs> off like evil vampires and getting tortured and recovering from that, losing his slayer and getting yelled at by the slayer's mom for no good reason. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's I don't even know how I feel about the theory, but that's kind of a theory that we've. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a little it's a little fishy that he wouldn't go home and get his books and come back if they were just about werewolves. Yes, but we know that he keeps secret books that people aren't supposed to look at. Yes. So perhaps those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Oz sighs and goes into his cage. Willow wants some kind of reassurance, but he tells her to get away from the cage. Willow gets all hurt or whatever, and he and he tells her that he'll be wolfing out in a minute. And you know, get away from the cage, Willow. Yeah, 
He just tried to leave the library, and you said you were okay with him doing the guy thing. Let him get in the cage and do the guy thing there. He wants alone time. Let him in the cage. And also, he's going to turn into a werewolf and bite your face off. Like, get away from the cage. You remember how you think he might have killed somebody last night? Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. He actually says, get away from me, the second time, and Willow is even more hurt. Just, we, we also know that that Oz gets a little funky right before he turns into a werewolf too yeah, he's got he stuff kind of angry yeah well yeah because you know wolfy rage happens yeah so yeah just chill. like pms like willow fucking chill and just leave mm-hmm. the dude alone yeah let him have his moment let him calm down and then wolf <laughs> out and then sleep and he'll be fine yeah buffy is in the forest something is scampering around and she gets out her stake and goes to investigate something shirtless takes off and she goes after it it knocks her down and buffy sees uh, and buffy is understandably shocked to see shirtless primal angel all panting and sweaty and growly in front of her he attacks her and buffy does a nice job punching him into submission yeah. well done buffy <laughs> having faith in home. town makes her strong as hell because yeah. that was a big surprise yes <laughs> huge surprise and it, like and she she does rebound pretty well yeah, I mean, she's going to be freaked out later, but she gets into Slayer mode real quick, mm-hmm. and good for her. Yes. I mean, then, I, I really do. I mean, I think having yeah. faith in town makes uh-huh. Buffy Slayer mode. Uh, once she can get into Slayer mode, it makes it a lot stronger. Uh, I mean, she's going to be, like I said, totally rattled for this this episode. This is not a good way to judge. But right. this initial shock, she was able to put aside, click into Slayer mode, take care of business, Mm-hmm. get angel back in the fucking mansion of the undead <laughs> somehow fireman's carry or something oh, yeah. it's and so funny to imagine this little like five foot three girl like hauling this huge like six foot tall man and she would have had to that's kind of what the show is saying is like buffy is so fucking strong right now yeah and of course after she's done with that she can kind of fall apart but but this is all very confusing uh, Willow, Cordy, Xander, and Willow's Scooby-Doo lunchbox have broken into the morgue, and Willow <laughs> has found the body of Jeff Orkin. Xander and Cordy manage to frighten each other while trying not to puke <laughs> on the mess that has has been made of Jeff Orkin, and Cordy compliments Willow on her stoic examination of the body. Now, very much to her credit, Willow completes her work, grabbing fingernail scrapings and also hair samples, and then passes out. <laughs> Cordy is yeah. very cute with Willow, giving her little reassuring pets, even though Willow is unconscious, while she and Xander observe that Jeff was torn apart by a big wild animal. The suspects are becoming rather numerous as <laughs> as Buffy knocks aside Drusilla's dolls and fishes around oh in a chest. God, she finds so some bad. very sturdy chains and is anyone surprised that Drew keeps change in her hope chest? No. Me neither. And, and that Buffy would know. Yeah, I, nice work knowing where to look, Buffy. Because this isn't her searching. This is a very purposeful sweeping <laughs> off of the dolls. I mean, you, you can just see this. Buffy, in whatever way she could, hauls Angel in there, like right. fireman's carry or drag him or whatever, <laughs> dumps him on the floor, and is like, okay, okay, okay. Oh, Drew's chest. And she goes over. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> they, they probably looked around the mansion a fair amount just to see if there's anything magical that they needed to confiscate. <laughs> yeah. I think she just knew. <laughs> yeah. I think she just knew immediately. Yeah. Drew would have chains. Drew's got chains. I'm going to go get chains from Yeah, Drew. totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She gets Angel all chained up and see how much stronger Buffy is with Faith around mm-hmm. the carrying yeah. and the manhandling and the focused thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the, once she can get a Slayer mode, she is fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy stands back and, uh, and Angel growls and lunges at her as far as the chains will reach. Buffy steps away and notices the burned in imprint that Angel's arrival left on the floor. Uh, Snart and I have theorized that he now has a clotter ring embedded in his left ass cheek. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> And one day he'll be in LA and be like, cough. And, oh, what the hell is this? Where did this come from? 
Yeah, because we, we never see that again. No, I don't, we don't know what to do it. <laughs> yes. uh, but I, I and I love the the spot on the floor where he landed. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like rays of a sun, or it also kind of looks like the shadow from like a nuclear blast yeah. or something. Like there's, it's a very visceral appearance to it. Like yeah. something big happened here. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the shadow of him there. Yeah, it's, it's very cool yeah, looking. It very very cool. Angel continues to growl and pull at the chains, and Buffy is very upset yeah. as she should and be. I always say kudos to Boreanaz, but he sells this feral thing. Oh yeah, he's very growling. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's good because this is the easiest acting to do. To, to not, I mean, you okay? Number one, you gotta feel ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, oh my god, I'm doing this in front of all my friends who are running the cameras and directing this thing, and, and all the writers and the mm-hmm. other actors. I have to what? You know, you've got to feel so stupid doing oh, this. Oh yeah, of thing. totally. Yeah, and good for him for just getting getting past that, getting over it, and doing a great job as mm-hmm. the feral, growly angel. Yeah, and he seems he's an animal. Like he yes. really sells that. Yes. And yeah, kudos to him. Yep. Like a lot of them, because I, I I imagine there's a lot of busting up. <laughs> oh, with him for you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buffy kneels down on the imprint and flinches every time the chains clink until Angel finally exhausts himself. In the library, Faith is having a little dance party while the Oswolf does his growly thing inside the cage. Uh, the song she's listening to is Teenage Hate Machine. And yep, <laughs> that's accurate, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but who wasn't that age? Buffy, completely rattled and forgetting that you never sneak up, sneak up on a slayer, touches Faith on the shoulder and Faith responds with the slayer hello. <laughs> Faith apologizes immediately to the internally bleeding Buffy and seems a little amused as well. Honestly, I would be amused too. I mean, slayers should know better than anyone how quick they are in the trigger. And (laughs) it's a testament to how rattled Buffy is that she didn't think of that, despite how many times she has nearly given people the slayer hello after they've surprised her. Yeah, but and she even admits to being hurt, which is, this is unusual for Buffy. She doesn't usually say ow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, she just shake it off or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's pretty cute with it too. She's yeah. like, you know, what, what are you doing here? Bleeding internally. That's <laughs> fine. Sorry. Faith's just like you're a goofball. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't think Faith, I don't think Faith even believes that Buffy is that hurt. I think she's like, you're yeah. silly. Yeah, you're so silly. What are you doing? Sneaking up on me, <laughs> silly girlfriend. <laughs> Buffy says she's there to take over wolf sitting, and Faith is fine with that, but asks why. Buffy says she couldn't sleep and is planning to study. Faith was feeling cooped up in the library, so she's excited to take to go and stake some hapless vampires. She hands over the keys and with a little flirty, flirty sex eye, and <laughs> hands over the keys to the cage and leaves. Mm-hmm. Definitely a little flirty, flirty sex eye. Yeah, and, and, and Buffy's eyes wander southward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few yep. times. At mid-chest like, level. Like, it's like we're, it's we're... almost like a, it, it, her eyes are up here, Buffy. Yeah, it was. It's like we expect Faith to be like, B, my eyes are up here. Yeah. <laughs> up. Higher. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Buffy pulls out a card catalog drawer and starts searching for a book. The next morning, Giles finds Buffy sleeping in the library and isn't pissed at all. Okay. Yeah, it is cute. I mean, it's adorable. I, I know it's hypocritical, but her when she says hi so sweetly, and then yeah. he has that afterthought of "oh, hello," yeah. like it's yeah. completely adorable. But Giles owes Xander an apology. Yeah, because the Slayer fell asleep on the job. Yeah, the Slayer. Yeah, she sent the other Slayer away uh-huh. so she could fall asleep in the library. <laughs> yeah, while researching 
stuff. Yes, stuff. Yes, stuff. <laughs> faith stuff. Faith books. Yes, faith books. Yes. Uh, Giles picks up one of the books Buffy fell asleep reading, and Buffy tries to pretend that Faith was reading them instead of her. Buffy doesn't say that sarcastically either. I think a lot of people assume that Faith isn't a big reader, probably because her free time is spent reading magazines and comic books. But in a much later episode... We'll see evidence that she does read quite a bit about vampires and things like that. Faith doesn't have a lot of non-Slayer-related general knowledge, but she's serious about her calling. I think she feels like she has to play a lot of catch-up. And like, I think she just loves... I think she loves it. I think yeah. it's, it's part of her her love for being the Slayer that she's happy to read every right, book yeah. she well, can we, do her hands we juxtapose on. her to Angel a lot for good reason. And mm-hmm. part of this, like, she... She was Liam before she got turned. Right. Like, I think she was, we don't know how long ago her mom died. Right. But we know she was probably in foster care. She was probably skipping out. She was probably maybe even in, on parole. Well, there's a, there's a decent chance if her watcher found her while well, she was still a potential. Uh-huh. There's a decent chance that she, there was overlap. So she went right from her mom's house and then her mom died. She would have been with her watcher. That's like the best case scenario. Yeah, that's the best faith. case. But, you know, but she, things never work out well for Faith. So God knows no, what happened to her. I'm thinking she was probably in foster care a fair probably. amount, but was like one of those kids who kind of skipped out. Um, and then her watcher got her and she finally had some stability. Yeah, and but, then you everything know, got fucked up. But I don't think her watcher would have let her necessarily drop out of school because she talks about like it was a choice and not something she did because of the slaying. Unless she... Well, I mean, I still would have dropped out, but I would have felt bad about it. Yeah. Like, that's a choice. She made this choice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can see her, Faith and her watcher, working out that she needed to train and she it was okay for her to drop out because she needed her training time Yeah, but why would she tell Buffy's friends in that way then? Like, well, yeah. but I had to slay, so I, I would have dropped out. Maybe she's not telling the truth. Yeah, maybe. But Maybe she did, was in school till she... You know, came to Sunnydale after her watcher died. Or... Yeah, it's possible. We never. But yeah, we, I, we'll I just, know. I, I see. We'll never faith. know because nobody cares enough about faith to fucking ask. But well, we just don't. <laughs> we don't go into the past that much. Right. Um, partly because faith, until she exits to Angel, is not. While she is a full character, she is not her own character. Oh right, not till yeah, well, she doesn't get her own shadows and metaphors and and flashbacks. Right. Yeah, right. like Angel has. So yeah. Right. Um, so she does not and operate. A lot of it is because she just doesn't need them. Yeah. Because you'll just ask her and she'll be like, well, is this and this? Well, yeah, there is that too. But, you <laughs> know, also just... There's no mystery to it. Yeah, with, with the coding of the show, unless you get flashbacks or you are the main character, you're not... Yeah. You either have mm-hmm. flashbacks or shadow people. Right. And, yeah. Though I think that... I think by the time she goes back to Sunnydale... She and Buffy are equal mirrors. Enough yes, by the time she gets back to Sunnydale, she is an equal. Right. Because she has a past by then that we have witnessed. Right. But as of right now and until she exits, or until she goes into a coma, I think after the coma, she exits the coma, um, a more full Oh, because we person. do see her her dreams. Yes. So we see her yeah. dreams. We see her internal world. Therefore, she yeah, is. She has to be. She's yeah. a real person by then because she we see is. her dreams. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, if you don't, if you don't have those things, you are a, merely an aspect of Buffy. Right. Until you exit, yeah, that she's space. the mayor right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that even plays into the whole Giles thing in the mayor. Yeah. later. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Faith was a lot like Liam, and she was kind of a ne'er do well who just had no purpose. Right. It wasn't that she didn't want a purpose. Like Liam wanted to see the world. He right. had longing and purpose, but he didn't have the means. Right. And I think she was the same way. She's a lot like a lot like a lot of people these days. And she had a mom who beat the crap out yeah, of her. Yeah. She didn't have money. She was poor. She knows how to be poor. She knows how to scrape by, but she never had something to do. She right. never had all the things that she was good at doing didn't work for like a job other than maybe like side hustling and pickpocketing. Right. Um, so 
becoming a slayer finally gave her a reason. And I just she, like I think she would have thrown herself in every book she could get her hands oh, on. Oh yeah, totally. I totally agree. And 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 trained until I'm like trained yeah. until she felt like her arms were gonna fall off, like trained and trained and trained and read and read and read and got it. So well, and isn't that just stuff. like Angelus how he became the baddest vampire? Yeah, absolutely. Well and, and yeah. we saw we I mean, we kinda saw that when Faith first got to town. She she um you know, she was nice and polite and everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And she looked at Giles and she's like, we'll talk about weapons later. Yeah. She was just all business wanting to get to work. Yeah. Like she just, the, she finally has a calling. She has a, fi- mm-hmm. like, I bet Liam just traveled every fucking where. I bet Darla was like, God, can we just stay in one yeah. place? <laughs> yeah, like so there, we will be alive forever. We can see it all. Exactly. But yeah, I think he was just kid in a candy store. Yeah. And he became the baddest of the bad. Mm-hmm. He became so bad that they had to give him his soul back. That didn't even happen to the master or to Kitos. True. <laughs> very true yeah yep like no other vampire was so bad that an outside force decided he, to re-insole them the tribe of gypsies yeah, so much seriously nobody else has been this bad yeah. that he had to be re-insoled that to control to, him. as punishment yeah like you can't just stake him you gotta torture him yeah and this yeah. is not i mean and yes it's done by people but there are the powers that be in outside forces controlling this world right. and so they never saw it fit right. to give anybody else their soul back right <laughs> just angel well until later well yes <laughs> but right. he goes and gets it yeah he goes and gets it yes and angel had to be given it yes. because he was just too much of a problem it's true <laughs> so like I, that's very similar to fate mm-hmm. like you know like um well and faith has kind of does a, a compromise between the two she chooses to well she gets her soul back i mean if you want to call it that she gets her soul back in prison uh-huh uh but she makes a choice. She's uh, she's talked into it. Buffy talks her into it. But she makes a choice herself to go and do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just a combination. I mean, as she as is. with everything, she's like a combination of Angel and Spike. Yeah, she totally is. She is she's the the valiant mm-hmm. decision of Spike, and the um, the, the rise and fall of Angel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I think that's that's awesome. Um, yeah. But so it's not outside the realm that she'd be reading books, but I don't know if she'd be reading the books about how Angel disappeared. Oh, no, no. Super, <laughs> super busted on that one. It's not that. It's yeah. the books themselves. Those beheading techniques, yes. maybe. <laughs> how to stake all the vampires. That's what we Facebook. Yes. That and the, the handbook of girls who kiss girls. Uh, <laughs> Giles points out that the books are exploring demon dimensions and mystery of Kafla. (laughs) Buffy says how weird Faith must be to read those books and also listen to heavy metal. (laughs) That wasn't heavy metal. No, it was. I mean, Buffy, please get out of Mayberry for two seconds. (laughs) That was barely. That was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was groovy. Mm -hmm. It's 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 all. I mean, maybe alt metal if you really want to get like super. Was it the finey? What the Nine Inch Nail Smashing Pumpkins kind of? Yeah, totally. It was was grunge. Let's go grunge. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah yeah. It was it was like like electronic grunge. Yeah, but it wasn't Metallica even. No, <laughs> it wasn't even as much as Metallica. If you can't bang your head to it, it's not heavy metal. We're from Utah, and that was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Buffy, get out of Mayberry, yeah. girl, because wow. Yeah, just I can't believe she's living in all the heavy metal. That was not even. <laughs> that was a Romstein. What are you doing? <laughs> they weren't lighting anybody on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob Zombie comes later. <laughs> 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 Giles sets down the book and says, Buffy, in a way that means, you are so busted, you might as well cut the shit. Yes. And- oh, and uh, 
Giles is wearing the same outfit he was wearing when Buffy told him about Angel getting his soul back. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Yes. This might play into our theory. Yeah. We have well, we have different theories. They they might go together and they might not, but it will we're, and since you know, like I said, mm-hmm. nobody's right, nobody's wrong yeah, in this podcast yeah. at all. So we're just gonna present them. Mm-hmm. I think they're both equally plausible. They might yes. both be right. We have no fucking idea, and we will never know. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, or or we will prove ourselves right or wrong yeah, as, as, as it as moves things along. go on. We yeah. might have more explicit evidence. Yeah, if the show follows through and shows us uh what's going on here, then mm-hmm. we will follow up and everything. Which I expect it will in one way or another. I think so. Too. Yeah, because we, we also we need to. to take into account that we have the Buffy story that we're paying the most attention to, but we're also watching a giant story yes yeah for sure uh buffy sort of cuts the shit saying that she may have hypothetically had a dream about angel (laughs) and now she has questions giles says that that sort of thing would be expected and it occurred to me while i was writing this recap that giles probably knows that angel has been alive and or um undead this whole time the hill dimension yeah yeah he probably thinks he is yeah buffy has been able to convince herself that she killed angel but giles doesn't have angel clouding his judgment like buffy does so he must have figured out that stabbing a vampire with a metal sword wouldn't do the trick yeah unless there's some kind of like beheading technique when you're sucked into the void or or you know like wooden spikes at the end of it or something yeah i'm thinking giles yeah and and the slayer didn't get sucked in with him to kill him so one yeah no yeah yeah Giles, I think Giles knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Giles gestures gestures towards the books and uh, says it must have been a hell of a dream because it got Buffy using the card catalog and he, he didn't know she could do that. <laughs> Buffy glares at him for a second and then says her dream involved Angel coming back. Um, that does kind of show that Buffy knew Giles was lying about needing the spell to bind to Kathla um, because she's opening up to him where she didn't before. Uh, I think she also is taking her therapist's advice and looking for someone who will tell her the truth. Mm-hmm. Whether she gets that or not here, I maybe. I think we get interrupted by Willow before we can get I there. I, I think this is one of those maddening conversations where if we could have just lingered for another five minutes, yeah. we would have gotten them both exactly what they needed. I think so, too. But we Damn don't. you, Willow. <laughs> you and your donuts. <laughs> we had to buy donuts. Yeah, oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Giles <laughs> opens up as well, telling Buffy that after Jenny died, he had dreams that she was alive and he was able to save her. Buffy clarifies that her dream was really, really vivid. Like, it actually happened kind of vivid. And she also invokes Jenny right after Igon. Here, yeah. she says... Like, yeah, yeah, that's, it. that's an interesting yeah, part. Like, that, yeah. the hills are alive, mm-hmm. surround sound, and, like, that's what Jenny says after she's been attacked by Igon. Yeah, she said, I'm, I'm fine, not... not hills are alive with the sound yeah. of music, and then but okay. when Buffy asks Giles, we even repeat the line. He says... The hills are not alive. Mm-hmm. And we don't throw these lines in here by accident. That's a very good point. We call back, and, and we will do this again in a couple episodes. We call back to a very specific line that was used multiple times. So we are invoking the memory of Jenny and Igon and Ripper and Giles' yes. past. Mm-hmm. And he takes off his glasses, which always means Giles Ripper. Yeah, Giles Ripper looking in the, and looking in the past kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um. He thinks that uh, if she thinks it was a Slayer dream, uh, oh, he asks if he if she thinks it was a Slayer dream, and Buffy isn't sure because it wasn't a dream. <laughs> <laughs> and she's hitting the limit of her lying. She's like, she's just, she's trying so hard. Yeah, like her, I would not tell the truth right now. Yeah, her lie limiter is uh, is meowing. <laughs> 
after again. He wants to go outside. He does. Uh, Giles says there's no record of anyone coming back from that kind of thing, even though once we get to Angel of the Series, it actually doesn't seem too hard. Yeah, it's it's pretty commonplace. (laughs) Yeah, like maybe it's like when people have seizures and it becomes easier for their brains to have seizures, like Angel being nearby makes makes portals just kind of pop open like a hink of wind or something. Or like in The Flash, um, most one of the more recent episodes, they say that... uh, the more you travel through time, the less the laws of time travel apply to you. See, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, Angel's been in the Hill Dimension forever long, so he walks mm-hmm. by a portal and it goes, pop! Yeah. <laughs> it wants him back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come back, Angel. <laughs> Angel. <laughs> Giles says he can't imagine how a demon dimension could open up like that, but he's not making eye contact, and he's evading. We do a little statement analysis on this. He doesn't say... This has never happened. He says he can't imagine how, and um, and the there's no record of. Yes, and this is this is the same kind of lie that Buffy just told. Yeah, he's being a little funky. Uh, he's 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 also not saying anything about how it's unlikely that Angel was alive, which suggests that he has a pretty good idea that Angel was indeed alive when he went to that portal. And he's breathing hard, and he's sweating. He's, yeah. And he look he looks like he's about to either run away or cry. He does. He's getting very emotional about yeah, he's this. He's very, very emotional. He's very emotional over what is just a dream mm-hmm. as far as he as far is as supposed to know. As he's, yeah, he's supposed to know. And we see him like this two other times. We see him right after Igon mm-hmm. has taken over Jenny, and we see him later during the uh, Ed, after he admits to drugging Buffy for the Crucimentum. Yes. It's weird. Uh, Buffy wants to play more hypotheticals and asks Giles to pretend that Angel was in Sunnydale. You know, right this very second, hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe chained up. Yes, perhaps chained up in the mansion of the undead. Uh, what would one expect of Angel once he came back? Giles sa- says that the dimension Angel was sent to was full of brutal torment and horrible things. He mentions how time moves faster and Buffy remembers her experience in L.A. and estimates that Angel might have been in the brutal torment for a few hundred years by now. Giles finally makes eye contact and, and says it would take someone of extraordinary will and character to survive that and retain an, a semblance of self. Most likely he'd be a monster. Buffy wonders if monster equals lost cause, and Giles isn't sure. He says there are two kinds of monsters, and the first uh, can be and wants to be redeemed. The second type is void of humanity and cannot respond to reason or love. Interesting. Yeah, so we'll run into a lot of the first kind of monster on this show and on Angel's show, like Angel himself, Faith, Spike, Anya, Jonathan, Andrew, and so on and so on. Even Darla, although her ideas of redemption are a little weird when she doesn't have a soul nearby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. She's still searching uh-huh. for something. And even Buffy. When oh, Buffy yeah, thinks absolutely. that she's gone monster, absolutely. even she yes. goes into this space. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there are only a few of the second kind, though. Warren springs to mind. I don't know the first that came <laughs> yeah, for right? me too. <laughs> yeah. I'd also put, of course, Angelus in that category. And maybe that's the biggest difference between Angel and Angelus. One seeks redemption and the other doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And and there might be a few in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well one. Uh Willow <laughs> How much how much is the enab- enabler culpable? She's too stupid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's not <laughs> capable of finding a credit card. <laughs> All right, fine. So there's one in this episode. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Willow comes in with donuts and asks where Faith is. Oh, Faith missed out on donuts. Sad. And then they don't eat the donuts. I know. Seriously. (laughs) Buffy says there was a Slayer switcheroo, and Willow offers a donut, uh, saying how much fun it is to watch the donut makers fry them up. 
Uh, she tries to continue rambling about donuts, but that even though Buffy's friends don't know shit about her, she does know about them and guesses that Willow didn't sleep or shit. Buffy can empathize now uh, with having a growly, snarly boyfriend. Uh, Willow confesses that she spent most of the night at the donut place. Why not go to the library to help the wolf sitter? Buffy was asleep, so that would have been helpful. Yeah, I don't, I can't. Buffy's parts are just not making good decisions at all in this episode. Yeah, why, seriously, why would you sit there and creepily watch the donut making people? They're like, what? Four hours. Like, since the static on the TV, that used to be what, four in the morning, which is, would be like, she went home and, 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 I mean, nothing. Yeah. Like, four in the morning, she gets up and and goes. And creepily watches the people making donuts. They're like, who is this chick? Is she a vampire? Yeah. Gonna get neck. Seriously, like we live in Sunnydale. This is not funny. Is this neck rupture night? <laughs> you want a donut? She's not eating any donuts. She must be a vampire. They yeah. don't eat. Yeah. Willow asks uh, why Buffy didn't sleep in her own house and, and nearly dispatches the irony police when she points out that Buffy's boyfriend isn't a big scary beast monster. She ignores Buffy's warning head nods and Oz comes up behind her and hears a good deal of what she just said. She offers him a jelly donut, which... Okay, they're delicious, but even if they're Oz's favorite, maybe don't offer him the ones that look like a crime scene inside Willow. Yeah. Besides, those are Giles' favorites. <laughs> and he doesn't have one either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's sad. Uh, Oz doesn't seem to want a donut. Why? He's all standoffish with Willow and asks Buffy if, if everything is okay. Buffy says everything is fine and asks how the, the visit to the morgue went. Willow doesn't want to talk about it, so she tries to offer up uh, the donuts again. I know it's a cheap attempt at evading, but how could these people resist donuts? <laughs> I don't know. Faith would have taken a donut? Well, I, I think it's, uh, I think, you know, they're literally not biting. Yeah, but they should take a donut. Well, I mean, yeah, but they're they're just not. Eat the donut. Eat it. <laughs> They'd hate me so much. Eat the donut. <laughs> Eat it. The donut stink of life. Fine, give me, all the, give me all the donut. I would just take all the donuts and I would leave for the yeah. donuts. <laughs> Uh, Buffy tips her hand even more than she did earlier, asking Willow if a vampire was the culprit. You know, if Giles had been paying more attention during this old scene, he could have avoided being all surprised and hurt when they find out about Angel in a couple of episodes. Because slayers are not subtle. Yeah. Um, well. Hmm. <laughs> I know. So we'll get to our theory in just uh-huh, like one yeah. paragraph. Oh. <laughs> Willow says she isn't sure what did it, and Buffy and her Slayer CSI are completely offended by this because you can at least figure out if it was a vampire because of the bitey fangs. That came with a little hand gesture of bitey fangs, yes. by the way. <laughs> Giles tells Buffy to chill, and she almost snaps at him too, but then she catches herself and apologizes. She sits down and still doesn't take a donut. <laughs> what is wrong with these people? I don't know. Eat the donut. Maybe they ate the donuts in the previous takes and they just can't now. They're like, oh no. I can't eat more donuts. Yeah, you, so, just pick, you just you do the Christine Sutherland school. You just pick a little bit off of the yeah, donut. I don't know. I, I think there's, there's some kind of metaphor of like not eating the... Yeah. Yeah. They should eat the damn donut. I mean, I, Willow doesn't come here in good faith. I'm, I'm pausing well, it Yeah, because faith isn't there to get a yeah. donut. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Will- Willow doesn't, she doesn't show up in the right way. Like she was waiting for donuts to be made and somebody come to the library uh, to like, take care uh, of Like beware of Greeks bearing donuts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Or, you know, like maybe don't eat the pomegranate seeds when you're in hell. I don't right, know. Right. Um, but yeah, like. I'd be in so much, if I was in a Greek myth, I'd be in so much trouble. I'd be like, oh, thanks and eat whatever it was. And I'd yeah, be, be cursed to do whatever. Forever, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I have no willpower. Who am I kidding? Um, but yeah, like I, I think this is a. Um, 
I think it's it's showing that Willow's not here in good standing with anybody. And, you know, she's continuing to talk in a way that she probably shouldn't. And, right. you know, she calls, like, she almost calls Oz a cold-blooded murderer. Seriously. That's a little... Like, yeah. Yeah. He, and, I mean... And kind of in a light, silly way. And yeah, he has no responsibility for what he does, Willow. He is no. an animal. Yeah. It's just like, remember how we can't blame Angel for what Angelus does? Well, hey, Willow said that? it earlier in this very episode. Yeah. You're like, like you, Wolf, you, you not you, responsible. You. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it means that she's she conflates the two. Like, she actually doesn't make that separation. Yeah, that would explain. Yeah, donuts. so, I mean, there's no one's going to eat the donuts because they're not, they don't want to take what Willow's offering. I would still eat the donuts. <laughs> I know you would. So would Faye. That's why we bought donuts. Exactly. Yeah, yeah we, we did. We, we are so pissed that these people are not even thinking donuts. We had to buy donuts today and eat donuts. <laughs> it goes on the list of food we've eaten because yeah. of the shitly. <laughs> <laughs> Giles gives a pondering look, which would suggest that he's figuring things out, but well, we have to watch really closely in Revelations to see if he he's really is surprised that Angel is back or if his anger at Buffy is mixed with anger at himself for suspecting what was going on but not saying anything. So, all right. So my, my theory is kind of, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my theory is sort of, he's freaked out and nervous because I think he is afraid of what, afraid that Buffy is going to say either Angel's back. Mm-hmm. Or help me get Angel out of the hell dimension. Like, I think his behavior is avoidance behavior. The not looking, the keeping his head down, the breathing all weird. I guess I, and I think that's, I mean, it makes sense except for we don't ever see Giles evade. Not really. Right. I, I didn't say it made sense. It's the only, yeah, it's, the only yeah. it's, it's all I got because I have Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think, um, I think this is Giles remembering his past. And I think he's going in, I think he's in flashback. I think he's in like a panic attack flashback where he is maintaining the outward calm, but he's remembering perhaps the friend that died from Igon. Um, maybe he watched his friend get Illyriad by Igon. Well, and Igon um, would look just like Denny Calendar with Igon. Yeah. So, um, you know, but he, he probably had to put his friend down. He might've had to do it a few other times. Like maybe he's seen this happen a lot. Or at least a few times, and I, I think he's just kind of flashbacky. Well, he did say when he was at Jenny's grave, he did say that, that he's had to bury a lot of friends. Yeah, could have been and, one of those. and maybe some of them he had to be the one to take care of them. Uh, that would make sense why the Watcher's Council kind of thinks of him as tainted and dirty if he had to kill people. Yeah. You know. One, one it, thing. What, what if he was the, the Watcher's Council hitman before he became Buffy's Watcher? Oh, one of those guys. Yeah, because, I mean, Ares, god of war, like, what if he was the hitman? Right. Um, you know, what if he was the one that they sent to take care of the dirty work to do the exorcisms? What if he's, like, kind of a Constantine-type character? Right. Uh, you know, that would fit with Ripper. And then he had to clean up his act and, and got a job at the British Museum. And maybe he'd even kind of left the council when he was working at the British Museum. And then he got called to go take care of Buffy. I really wish we knew about how the Watchers got called. I know. Oh, I, oh I'm, I am going to say my, uh, tell y'all my, my theory is that, um, so if y'all uh, think way in the future when they find the scythe, right? So they find the scythe, uh, and Buffy does, and Buffy says, ooh, it's all tingly, and Faith says, <laughs> this is tingly, and uh, uh, Willow and Xander say it, it does nothing. And Giles is awfully excited by that little that little yeah. scythe. He's, so, yes. so my I mean my my theory and it's totally it's totally unfounded. I, I always wonder if 
Because Watchers are pretty badass uh-huh. as far as normal humans go. I it I wonder if, if Watchers get a little tiny dose of Slayer. And I think, little, I think that holds up. A little infusion of that demon demonic Slayer energy when they because mm-hmm. when they get called too. Like yeah. it's a joint calling kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. Like, Which like would... you could or you could have a thousand watchers called uh for like <laughs> for like one slayer, but then mm-hmm. there's some kind of extra oomph for uh the actual watcher who matches up with the slayer or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they no could idea. be imbued or there could be some kind of spell or something yeah. that's cast. Um But no, I totally agree. I think there is something extra. And uh, maybe that's, I think that's partly why Wesley is so unfit for the job, because he is assigned. He's not called. I don't know, though. You know? I th- I would think that Wesley definitely has some Slayer going on, because how fucking brave is he in L.A.? Well, that's true, but it takes he a minute. He is a badass of badasses. I guess in L.A., I like to think of him as the Xander character, where he's just this extraordinary human. I know he just takes a lot of punishment, and he's able well, he to bounce back. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I like to think of him as kind of the Xander, you know. Like I like to think of him I, as. I mean, I don't know. I think that a little. I think a little Slayer juice might have helped him survive getting his throat cut. Well, there's that. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, that might be right. It's just he's such a wimp at first. Well, and, and if well, if they are infused with any kind of Slayer energy, he would have been infused when he got called for Faith Watcher, so he would have it. Yeah. Well, that's true. Oh. But yeah, it's um. I think that's a good I mean, theory. It's just, it's just a little bit. It's yeah. not. It's not a ton. It's just a little because they just need a little help. Well, and then like it we forms, never... and it forms a connection with the Slayer. Yeah, and it it just makes them a little bit more tough. Well, and we never get really explicit about if Watchers get the dreams or not. Right, because they're all about making sure that the Slayers get the dreams and well, talking about their dreams. Giles had a lot of dreams about Igon. Yeah, he had a lot Where of dreams about Igon. Yeah, no, that's very true. Well, and I, you know, when he's saying they had to, like, he gets so upset about the love spell. Mm-hmm. What if that went wrong? Like, I mean, I just. Oh, he's definitely seen one before. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it was, it was pretty clear that he has seen the effects of one. At least one. Yeah. But yeah. What if, what if he was the cleanup crew? Yeah. You know, that would be, that might be a way for him to kind of indentured servitude his way back into the Watcher's Council after going so ripper. I can't remember if it's... Shit, I can't remember. What does the cleanup crew say to Giles when they see him? Oh. I don't remember either. They have the whole thing with Wesley, of course, but you know, blah, 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 in L.A. Don't they say that to Giles? I think so. But we know that they have them. They, they have a wet works team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll the council them. does. We will see them. Yeah. They're, kind of, they're kind of inept. You'd think they'd be better at catching slayers. Well, since that's all they do. Ripper's not around to help them. Yeah. Well, they're sort of naive and uh-huh. not very good at catching slayers. Yeah, and maybe maybe the part of the reason that he of got... Of course. I will say, though, they're dealing with like the two best slayers ever. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so but yeah, so they're going to on a curve. Uh-huh. Usually slayers are kind of well, obedient. Well, if they caught, say, Kendra... I yeah, mean, yeah. Love Kendra, love Kendra, but she would have been like, "Okay, yeah, I you deserve got me. it. That's fine." Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, or if they'd gotten any of the potentials, who are just whiny little bitches, I think right. it would have been similar. But you've got you've got Faith the Unkillable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Buffy the Crafty. Yeah, so good luck rounding them up. That's yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I think I think that holds up as well. You know, I'm I'm fine with that head cannon, and and even if the writers didn't do it, I think Anthony Stewart head. 
yeah, put a lot of dark. He's showing us that into. Giles is extremely disturbed. by Yeah, this. he's really disturbed, and and I think it could be on several levels. I mean, another way that I've seen it before is that Angel is or, or Giles is starting to put together. Angel had a soul. He's in this hell dimension. He's been there for hundreds of years. This guy I know is being tormented. Yeah, you know. So I don't know, but I I think I think the flashback thing tracks the most with the other actions we see Giles do. Um, and then I think as far as the knowledge goes, he's when he tells Buffy off later, I feel like it's him trying to separate himself as watcher. I mean, it's it's not appropriate because of everything that's happened before, but I think it's him trying to put Buffy in her place as you're you Well, because he says, I, I you know, I'm your watcher, you don't respect me. Yeah, you don't respect me or the station that I work in. Well, and like, whose fault is that, dude? You let me sleep on a wolf sitting shit. Well, yeah, like, like well, I'm not yeah. gonna respect you as a watcher if you don't come in and say, <laughs> well, Get the fuck up. Like I said, it's not appropriate, <laughs> but I think it's him he's he's getting ready for the cruciamentum. He right. needs to start to create the separation this and the council's coming back. And like so let's let's go ahead and, and play with the idea that he was the wetworks team. The council coming back into his life, he's been in this great separation. There's two oceans mm-hmm. on the either, on either side of him that they can't get to him from. For the council to come back and be heavily involved in his life and be around him, that's going to be reminding him of everyone he ever killed. Right. Everyone he had to clean up after. Maybe he had to dispatch with a, a slayer or two because he even says, he says to Gwendolyn Post, this is your first slayer. Right. So meaning maybe he's dealt with more than one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of him saying is I've had two for last. I've had two of these crazy things yeah, for the true. last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you try to keep track of yeah. two, and then <laughs> yeah. come to me and talk to me about. It. But what if what if he had to dispatch one? No. What if he had to take them back? Because he knows, like when he says this kind of things happened before, he's kind of saying it firsthand. Yeah, he's. This he, is um, not an academic knowing. He is alluding to some things when he's talking to Buffy right here. Yeah, he's alluding to a lot of stuff, and yeah. I think you know, like with the Watchers Council coming back, and you know, like he knows that this is he's going to have to get more involved because of Faith. Yeah. Um, I I think it just puts him into the PTSD land, and then we see him, we see Ripper in Van Candy, and we don't really get Giles back after that. We get cool Giles, we get new Giles, we get Magic Shop Giles and Guitar Giles and <laughs> Yelping with with Spike Giles. And Scotch, <laughs> Scotch Giles. Scotch Giles. Lots of Scotch Giles. Yes, watching Passions Giles. With, what, <laughs> how much Passions is Spike? Yes. Let's never speak of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I, think, I think this is speaking to, and I prefer this idea, that Giles is just, we are seeing a glimpse into the very vast dark world of what it was like to be Giles and Ripper right. that he's been trying to protect Buffy from. Yeah, we'll have to see if... Let's see what happens in the next couple episodes and mm-hmm. see if we get any proof of either thing. Yeah, I mean, we, we will see. And, and, you know, we could both be completely off. Who knows? Well, that's true. I mean, we could we could both be... But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's... Oh, I kind of like the idea. Yeah, I like personally, it Personally, yeah. Well, I mean, he sure is good at killing Ben, isn't he? He's really, really good, good at, at killing like, Ben. Really efficient. Well, like, and this this actually is something we were talking about before. Um, yeah, to the listeners, we pulled my boyfriend were, and Alex to help out. Right, and, <laughs> and he actually he kind of he liked both sides of the argument. Uh-huh, I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, so, gentle listeners, imagine imagine that you are a a person normal yourself, mm-hmm. and there uh, happened to be a a person like let's say Ben yeah. uh, on the ground, and Ben needed to be put down. What would you? What would be the first way? You you have no weapons on you. Mm-hmm. You have to kill him with your bare hands. Would you try to strangle him first? Probably. I think most people try a strangle. Yeah. 
Because we've all seen TV where they're strangling. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's not up and moving, because there's a lot of ways you can kill somebody if they have a lot more muscle tension and oh, stuff, sure. but when they're really limp and broken yep. like that, like it gets difficult. I think you go for strangling. Yeah. Yep. But he goes right for but the he... smothering with the, the hand over, like pinching the nose mm-hmm. closed and holding the mouth closed. And has no squeamishness. Oh, yeah, I guess Ben's trying to claw at him and make him stop yep. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. He's too efficient about that. Mm-hmm. Really efficient. Really efficient. Very, very efficient. Yep, and cold, and he never speaks of it again, and he doesn't seem to feel any remorse about it ever again. He just, this is what, I mean, I I think... I think there might be some psychological fallout for him, Um, and that's kind of why, I think it's one of the reasons he goes to England, but but no, as far as remorse or Buffy, I killed somebody, I mean, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have any consequences uh, as far as Buffy figuring it out, because Buffy's dead. (laughs) Well, we get get a little bit of dialogue about what killing people does to you when, after Faith does, and when Angel's relating to Buffy... Mm -hmm where faith is and he says it's not it's not that she killed a guy it's that she's got a taste for it now right and this is i mean this is why it's so sad that giles never tried to connect with faith mm-hmm. faith really could have used his input yes so he accidentally killed somebody and giles could have gone to her is more of a ripper kind of guy and said, mm-hmm. look it was an accident <laughs> yeah don't fucking worry about it we'll get you through it no big deal mm-hmm. i did this and this and this and this and this and this and like if you're thinking he's part of the wet works team i did this and 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 i'm right. fine you know but, <laughs> so. but i mean even then even more if he used to be the wet works team and he is a watcher now right he's got he can't divulge that information he probably can't do it directly. He doesn't do it with with Buffy. Well, he could. Well, he could. He could allude to it the same way that he does here with Buffy. Uh, he he yeah. could have. He I mean, he could go to Faith and be very kind of mm-hmm. blurry about everything, it, just the way he does with Buffy, right? Yeah. Here. Well, of course, we don't know what he does when Buffy's in the office or when Faith's in the office. We don't know what he says to he her. He doesn't say the same thing as he says to Buffy. Well, no. Otherwise, we wouldn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. There's, there's no way he says the same thing. And if he had said the same thing to Faith, Faith would have confessed immediately that she was the one who did it. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I got my own theory. We'll mm-hmm. get there. I know yeah. exactly why Faith says that Buffy did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, it is too bad. It's just, it's like Faith kind of comes in. Her timing is horrible for Giles. Not her fault. That well, I know. Taquitos but I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it's not Buffy's fault that the only, like the only people that she can, uh, she can talk to in life are demon magnets. Oh yeah. Get no. Chewed no. on. Yeah. No. no. You know? Um, but yeah, it's just like cosmically, if she'd come in before Jenny Callender got killed, I think Giles could have related to her that way. Yeah, but Kendra wasn't dead yet. Nothing yeah. to do about that. I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, it's just, it's one of those timing things. If she'd come in before the psychological damage that happens to Giles, like, after Jenny dies, the, he's barely not Ripper. You know, actually, what had to be way before that? Because Giles was so into Jenny, he didn't follow up for, with Buffy on with uh, Ted. Yeah, that's true. Because I mean, let's not let's not pretend that Faith is the only person to ever kill a human. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it's it's interesting when when Angel does tell um, does tell Buffy that because that applies to Buffy, mm-hmm. it applies to Giles, it applies to everybody. <laughs> everybody who kill. I mean, the the moral event horizon is kill- for killing somebody isn't that you killed a man, it's that the taboo's been broken. Yeah, it's just, you. And, you might do it again because it's it gets every time you kill somebody, it gets easier. Well, and that's that could I mean that could easily be about Buffy just as much as it's about anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and we do worry about Buffy to a certain extent to that degree because if we weren't, then we wouldn't be worrying about Faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or Willow. Yeah, Willow. 
That's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so that's if you guys want to contribute to our theory, if you disagree, if you agree, if you have your own. Um, yeah, let's... especially if you have your own, because I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sold on mine, and maybe we'll see more, or maybe we'll disprove it, but you know. Yeah, I'm too. I'm too. I'm too evidence centered. So it's mm-hmm. like I, I got. I got to have more stuff. Yeah, I just I go with how it's acted is what I do because I I trust Tony Head. Yeah, I 100 percent trust him to be selling us exactly what we should be buying. Yeah, I just need extra stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like um. Like with the faith stuff, if if Eliza Dushku had gone in and said, um, "I did this as part of my character," I would have been like, "That's really really cool," but mm-hmm. there's no evidence in the script, so I can't really take it as canon so much. Right. But there's so much evidence in the script too. I just need a little more script evidence. Yeah. Hopefully well, it'll. Hopefully yeah. It'll well, pop let's up pay attention when the Watchers Council's in town because there might be a lot of little things that we didn't catch. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when when the Wetworks team does show up, I think mm-hmm. that'll be interesting because I yeah. can swear they have some kind of weird interchange with Giles, but I might be confusing. I swear it with, they do too. I might be confusing it with Wesley though. Yeah. But I swear they do too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'm sorry if you're screaming at your podcast and screaming the answer and everything. We'll we'll, we'll look it up <laughs> no, please, after we're done. Please with this. let us know. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Let yeah. Us just know. let us know. It'll save um, us looking up the transcript. Yeah. It, it will, and and we will get there eventually. Um, it could also be part of Giles's anger. You know, if he is getting into the space where he's thinking that that this is where he might end up relegated to again, or, uh, you know, it's bringing up flashbacks of having to put people down. He doesn't want to have to kill Oz or have to make Buffy kill Oz. Yeah. So, you know, any chance like that might be why he's so mad at Xander is it's like, you might have made me kill him. But then Giles needs to be in that damn library or coming up with shifts with two people. I'm not saying he's doing the right uh, thing. But that's what what I'm saying is that he's, he's, he's thinking screwy, Mm -hmm. Yeah. you know, because if he, if he really is that worried, he will come up with a Mm -hmm. rotating team of four people. Right. Yeah. But, the slayer on each team. Yeah. But he's not nope. Not yeah. thinking. He probably could have come up with the hey, let's go to the morgue and look at the bite marks. Before no, he's joined. not thinking. He is just as absent as he was yep. when he thought Jenny was haunting the school when he was I mean, he's been this absent before. Yes. Yes, he has. This is just a <laughs> protracted absence. Yes. I mean he was this absent with not on Pata. Up until he got to do a puzzle. <laughs> true. Yay, puzzle! He loved that puzzle. I know, yeah. And that puzzle like, smashing he asshole killed it. Fucking handed it to her right there. Like, hey, do you speak this language? Read this. I know. Where, where real Giles would be like, oh, you look oddly like the mummy that was supposed to be in the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Poor Buffy is in the lunchroom having gathered an assortment of jello when Scott calls her over <laughs> and uh, to sit with him and his idiot friends Debbie and Pete. Before she's even had a seat, he starts mocking her jello lunch. Shut up, Scott. This is such poor form. She uh-huh. doesn't even know uh, Debbie and Pete. So this is absolutely not cool to mock her in front of them either. Yeah. That makes it so no. much less cool. Like, well, don't I mean, do this, and especially don't do it in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Willow did it, so it's fine. This is heteronormative. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we get to we get to put our our significant others and the mothers of our friends and and their their friends' significant others down. Well, and how and yeah. how fucking presumptuous is this of Scott Hope? They've been on like two dates. Yeah. Nutritional demerits. You don't get to talk about my food. Yeah. You never get to talk about my food. Yeah. Nobody ever does, but especially no, not somebody who's up. been on two fucking dates. No. Yeah, but you, you never you never get to tell me what to eat. You never get to tell Slayer what to eat. You no. don't get to tell anybody what to eat. Unless I have hired you to smack food out of my mouth, <laughs> you don't get to tell me what I'm eating. Exactly. Uh, Buffy says her stomach isn't feeling great, but she picked pick Jello with fruit. Scott whispers, 
patronizing me that they're marshmallows. Scott, right. shut up. We, we were saying this earlier. We're from Utah. Utah. We've seen a lot of stuff in Jell-O. Yes. That stereotype is true. It's all over the fucking place here. Yes. It's really hard to tell what's in Jell-O. We're Jell-O experts. We are Jell-O We are from Utah. Yes. (laughs) I have witnessed so many terrible things in other people's Jell-O. Put me off Jell-O for a long time. Marshmallows are fine. Marshmallows are fine. Yes. Yes, they're delicious. Fruit of any kind. Even the fruit cocktail with the weird, I don't know if they're cherries or what they are. My personal favorite, mandarin oranges. Yes, those are also those good. Are fantastic. Just uh, a little yes. bit of texture, so it's not all squishy. But grated carrots with raisins. Yeah, don't do that. Don't worst. do that, folks. Worst. Don't, yeah. I don't like it. Well, worst. The, te- the texture, it's not even the taste, it's the texture. Because like, carrots are chewy, so you don't want like, squashy chewy plus chewy chewy. Yeah. It's, so, it's like really big pieces of hair got dropped in your food. Okay, so, but even if Buffy, <laughs> even if Buffy had picked the Jello with carrots in it, shut up, Scott. Shut the fuck up, you little fuck. Yeah. Stay out of it. Yes. Two dates. <laughs> yeah. Two fucking no, dates. I'm, totally, I'm, I'm with you here. Totally. Yeah. This oh my is, God. It's, it's horrible. And you can say, you can say your personal preferences. You can say, I really hate Jello with marshmallows in it. Or just don't say anything. Yeah. Let her eat what you fucking want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Two dates. Yeah. And he's already trying to take over. And Buffy was trying to sneak away with her pickout session of Jello. She sure was. And you called her over. You're yes. the one that invited her to sit down at the table so with you. So you could mock her in front of your stupid friends. Yes. And then she doesn't eat a single bite of Jello. I know. She hasn't yeah. had a donut. She hasn't had Jello. Jello. It's very sad. Well, yeah. See, we, we shouldn't even worry about them feeding Faith because we're not feeding Buffy either. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy gets food that she never gets to eat. That's See, even she, worse. What she should do is have like a special place that she asks for in the school fridge. And she just puts all the food she doesn't eat in there. And then Faith can come by and she can eat the food. Yeah, <laughs> Here are the donuts I didn't eat. Here's the jello I didn't eat. Here's the God knows what else I didn't eat. Yeah, but then, and then Faith is like, thanks, B. And she like, eats all the food. Yeah. But the, the jello, Buffy was going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. But then the, the heteronormative toxic she would have, trio. Yes. She would have, I think she would have enjoyed the jello, except mm-hmm. somebody ruined it, Scott. Yeah, she was going to go pick out. Mm-hmm. She has to stress eat because her ex boyfriend's back in town and she doesn't know if he's evil or not. <laughs> I bet, I bet, I bet yeah. gelatin is actually good for slayers because oh, yeah. it helps with yeah. the bone regrowth it's, and stuff like that. Gelatin's kind of good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little creepy with ground up stuff, but I mean, it's... it is literally what we are made of. Yeah. And if you're eating meat, you don't get to be squeamish about what's left over. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you you don't want to use the whole animal. You just want to fill up landfills with all the stuff that you don't want to eat that isn't fucking chicken breast. Get over yourself. Hey, man, I eat hot dogs. <laughs> Chorizo. <laughs> Chorizo's where it's at. Nice. I, the only thing I can't get down with is tripe or glands. Oh, or... Tri- well, tripe smells bad. Tripe yeah. smells horrible. Yeah. Tri- I mean, it smells like innards. And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Buffy glances over, and Debbie and Pete, who are are listening, even though this is none of their fucking business, uh, and and, uh, and she says she didn't sleep well, <laughs> <laughs> curled up in a chair. None of none of anybody's fucking business. This whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debbie decides to mock Mr. Platt, the extremely insightful and helpful counselor, saying that Buffy shouldn't mention her insomnia because she'll have to do a dream journal. Buffy should absolutely 100% have a dream journal. Buffy, why don't you have a dream journal? Well, she might. No, she doesn't because she would have written down the date and then Faith said, counting down from 730, (laughs) and she would have been like, oh, shit. 
I'm going to die in 730 fucking days. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy's dreams have a tendency to predict the next apocalypse and will be predicting her death pretty soon. So a dream journal is a fantastic idea. Probably yes. Mr. Platt has fantastic <laughs> ideas from like, the ether. Yes. <laughs> like he isn't even consulting with well, me. He has great ideas. Uh, anyway, Debbie is an idiot and has insomnia, and Pete is even more of an idiot, so he mocks the dream journal as, what's that, like a Barbie thing? God, you all need to shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. Pete, yeah. a Rhodes Scholar for sure, comes up, <laughs> <laughs> comes up with Dear Dream Journal... How come Ken hasn't come around since he got that earring? Oh, a bad gay joke. That's so cute. A gay joke in yes. front of gay Scott, even. So, uh, and he looks right at Scott as he says it, too. Oh my god, mm-hmm. he does. He does. Holy shit. Debbie, of course, thinks that Pete is just hilarious, and I'm delighted that they'll both be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that does put more coinage in the hat of having killed the gay guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think yes. so, too. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and and, and and Mr. Platt is not a raving heterosexual. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, he might. We, we don't know, but my my gaydar has been so severely off lately, so I have no <laughs> idea. But he's a very sensitive dude, and it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's it not necessarily that he is 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 gay or bisexual, but that Pete thinks he is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree, and and I mean he does have the uh, unicorn poster on his wall, the like yeah. make your own path. And he's poster. trying to make Debbie see that Pete is a fuckface. Yeah. And that's probably enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I agree. I think I think Mr. Platt is coded as, as gay simply because um, this episode, mm-hmm. the overarching theme of this episode, so much of it is about gay and straight or, you know, right. or watching how people try and squeeze themselves into the straight box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's, I mean, this is kind of about Buffy being impotent and powerless, but, I mean. Well, she's she's impotent overall. Mm-hmm. In this particular instance, she will not be. No, no, she is not. Like, right. she's she's getting a little bit this more is, power. This is like, okay, no, I look, I can put up a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to put up this, and then she's done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it is kind of an interesting um, discussion about homophobia. Oh yeah, I mean, like yeah. like I said, I don't even mind gay jokes, but they have to be funny, you know. Yeah. Plus, these these people are, to quote Snyder, deeply stupid. And yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. If you're deeply stupid and not funny, you are not allowed yes. to make fun of any minority group mm-hmm. just because yeah. you're not funny. And they have the emotional <laughs> maturity of a blueberry scone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I lo- you know, I love Howard Stern, and I've listened to Howard Stern for years, and they're always making gay jokes on there, but they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't care. <laughs> yes. I've, I've heard some very, very funny gay jokes. That, that are, that's yeah. all I ask. I, I mean, yeah. I'm not asking a lot. Just make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. Why does a cat come around? Yeah, since you got that earring. Hmm. got the earring. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and uh, yeah, so the, and also... Um, the narration of of you know the beast and running and freedom and and you know all that stuff that that also kind of relates to the struggle to be able to express yourself freely as a gay person. It's it, doesn't. Yeah, it? there's, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, of, what can, is the call of the going. wild? Really? Yeah, true. We we can really can we can talk that to death. But you know, we put we. <laughs> the the wild thing of angel comes back we put him in shackles 
uh, the wild thing of Oz, we put him in a cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other guy that may or may not be gay, we kill him. Um, Buffy, we put in a relationship with Scott Hope. Yeah, we we put Buffy and Scott Hope in relationships with each other. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, we, and, you know, we have Faith relegated to the sidelines. Nobody's inviting her around. Um, bisexual Giles is rattled and not here. Mm-hmm. He's kind of scared to show himself. It's like the whole town kind of went really... Um, yeah, like homophobic. Yep. Well, it's Mayberry. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's 50s, just kind man. of like yeah. we're really vibing that hard this episode and, and investigating it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And was was Jack London Street? I have no idea. Certainly was a manly man. He was a man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so he's either a manly gay or a manly straight or a manly bisexual. Yes. Whatever he was, he was very manly. So, uh, how's that heteronormativity treating you, Buffy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Debbie says that Mr. Platt is a quack and Buffy sticks up for herself, her counselor, and possibly her queerness by saying she liked Mr. Platt. Scott and his idiot friends look at Buffy like she's a freak and Debbie admits that Mr. Platt is kind of funny and stuff. (sighs) Nice job, Buffy. We love you, Buffy. You're awesome, Buffy. Yeah. This is hard to do in a new group. I don't care who you are. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially when there's some dork you kind of try to impress. Good for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's swiftly approaching give no fucks Buffy. there's yes th- there's a certain point beyond which buffy will not cross yes <laughs> <laughs> buffy will do a lot of other things but there are certain points which she would not cross yes yes uh debbie continues that she sometimes doesn't like the things mr platt says like oh let me guess your boyfriend is a roided out abusive crow magnet freak and that's why you have insomnia something like that yeah probably yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Buffy has a great line, of course. Um, after after saying that Mr. Platt marches to the beat of his own drummer, she says, actually, I think he makes his own drums. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know, none of them think it's funny because they're fucking stupid. Yes. That was hilarious. It was funny. Scott says that his mom has told him therapy can be helpful. And then Pete calls Scott's mom stupid. And Debbie thinks that's hilarious, too. Okay, no. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Scott jokes about how he doesn't really know Pete and Debbie and was just pretend- trying to make Buffy like him by pretending he has friends where the appropriate reaction to someone insulting one's mother is to hit him with a lunch tray 50 or 60 times until there's a dent <laughs> in it shaped like his stupid face. Yes. Agreed? But I do agree. This is, <laughs> but this is the closest Scott approaches to being tolerable in the entire time we see Scott. It's- and it's not very... I mean, these are supposed to be his close friends. He can turn yeah. to him and be like, shut the fuck up, Pete. What is wrong with you? Right. You know? Like, this is not... There's there's ribbing, and then uh-huh. there's the insulting your mom and saying she's Although, as, as bright as a zipper. Well, wife. yeah, but I mean, maybe him not standing up to Scott... Or, or to Pete. Um, the way I've read it is that Pete is not just abusive to Debbie. He's abusive to Scott. Oh, sure. And so, like... But, you know, you don't actually have to keep being friends with people. Well, yeah, that's true. But these guys are both caught in this abusive trap with him. And, right. you know, why is he friends with Pete if he is gay? What if he's got a thing for Pete? We don't know. Yeah. yeah. He would have terrible taste. Pete is horrible. He he looks just like Ford. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. I don't think that's accidental casting. I don't think so either. Yeah. No. No. Because Ford wanted to be a monster and Pete wanted to be a monster. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Buffy isn't impressed by any of this. And then Scott says loudly enough for Debbie and Pete to hear, of course, that he wanted to tell Buffy she looked great, but he's going to upgrade that to amazing because she hasn't slept. 
Happily, Buffy is not impressed by this at all, <laughs> because that's one of the worst compliments I've ever heard. Yeah, that's sweet or something. Yeah. I mean, un- bye. <laughs> unfortunately, she's probably only, only not impressed because Angel is back. But seriously, that's like, you look really good, you know, for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and considering how insecure she was about her looks just a, about a season ago right. uh you know i think she's just kind of like yeah okay she's fucking done i'm gonna go she's done she's out <laughs> no 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 buffy makes some excuses and leaves and thank god <laughs> oh my gosh her excuses too it's i forgot that i but i have to yes so i'm gonna yeah <laughs> it's fantastic and of course pete says check out scotty liking the manic depressive chick you know because the only reason someone wouldn't want to spend time with these idiots is mental illness yeah yeah you just keep telling yourself that pete (laughs) for the few minutes you get to still be alive of course Mm -hmm. Uh, scott of course doesn't defend his girlfriend any more than he defended his mom yeah yeah Buffy leaves the lunchroom really looking really freaked out and sort of nauseated as well. And that's understandable, no matter which side you take in this whole Buffy's day thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, she goes to the mansion of the undead and finds Angel all still all growly and chained up. She says his name and asks if he can understand her. She goes to touch him, and that goes over about as well as it did when she touched Faith by uh, in exactly the same spot and surprised her. For those keeping score of Faith equals Angel... Um, <laughs> <laughs> And he lunges and snarls at her. Uh, He's still growling as Buffy runs out, and we get a shot of the chains looped over the bracket or whatever that is. And uh, so we know that that's going to give out at some point. Buffy should really feel more optimistic about Angel, though. He put on pants and shoes. Yes. So he's wearing more clothes. Monsters don't wear pants. more civilized. Yes. (laughs) Naked monsters don't go put on pants or shoes. Yes. And and the way that he lunges and growls and and cowers... Mm -hmm. Makes me think this wasn't just torment. This was somebody tormenting him yes. actively. Yes. This wasn't just like random hell where things are horrible. This was like, you know, how he gets tortured in the doppelgangland. Well, I, um, yeah. Well, I was thinking more like um, Sam on supernatural torture hell. Yeah. Something like that. Like it's or or something similar to the uh, the hell dimension of the Wolfram and Hart oh, the burning of dude. thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh well, I was thinking the burning the, guy, the the guy with Skip is guarding, who's burning in the thing. Oh, yeah, well, there's that, yeah. Or, or you know, the guy who every day has to go into the cellar and get his heart cut out. Yeah. Um, but held. I mean, it it seems it seems like, I mean, Connor comes back from us at least a similar one, if not the same uh-huh. one. We have no idea. Yeah. Wearing like animal skins and shit. Yeah, like <laughs> so. it's it's kind of the the. <sighs> Yeah, it's like a big warrior test kind of thing. Yeah. Because Angel also comes back doing, like, spells. Like, he starts, to, he's doing magic these yeah. days. And, you know, he was there for hundreds of years. So maybe he started out doing okay. And yeah. then just maybe he got caught somewhere or maybe fighting yeah. his way out. Like, well, Dean fights his way out of purgatory. Well, because Connor was only in there for, what, 15 years. And he's a fucking asshole. So. Yeah. <laughs> and true. a sociopath. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, we, we don't know what Angel went through, but, I mean, the way he reacts right here makes me think that for at least the last while he was there, he was being harmed Yeah, and it, it could have been what he had to do to other things and people and stuff, too. If Even yeah. if he was a predator, he'd be pretty fucking jumpy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't go necessarily for her initially. It's a lunge away and then yeah. snarl. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's, it's well, it's the same kind of he. Well, he snaps at her. It's uh-huh. I mean, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, she touches yeah. him in exactly the same spot. She touches Faith and gets uh-huh. almost exactly the same reaction. It's true. <laughs> it's, I mean, she jumps away this time because Faith just punched her. But uh-huh. like, yeah. she's like she's she's better at jumping back this time because she already mm-hmm. had that reaction. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it just reminds me of like a whip dog, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah. he, he also, I mean. It's called the wild. He might have gone into full predator mode too. Yeah, he could have just been ripping and tearing and killing this whole time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at school, or maybe maybe he had to pass through a bunch of hell dimensions to get back. Yeah, true. Maybe he was, and he started in one, and he just had to. I, know, I wish we knew his... more about this. They, I wish they'd written a little bit more about I this. Know. And no, don't tell me that the comics did it because they're fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I mean, I, you know, I wish we knew mm-hmm. more about this from yeah. the, the actual writers of the actual show that were working together at the time. That would mm-hmm. be so awesome. But, yeah, it would. Yeah. But it's just enough to know I'm, that... I'm hoping that we'll find more evidence of something. Yeah. But I don't know if we will. No, I, but I, I don't But I, I picture it like Connor and Holt's... Um, yeah, I could see that. Mention. I could see that. It's just... It, it, and it, it allows us to have Angel joke about it later. Yes. Which is nice. And we also get the, the seemingly throwaway line from it, from Giles about what an extraordinary person Angel yes, is. Yep. Yeah. Because he's already wearing pants and shoes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was barefoot the last time we saw him. Yes. So he has figured yes. out. Well, he has figured out. He must have gotten D- the shoes. Don't overthink it. It's the docks. It's the docks. Yeah. No. Don't think no, about it. <laughs> but Buffy scattered all that stuff. I mean, he, he was sitting That's sitting true. Yeah, she, up and he probably she might have like, put clothes next to him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he tied them. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're tied. Because okay. I think if you look up, the, the tongue is kind of sticking up on oh, Okay. There. So he just managed yeah, to Yeah. I think on. he just put his shoes on. Yeah. But okay. he knew where they went. Yes, that's true. Such huge progress. He didn't put them on his hands. <laughs> like a doggy. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cute. <laughs> I know. Woof, woof. <laughs> Back at school, Pete hasn't gotten any more appealing. <laughs> now he's whining because he wants to fool around with Debbie and she has to go meet someone. His attempts at woo- wooing include, come on, just for a minute, and so you'll be late but happy. After a minute... Dude. <laughs> Xander had a better line than that. <laughs> yeah, but Cordy's yeah. not stupid. Yeah. And he's dragging her through a red door, might a I add. Minute. <laughs> she probably says, so, that's minutes plenty. Yeah. Oh, she fakes. You know she fakes. Yeah, well, but she's yeah, dumb. Uh, but, uh, of course, Debbie giggles like an airhead and agrees, and he pulls her into the gar- gardening storage room, storage something. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Uh, they kiss utility something. Yeah, it's yeah. like gardening stuff in it. Yeah, uh, they kiss and there's a very glowy something in a mason jar. Uh, Debbie has some objections to something he wants to do, and he asks what's wrong with her today. Well, she's stupid and she likes you, Pete. Oh, rhetorical question. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Debbie was trying to keep Pete away from the glowing stuff because he's noticed it now, and he's asking her if she drank it. Debbie says that she didn't. <laughs> so weird uh <laughs> buffy pops in for her two, th- two o'clock therapy appointment and will forgive her for not noticing that mr platt is already extremely dead because he didn't turn around during her first uh, appointment either buffy even tells him not to turn around she's very nervous but she pushes ahead telling him that he's the only one she can tell about what's going on though it's probably going to convince him that she's loony bin material she even calls out by name the friends that she cannot tell about what's going on mm-hmm Giles being among them. Yeah. And uh, because we know she's been committed before, this is really, really brave of her. Oh, yeah. Buffy says she needs help and breaks my heart. It's amazing (laughs) Mm -hmm. in this scene. 
She's so desperate and scared. She steps forward and then she sees that Mr. Platt's cigarette has burned all the way down to the filter, leaving a column of undisturbed ash. She man she uh, sees how his face has been mangled and she knows it wasn't Oz since it happened, you know, during the day. And she says he's come back. So she this this okay, this shows how clouded Buffy's judgment is. They can't be Oz or Angel Buffy because Mr. Platt was killed in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> he's changed his clothes from the previous day, so nobody got him last night before he could go home. And but before Buffy is is so rattled and her judgment is so clouded that not even her slayer CSI is working. Yeah. Do you seriously think this is Angel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Poor Buffy. Yeah, I mean, she, she certainly seems to, yes. I'm, I'm just I saying, mean, Kendra called that one so hard that, that, uh-huh. that Angel clouds Buffy's judgment. Yes. She was so right on the money with that. In such a big yeah. way. I understand <laughs> why. Uh-huh. But still, the Slayer CSI is just wandering off <laughs> right now. It was working great earlier, but it's like, yeah. no, I'm out. See you later. Well, it's, it's going to go join Giles with his books at his house. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. In the gardening supply room or whatever it is, Pete is still pissed about his little glowy potion. Debbie admits that she was trying to get rid of it, and she probably could have just thrown away the whole jar, I think. It's not like Pete is bright enough to put the pieces together <laughs> if the whole thing is gone. With charcoal. <laughs> oh, with charcoal. <laughs> Say that the dude who cleans up the room probably threw it at her, yeah. you know. Yeah. Was, yeah, but I, it could have been the groundskeeper, Pete. It's obviously is his place in well, here. Well, knowing this kind of of drama trauma based relationship she wanted him to know that she poured it out yes yeah yeah yes uh and i think that's demonstrated later Mm -hmm. when she has a good chance to get away and she runs right back into the same place uh he's offended that she was trying to get rid of it and she says she was trying to help him because of the way he gets now he's pissed because how dare she think that the glowing potion affects him in any way. He says nothing happens when he drinks it because he's way past needing it. And why be pissed that there's less of it when it doesn't do anything? They're stupid. They're stupid people. <laughs> I, and I, I don't know if we're supposed to be thinking they're stupid or if we're supposed to be feeling for them. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. But they're just, they, they're they just are... too dumb. Well, we're supposed... Okay, we're supposed to hate... Pete. Yes. Because he's he's a homophobe. He's a fuck face. Yes. He made this kind of fun of Scott's mom, which is yeah. just the cardinal sin, uh-huh. no matter who it's fucking doing it. Yeah. And But Debbie, and I think we're supposed to hate Debbie too, because she was laughing along with Scott's, or Pete's jokes, sorry, Pete's jokes the whole time, mm-hmm. laughing and laughing and laughing, and oh, he's so funny. He, 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 he. Right. And that that's, I mean, not in the I'm being abused and I have some kind of Stockholm kind of thing going on, but like, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is, I mean, I think this is an abusive relationship. I mean, I, I kind of postulated after we watched the episode that we're showing what an actual abusive relationship looks like. Sure. You know, because we have all these quasi abusive relationships mm-hmm. going on. We have a lot of things that aren't quite right and things that are uncomfortable, but the show wants to make, make explicit in this universe what a, an actually abusive relationship looks like. Yeah. And it not only involves the abuser, the outright abuser, but the one who, I mean, there's codependency and stuff. I hate to pathologize this too much or analyze it too much because it's just kind of a weird scene. Um, you know, but she is feeding into his drama and getting off on it. Yes, yes. Just as much as he is enjoying abusing her. Yes. 
And so, it, to me, they're both the monsters. You know, it's it's yeah. the two of these that make a monster. Well, because it, it really... All it would have taken for us to hate Pete and like Debbie is for her to not laugh at his jokes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It would have been easy. But they made that decision to have her laugh at his jokes mm -hmm. because we're supposed to see her as an asshole too, I think. Yeah. And she's being condescending towards Buffy. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I see her as being part of the problem and, and, and she shoots Giles. Yeah. She just did the pushing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. And then insists that it's a real gun when it's obviously. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like, she's kind of an extension of the abusive thing. And they're know? both stupid. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah and rude yes eat the rude free range rude <laughs> i'm gonna send hannibal their number <clears throat> no uh pete starts breaking jars and says uh, she could destroy his whole, destroy his whole supply and that wouldn't stop him it still doesn't explain why he would give a shit if more of it was gone but whatever he grabs her and tells her uh how, that she enrages him so much all he needs is uh her and her stupid grating voice and he can turn into a scary monster he demonstrates this by turning into a scary monster uh he says that it's all her fault because she wanted a real man or something and so he started creating formulas and now here we are uh i can only guess that drinking this shit has made him stupid <laughs> Because even with the Hellmouth, there's no way Pete, as we know him now, could have rubbed together enough brain cells to boil water. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be in a, a, a steroid. And, and I think uh, yeah, it, it affected him on a big level. I, mean, I do think it made him kind of stupid. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my my headcanon is that he was more like Scott Hope. Yeah. I think, I think like he was. kind of science dude. He tried to, he sold himself out for the sake of the girl, and now he's mad at her because she turned him into the monster that he is. Right. And he's also stupid. Well, I mean, yeah. he, it doesn't seem like he was, but what Buffy says at the end, it doesn't sound like he was ever a nice guy. I I'm not sure how much we trust Buffy. Don't trust Buffy for this. But <laughs> um, if Buffy's telling the truth, uh, when Cordy asks what caused this whole thing, um, then he would be some kind of sociopath or something. Mm -hmm. um, if Buffy doesn't know or she, or she was just joking or something, then that's a whole other deal. He's just a normal guy and his brain was affected by the shit. Right. We'll never know. Yeah. I don't know. I no, have no idea. We, we don't know. We just know that this is a guy who thinks that he became more of a man for his girlfriend, maybe compensating for something. Maybe the, maybe this is the I turn myself straight for you kind of thing. Maybe it's a... Well, the most homophobic, homophobic people are the ones who are... Um, yes, typically. Yes. Overcompensating. Yes. Uh-huh. As Larry demonstrated very clearly. Yeah. You know, so it's... It is... Uh, I mean, it, it's the show's opinion that those who are homophobic are like larry in our closeted gay mm -hmm. or as he was yeah so that would tell us something yeah so if this is this was his version of gay reassignment surgery or whatever it's called gay something not reassignment that's the trans uh brainwashing and zapping of the testicles yeah, that yeah, one yeah that one yeah. the conversion yes. yes the gay conversion therapy oh i'm sorry you mean torture that would be torture yes, yes. The torture, torture, inhumane <laughs> treatment of people yes. who are human and people. Um, God. Anyway, because so, because when Jesus said to love everyone, that's not what he meant. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> he meant to love everyone except well, for what, some people. What about the queers and the non-Christians and the slayers? <laughs> exactly. I love that that comic where he has that, and someone says, "Yeah, well, what about these people?" Like, Did I fucking stutter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the blah blah blah. blah. Said Jesus never. I yeah. Like that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like it's, 
so maybe this is kind of our commentary on, you know, if you make yourself straight for somebody, if you make yourself a certain way for somebody, you turn into a monster. If you go from a nerd who I can actually do science to a Cro-Magnon idiot, then mm -hmm. it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and she's not going to appreciate it anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't quite, I think we're supposed to, I think it's a Rorschach. I think this relationship is a Rorschach. I think the whole episode kind of is. Yeah. It's, it's, you kind of come to it with whatever part of your life that you're working through at the time, like, like a lot of this show is. Yes. And so, you know, if you are, if you're dealing with abuse, you get to kind of deal with the abuse and see how to get out. Maybe it shouldn't be such an enabler. And if you are, you know, dealing with queer stuff as we are looking at this show now, um, partly because it's a conversation that doesn't get had a lot. Oh yeah, everybody missed this. Yeah, I've, I've, missed I've listened to how many other podcths where they're like, "No, Faith and Buffy are just friends." Yeah, they just be like, "It doesn't matter." It's just draw a heart. <laughs> she's just looking at her boobs because boobs are boobs. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's not looking at her boobs at all. She yeah. drew a heart because it has a stake in it. It's a yeah. Slayer heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It why don't, why don't you go drink some of that antifreeze that's in a jar? <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. They, I think they just cracked open a glow stick. <laughs> it's pretty low budget looking, but it still looks cool. Yeah, it looks very that, cool. That's where our, our toxic heteronormatini yes. comes from. Because it's, it's an apple tea. It looks pretty good. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it does. It's not glowing, but it's close. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. pretty fluorescent and it's very, uh, very secure in yes. its manliness. Yes. <laughs> very secure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it is a Rorschach to a certain degree, as, as is Giles's stuff and everyone being checked out and and what you know the reading of the call of the wild mm -hmm. you know so yeah and I'm, I'm not currently going through anything so i'm gonna just go with their fucking yeah, stupid I, I am, <laughs> maybe that's why we're seeing this so differently because we are both not going through anything at this time we are just I mean, watching this what, to analyze what am it for I the go through? i'm totally indifferent to everything <laughs> <laughs> weirdly me too I, I have I give so few fucks right now. Like, I went through them all the other day and I looked at it and I had like I don't know where I got it from but like a, almost like a roll of tape sticking to my leg. I think it was like on a box that I brushed up against during the mall walk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh. like <laughs> so no, and no. what? Yeah. <laughs> my life is one big meh. Yeah. Uh Pete accuses Debbie of paying him back by whoring around with other guys and taunting them. No, he's only slightly less, less charming in monster form. Uh, she insists that she doesn't even look at other guys, and he hits her hard enough to knock her to the floor. Then he asks her if Mr. Platt taught her how to share and communicate and piss him off, and he punches her again. Then, of course, he says he killed Mr. Platt because all the other suspects don't really go out in the daytime. <laughs> just to kill gay people well the, the angels gonna kill him real quicker yeah <laughs> well angel does have a problem with people who don't like him. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. angel is a crusader of the queers he's extremely comfortable with sexuality he doesn't even Very. mind he doesn't even mind another man calling him angel cakes no he's fine with it <laughs> he's totally fine like, with it lauren like bold-faced flirts with him oh yeah all the time and he's just like yeah <laughs> okay well, similar to Oz, he recognizes the relationship between Buffy and Faith. Sure does. Yes, Just like does. Oz recognizes the relationship between Willow and Tara without having to do any analysis. Yep. Just like like our first all men are beasts theory that comes from Buffy. You know, I'm not jumping. I took a tiny step and their conclusions <laughs> were. Their conclusions were. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we, I mean, and, and 
we should look at that episode quite a bit for references from this one because seriously, uh-huh. that was that was what Buffy thought before she was convinced by her friends that everything she thought was wrong. Yes, at least to them, she already knows. Yeah. she knows she's okay, but to them, she has to pretend to be this other thing. But mm-hmm. that was Buffy in her like her real thoughts <laughs> and yes. real feelings because she hadn't been beaten down yet. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh. Pete screams at her that he's all she's got now. Quite the textbook abuser, I have to say. Debbie nods in understanding, and Pete pulls another trick that abusers utilize. Dee wants drink and acting all horrified at what he's just done. Uh, of course, included in his supposed remorse is the warning that it's all her fault. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because she made him mad, and she knows she shouldn't do that. Only you can make me this crazy, baby. <laughs> That's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he asks if she's okay, and she comforts him. Well, yes, that's how this kind of thing goes. Uh, also, how much do we wish Buffy had been here for this conversation? Oh, her, she, she would have rolled her eyes so hard she would have knocked herself out. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like it would have saved her some trouble after a certain human future boyfriend started th- saying the same kinds of things. Yeah. Shut up, Riley. <laughs> right? <laughs> the Riley episodes are going to be so long. <laughs> Just- <laughs> in the library God. Giles is uh, <laughs> in the library Giles is telling the gang that Mr. Platt was pureed gross hey Faith <laughs> hey they remember the Faith is a person who is alive in the world yeah wearing animal print and being all yeah, Amazonian you know, awesome yeah. stuff. it's actually more probable that she just showed up for her wolf sitting shift and they decided to talk while she was there but we'll take it <laughs> totally <laughs> See, she's prompt when she knows uh-huh. that she's wanted in a group. Yes. I hope they have donuts still. <laughs> oh, they're all stale. Everyone forgot about them. I like Faith gives a well, fuck about she, that. Yeah. Faith just gets some coffee, dunk them in. Yeah, totally like, yeah, she's fine. I mean, she doesn't care if, if they're willow shame donuts. No. Why would you? <laughs> they're tasty, just donuts. Don't take stuff shame. out of yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take shit out of the poor little donuts. They didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Giles says that the coroner concluded that Mr. Platt was killed a short time before Buffy's appointment. And boom. Faith Slayer CSI is in full working order because she immediately picks up on the most important part of this, that he was killed during the day, meaning it wasn't vampires, or, as Willow observes happily, the Oz Wolf. Buffy still doesn't look happy, but says she's glad Oz isn't a suspect anymore. Buffy, listen to your potential girlfriend. Killed during the day means not a vampire, <laughs> which means not angel. <laughs> uh, speaking of it's Oz... It's catching up. It's, it's seeping in. She just yeah. Her judgment is just clouds just nothing yeah. but clouds in there. i mean she she's had she, oh i know yeah. i i totally know but this is why she needs to go over and be like faith i'm really fucked up right now can you yeah, help yeah, me totally, yeah. can you help me get yeah, home well, and, and like, she, yeah she tries to do it with with the, the therapist but, right and then the therapist so like she reaches out she's like okay i'm just gonna get my shit together i'm gonna reach out to somebody i'll get some help right he's been pureed right and then you know so she's she's like been knocked into a different time zone she's yes. just been sucker punched yes. into about three hours ago yes and she'll be here in a minute. Yes, ex- exactly. <laughs> but luckily, Faith is there to kind of hold her spot. Yeah. <laughs> like Faith is just going to hold the Slayer spot till Buffy gets there, and then they can both be in the Slayer yeah. spot. It's like, I got it. Yeah. I will keep up with the Slayer CSI. Well, you just regroup over there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of Oz, Giles is worried that it's 530 and Oz still hasn't reported for caging. <laughs> this is kind of irresponsible, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Oz is outside waiting for Debbie's dumbass. Uh, he does seem to be walking towards the library when Debbie runs up, apologizing, you know, barely for being late. But Oz, 
<laughs> giving Debbie your notes from biology doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. If you're going to turn into go, a wolf. Go to the library, hand them to Willow, who was privy to the conversation, and right. say, would you go make sure Debbie gets these? Exactly. <laughs> or just leave them on the table in the fucking library. <laughs> like, if Debbie comes yeah. in, give her those fucking things. Don't let her look at the cage. Like, yeah. that's all you need to do. <laughs> or give them to her tomorrow. Her dumbass can wait until tomorrow for her, her biology notes. Yeah. What's she going to learn overnight? Her locker combo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably how long it'll take. <laughs> she asks if he brought the biology notes because, of course, she would inconvenience someone who is doing her a favor. He hands her the notes and notices that she's clearly been beaten around the face. She starts to attempt the age-old I'm clumsy and fell down some stairs or get hit by a bike or car or passing rhinoceros or something. <laughs> uh, excuse, which Oz isn't buying. He asks skeptically if she fell, and she says it was a doorknob at eye level. That happens all the time. <laughs> Snart, shall we tell the gentle listeners your oh, actual God. violent doorknob story? I... I had a problem with doorknobs when I was younger. Okay, I have, as 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 our our neurophysiologist father would say, I have proprioceptive issues. The, the fancy way of saying I don't know where my body is in space most of the time. Well, the biggest problem was you had really really long hair. I had re yes. So well, it it started. I mean, it started with me getting bonked in the head all the time. Sure. And the parents thought that everyone was going to think that they abused me because I always had bruises about the side of the face yes. for running into a doorknob. I kind of outgrew this. It turned into just I busted watches on regular because I'd run into doorknobs with my watch. That I did too. Yes. And then there was one time I was I was playing Chasey Chasey <laughs> with, with some friends. We were all goofing off and chasing about. And I went running down the hallway past the open hallway door that went towards you know kind of the way that i went and i had hair a little past my knees at the time and it snagged on the door <laughs> it snagged on the, on the doorknob and i flew fully fully horizontal like fully horizontal <laughs> parallel to yeah. the ground probably nine feet <laughs> like i i this was the beginning of a long hallway that had like a full-size bedroom another half bedroom and then my room at the end and then on the other side there were two bathrooms next to each other and i landed with my feet <laughs> oh my god are you okay <laughs> i landed with my feet inside my bedroom <laughs> wind knocked out of me took me forever to get up and i get up it was hilarious i get up and my friend is holding this lock of my hair <laughs> that got snagged on the doorknob and he's laughing so hard he can't breathe like, like tears are just coming down his face <laughs> because it was hilarious oh it hurt like a bitch but it's funny as hell <laughs> That patch of hair never grew in right. It still is kind of weird and oh, kinky. Oh, sure. Because it was pulled yeah, out like, great, I think I lost great velocity and force. <laughs> yes. It was pulled out. <laughs> it was a violent of, extraction. Like, it grew in like white and then blonde for a little while. And then it was kind of reddish. And now it's back to kind of the brunette. I don't doubt but, it. But like... <laughs> Yeah, so I I, I I feel the doorknob issue. I do. Yes. Yes. Though it, though it did not hit you directly in the eye if you were a yes, human. Yes, weirdly, doorknobs don't um, don't typically do that. They don't punch. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably the clumsiest person I know. If you have watched Scrubs, Mandy Moore's character, I'm about like that. Chick can't do anything. Yeah, close. Yeah. I have never gotten a black eye from a doorknob. Right, because of the height difference. Yes baseball like, there are sure. a lot of better excuses yeah yes baseball rhinoceros rhinoceros yes, yes. uh 
I did get kind of a shiner from a rear view mirror on a door on a car because of ice. Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Doorknob, not so much. Right. Really awkward positioning. Yes. Like, I think your skull would have some issues if you ran that hard into a doorknob. You'd have to be bending down and you'd yeah. have to be bending down and also pressing your face against the door. Right when someone that. opened well, it. Yeah. Anyway, it, I, it, you can strike me as corrected if you've gotten a shiner from from a doorknob. We don't believe you. <laughs> you we we just hate your boyfriend. <laughs> girlfriend yeah yeah no shit but yeah i i'm i'm there are weird ways to get shiners i understand but yes doorknob least likely yes especially when somebody already suspects that you're lying yes. to... it's it's it the most probable one in high school is that someone was putting their backpack on and elbowed you in the face right exactly yeah. <laughs> like oh buffy the vampire slayer hit me in the eye like something like that would be yeah <laughs> Cor- I got slayer I, hello uh cordy did it i, I snuck up on somebody I tickled my cousin. Yeah, there are tons of bitches at that school. Cordy Harmony, like any of those. The Cordy uh-huh. Harmony, blah, blah, yeah. blah. One of the cordettes hit me in my yeah. face. Yeah, hit, hit or just were like adjusting their backpack yep. and did, threw like a chicken wing or... Gym yeah. class that day. Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Debbie thanks Oz and tries to leave, but he stops her by touching her shoulder, which is most definitely noticed by Pete, who is stalking them. Because of course he is. Oz offers to listen if she wants to talk, and Debbie thanks him again and walks off, and Oz takes another look at the setting sun and leaves for the library. In that very library, Giles is trying to figure out what kind of monster they're dealing with. He says it's clearly a depraved, sadistic animal. Oz reports that his depraved, sadistic animal self is ready for caging (laughs) and calls himself a cold-blooded jelly donut. (laughs) And that's why we got jelly donuts. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And Faith is like, you got donuts this morning? God damn it. (laughs) Willow tells him excitedly that he's no longer a suspect because it's a kill-in-the-day monster. Oz is relieved and Buffy is still sad. Buffy! It's not... Never mind. She's a time zone away. She's getting there. We're coming. I'll wait a little longer. Wait for it. Can you just talk to Faith once in a while? Just a little bit? It would save you so much trouble and she could remind you that Angel is a vampire. (laughs) I thought you said he was a vampire. Well, he is. Okay, well, he's fine. Giles says that they need to figure out um, if the two victims had anything in common. Faith snarks that they were both missing internal organs. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oz says that Debbie is the common thread since Jeff was in jazz band and they used to horse around. Faith asks if this means they were fucking. And everyone looks at her like she's crazy, so welcome to Mayberry, Faith. <laughs> Honestly, this would have been my assumption as well. Right? Yes. I mean, clearly, Oz mentioned this because he was thinking there was just some kind of... A, a, like jealousy or a reason for Jeff getting killed. And uh, what Oz reports, um, hiding her music comp book once isn't exactly a good motive. Yeah. Like, then, now like I would, I mean, Faith was absolutely, absolutely right to assume there was something actually going on with them. Yes. <laughs> well, and now I'm kind of drawing that connection with Oz again. Because Oz was in, not in jazz band this year. Yeah, true. But he was last year. True. And he doesn't have a good reason. Yeah. Because he just made up bullshit for his reason. Bad breakup? Oh, maybe. With the dude? Yeah. So maybe Faith was right on the money with the fucking part and just had the people wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. She does no shit. Mm-hmm. And the whole, that whole exchange is weird. Well, yeah, well, and that would make sense why Oz beards over why he's not in jazz band again. Mm-hmm. 
because he doesn't know his friend is dead yet. He doesn't want it to get back to him that he's not in jazz band because the because he's dating someone new and the guy he broke up with is in the band. So right. you know, like maybe just yeah, hmm. make a joke. Yeah, like he does. Yeah, I mean it, it, that would make so much more sp- sense than hiding the music comp book. I am yeah. so with faith on this. Like, yeah. No, totally. There has to be something going on. It can't just I, be that. It I, has to be sex or something, right? I think it's. I think it's homophobia. Yeah. You know, and then, so the three. Let's the three people that Pete goes after, uh, are gay. Yeah. Or queer. Queer. Yeah. I mean, he does some yelly screaming at Oz, but then we're in the mid nineties with subtext, so mm-hmm. we can't really believe anything. Yeah, people and, say. and saying that he doesn't want him near his girlfriend, and. Yeah. But in the whole thing, he doesn't insult Oz even as much as he insults Debbie because he keeps calling Debbie a whore and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But that's that's in the abuser handbook. Oh yeah, but I, but yeah. what I mean is that he doesn't even really have an offense to charge. Oh yeah, that's Oz true. With. Yeah, he, he just, just yeah he thinks that Debbie's just like a running hoe, and she thinks that and he she's going to seduce everybody. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe he misinterprets all the gay guys around Debbie as trying to fuck her. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, the touch with Oz is pretty platonic, and I know we're supposed to see it that way. Like, oh yeah, there's no way of misconstruing. Yeah, Pete's a crazy person. Yeah, no, know? he's totally crazy. He's a crazy stalker. He's he's a little and jealousy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it would. But he, but Pete's. So, I mean, Pete's so stupid at this point. He might not even know what a homosexual is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might not even know that that means you don't like girls or something. Yeah, well, but I mean, then, but, but Oz, but, you know, but the Oz joke is about a, the earring in the dream journal, though, right? Well, yeah. but, uh, but I mean, he's just probably reciting. He's so stupid. Yeah. He's really stupid. Yeah. But, but I mean, Oz would be dangerous because he likes girls, obviously, too. And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I, I mean, know. it's I just can't even... subtext. People are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that, terrible people. But, you know, if, if Oz, Oz beards over that jazz band thing pretty smoothly and it's weird. I can't even tell if he's still, if, figure if he's telling the truth about the music comp book. Because mm. that is a ridiculous story. It is. Hiding a mu- uh, her music comp book once. After making a big deal about how they all just improvise anyway. Right. Yeah. And that would have been last the last year, right? Last year, not this year. Maybe instead the actual story is, because everyone's lying in this episode. This is just like lie to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe the actual story is he came out to her. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. But... Buffy mentions that Debbie was seeing Mr. Platt as well and that she didn't like him very much. Oz tells them about Debbie and her doorknob-related black eye. Willow thinks that Debbie killed Mr. Platt and, and his attempts, attempts to fight her off caused the black eye. And that's just ridiculous since Willow. they haven't even established whether Debbie is a monster or not. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Debbie of all people? Like, that's your first suspect? I know, seriously. <laughs> what? Yeah she, yeah, she had an appointment with him and killed him. That's not, yeah, that's, yeah. That's not suspicious Perfect at all. <laughs> Buffy agrees with us, uh, but only because Mr. Platt obviously didn't fight back, as evidenced by his undisturbed cigarette ash. Hey, a little Slayer CSI is coming back. <laughs> Probably helps have Faith sitting like there so Buffy can recharge off of her. <laughs> yeah, totally. But as we'll see in later episodes, even Faith can't clear Buffy's angel-related judgment clouds, even though she will try. Buffy guesses that Pete is the culprit. Hey, being around Faith really helps. <laughs> Giles likes the idea better and and, uh, and says that you need to round the couple up. Oz says Debbie was in the quad. Giles breaks them up into teams. Him with Faith, Willow, and Buffy together. And I'm still weirded out that he's giving orders. Yay. 
Yeah. Probably for the best since Buffy can't remember the angel is a vampire, but still <laughs> it's weird and noticeable. Yeah. Well, he's, he's trying to get himself into watcher mode again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he, and breaking up of teens is, is decent, but mm-hmm. as we find out later, the better team, if you have to match up a human and a slayer is Faith and Willow. Yeah. They're a great team. There, fantastic team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even that he doesn't get right. The poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and he's. I mean, part of the reason he might be studying up to be a watcher is, like you said, he needs to be a watcher for Faith too. And you know, for to do that, he needs to be more watcher watcher. Yeah, just never executes. Because Buffy's been kind of like a a self parented. You know, she takes care of herself to a certain degree. Like right. she, there are times she could use more coaching, like the Ted thing we talk about. Yeah. But overall, like Buffy is kind of like a self parenting kid. But we don't. Know? But we we don't. I mean, it looked like her first watcher put in a lot of time with her. Yeah. So I think probably. a lot of that is her. She's benefiting from his really hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Like Buffy's Buffy does pretty well on her own. Giles could get a little lazy. Now he's got faith on his hands. He's recognizing things about her that maybe they need to like work on. She hasn't done it. She's yet, still though. kind of. But you know, she has some interesting. She's stuff. just a little rough. Yeah. She's just a little rough. I mean, not recognizing it's in bad. Just mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. Okay, I need to be a watcher again. So he's home. He's yeah. reading through the watcher stuff. He's trying to study up. He's trying to get into the mode. And, and the poor guy is still doing things backwards because the first step is get Faith a nice place to live and some food. And then she will bond with you just like she does with the mayor and everything will be pretty easy. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just, he's just mm-hmm. I mean, even if he is trying that, even if he is trying to become a watcher for both and getting back in the yeah. books for that, he's still doing it wrong. Well, I Gwendolyn mean, Post dude. isn't interested in getting her a different living quarters either. No, but she does actually go and look at them yeah. and then tell Faith that, that she should enjoy it because she's a Spartan warrior, mm-hmm. which kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> and if Faith was like, hey, do you have any food for, you know, food or anything? She'd be like, yes, eat all the food because you must eat food so you can be strong and kill things. Yes. Right. Um, as they're all leaving, Oz resigns himself to being locked in the cage and unable to help. And Faith shoots a look over her shoulder right at Buffy, probably checking to see where those clouds are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy and Willow find Debbie in a, in the bathroom applying makeup to her blackened eye. Buffy has spent a little time with Faith and is tired of pretending to be a stereotypically submissive straight chick, so she tells Debbie that the best way to take care of a shiner is not to get one in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy asks Debbie what the fuck is going on, but Debbie says she doesn't know anything at all. I'd say she, she's playing dumb, but yeah, whatever. Uh... Buffy's so done. <laughs> she tells Debbie that since people are dying, she doesn't get to pretend that she doesn't know what's up. And Debbie goes with, it's not his fault. Hey, hey, Debbie, did you know that Buffy once shoved a cross into a vampire's mouth and held it shut? <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that. <laughs> Buffy concludes naturally that, she's ta- that Debbie's talking about Pete. And Debbie says that she herself is the one who makes him crazy because gaslighting is kind of a terrible thing. By the way, I don't call Debbie stupid because she's being abused. I call her stupid because she liked Pete's normal self. (laughs) And Pete's normal self is a stupid asshole. Yes. (laughs) Debbie says that Pete does horrible things because of how much he loves her. Buffy, did you hear that? If you ever ask a guy why he's acting like a crazy violent ass face and he says, because I'm so in love with you, I can't think straight, you should run away. Immediately. Foreshadowing walks out of a bathroom stall and washes its hands. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, I'm just going to call out, if you look behind Buffy's head, 
Oh yeah, right this before is, they yeah, leave the bathroom. Yeah, this is awesome. It was there, a great fight. there is a poster that says most women aren't attracted to dead guys. <laughs> I don't know where they found it. I don't know what it is. That's awesome. I have no idea. It's right by Buffy's face, but it's like the best. It's like <laughs> Buffy's head poster. <laughs> it's just right there. Oh, it's so funny. So great. <laughs> They might as well put comma Buffy. <laughs> yeah, and you, I don't know if they ever thought anyone would read it. They probably just put it there for their own giggle. But yes. yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> hearing uh, hearing Debbie's bullshit, Buffy rolls her eyes rather men magnificently, and Willow asks about uh, how Jeff and Mister Platt were killed by an animal. Buffy says awesomely. Pete's not like other guys, is he, Debbie? <laughs> that's, that's actually from the Buffy movie. <laughs> yes. Pike makes an observation about Buffy. <laughs> uh, Debbie tries to leave, even though she is now fully aware her boyfriend is killing people she knows. Buffy tells her that they can't help her unless they know where Pete is, and Debbie insists that she didn't ask for their help. Uh, Willow points out that if Pete kills Debbie, it will be way too late to ask for help. <laughs> that, that's fine, actually. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Debbie doesn't give a shit about the other people he killed, including the one person Buffy trusted enough to ask for help. So, um, fuck her. Mm-hmm. Fuck her, fuck her, fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think at this point, we are supposed to be drawing some parallels between her and Lily. But yeah. But in the comparison way of like... You know, Lily was able to get out of an abusive situation when she was in Sunnydale, you know, once she realized that the Vampire Club was not good. Right. Yeah. And then she got herself into a very codependent relationship with Ricky and was able to get herself out Mm -hmm. and even adopt a new name and move on after this kind of confrontation where Buffy, you know, just kind of had to say, shit, you know, just snap out of it. Well, and, uh, and, and, um, and she started out with a shitty home life Uh too. Yeah, and, and she ran away, and you know, and she's even saying, "I'm in hell. I deserve to be here." And Buffy's like, "Yeah, let's go." Okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. She's like, yeah. "Okay." <laughs> yeah, and and this is one of those situations where Buffy's trying to do pretty much the same thing. This girl's in a living hell of her own making, yep. and saying, "I deserve to be here. I have to be here." And Buffy's like, "Please, girl." And she's like, "No, no, I'm just going to die here." Mm-hmm. And I think we're supposed to be thinking of Lily just a little bit because of something with well, Angel and- too. And Lily, Chanterelle Ann, yeah. uh, uh, she didn't try to take other people with her. <laughs> That's true. No, she didn't. So, she I mean, really is a nice it's, person. It's a, it's a contrasting comparison. Right. It's, not a, it's not a similarity. Exactly. And I, well, I think that that's why it is. Because I think mm-hmm. they're telling us that people like, like Lily, Chanterelle Ann uh, are the kind nice of monsters people that want in to a change. shitty situation. Yeah, like I mean, like it's, Faith. Faith is a nice yeah. person in a shitty what? situation. So is... And they're both, because of their background, everything got all fucked up, and mm-hmm. they, they have a hard time finding the, the moral stuff to grab onto because they weren't raised that way. But then you got Debbie, yeah. who not only is fine with all of this, she's fine with Pete killing all these people and killing more people. And that's, this is uh, this is the same thing Giles was saying. They're the, these, you know, right. Buffy and Chanterelle and all those, they are the monsters who want to change and who can change. Yes. The human side of it. Right. The ones and who then, want redemption. Yes. Yeah. The want redemption. And then there's the Debbies who just Debbie don't. and Pete. They're, um, yeah. they're like the, <laughs> like the Bonnie and Clyde, the kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't care. No, she doesn't care no. at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. And yeah. And, and, uh, also stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bad combo. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Buffy tells Debbie again that they're running short on time. 
Also running short on time is that bracket that's keeping Angel chained up in the mansion of the undead. And I have to say, <laughs> Angel must have found a gym in that hell dimension. Props to David Boreanaz. He looks like he's put on about 20 pounds of muscle. Dude, he's ripped. He's huge. Oh he's a big dude. Yeah. I don't know if he hit like a testosterone spike <laughs> in his mid-20s or what. He filled out or something. Because yeah. he had like the skinny neck when he was first. And he's big. Yeah. Big dude. He's looking good. I just don't know how Bucky <laughs> carried his ass. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But it's a funny mental image. Whatever. This is fine. Well, she'd have to go through the woods, too. Maybe she, she, maybe she wrapped him in a carpet and didn't tell Faith what was in there. And then the Faith came up, can you help me move this carpet? And Faith's like, sure. In a freezer. <laughs> Thanks. Anytime. <laughs> Unrolls the carpet. <laughs> Angel, after he gets all his, his shit back together, he's like, "Did Spike buy this? Yeah, where did this rug come from? Doesn't go with anything. What a what strange the, rug. What it's, the fuck? It's so weird. Did I see this at Buffy's house? <laughs> <laughs> totally. This is in the library. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, as the camera from earlier told us, he would. He rips the bracket off the wall and takes off. Buffy asks yet again where they can find Pete, and Debbie says again she doesn't know. She really doesn't care if he's killing people at all. Nope. Yeah. Buffy calls Debbie out on being a big lying liar, and Debbie says, what if I am? What are you going to do about it? See? Stupid. Yeah. Everyone, everyone at the school knows Buffy's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. and, and even Willow's like, Oh, no. I love that. Awesome. Yeah, awesomely. Willow is, says, wrong question. <laughs> but all Buffy does is grab Debbie and force her to look at herself in the mirror. Debbie has no idea how lucky she just got because that, that bathroom is perfect for waterboarding. <laughs> yes. And, and Buffy is just one more reason away. She really wants to, like, slam her head in the locker she, over yeah, and over. Yeah, like, she's just... Buffy, she, that thin veil of civility on her is just getting real getting thin. Little, just getting a little... I mean, the, the eye rolls are coming fast and furious, yeah. and that's never a good yeah. sign with Slayers. When no. they start rolling their eyes, just take a few steps back. Yeah. Just back yeah. a little bit. Oh, I know. And hi, Slayer. Would you like some food or something? I, <laughs> I brought you this roast chicken. <laughs> yes. No more eye rolls for you. Eat the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buffy points out that anyone who really loved Debbie couldn't beat her to a pulp like this, and we're just going to accept vampire slayers from that sort of categorization, because punching is how they show that they, they like someone well, and they're happy to see them. Vampire slayers are like Klingons. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That is just foreplay. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but for humans, th we can say this is true. Yes. No punchy punchy. <laughs> Unless you're a vampire slayer. Yes. Uh, Debbie asks if they'll take Pete someplace, what, like to a farm for roided out psychos? <laughs> sure. That's exactly what they'll do. Yes. yes. <laughs> Buffy says they probably will, but she's quickly becoming full slayer with clouded judgment, so she doesn't explain to Debbie that she can't kill humans or do serious harm to them, really, which it's probably, it might have worked. It might not. Yeah. Buffy's full slayer and not giving a fuck right now. Yeah. Give zero fucks Buffy is very, very close. Yeah. <laughs> and this is give zero fucks Buffy with clouded judgment. And it's very, yeah. very scary. <laughs> you better hope she doesn't go off or you need Faith to wrestle her down. Going like yeah. <laughs> Y'all are screwed if that happens. We can really see the contrast between Buffy and Willow here, too. 
Buffy is all eye rolls of frustration, and Willow is looking at Debbie with sympathy. All three of them have beast boyfriends, but Buffy is much more from the school of projection, uh, so this is all in character for everyone, especially with Willow's naive, like, thinking that Debbie's just a victim and no poor baby Uh kind of a thing, I think. Yeah. Buffy sees more what's going on. She's like, oh, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Eye roll, eye roll, eye roll. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, Buffy... When she was, I mean, yeah, I mean, when she was where Debbie is now, and that is people are dying, mm-hmm. it's time. Well, yeah, she, yeah. Killed, she killed Angel, who was a perfectly nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and, you know, got rid of the possibility of Angel, who is right. amazing. Well, and, well, and uh, Angelus, I mean, yeah, Angelus killed Jenny Calendar. Mm-hmm. But from there, Buffy started patrolling and making sure he didn't kill anybody else, really. Yeah. She did her best. She did her absolute best. Mm-hmm. And then when he was actually threatening the world, she went ahead and took care of business. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he and Drew probably got in a couple of victims here and a couple of victims there. Yeah. And maybe this is why Buffy's having projection, too, that she recognizes that part that she was kind of you know, complicit mm-hmm. in. Yeah. But she was trying. She was she trying. She was never saying what he was doing was fine. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think the, as we see in, after Angel comes back and in his own show, having Angel in the world is better the possibility of having angel in the yes. world is is more valuable than the damage done by angelus being here hoping that angel can come back right like and it wasn't just trying to get her boyfriend back it's trying to get a champion back right. this is a warrior that fights on their side right and so working on trying to get him back and figuring out if he can be cured like you really have to run out that clock you yeah. can't just go kill the possibility that you're going to get this champion back right Exactly. You know, like, it's just very similar with Faith. Like, you, you really, you should really run out the clock right. as far as you can. Oh, absolutely. You should, you don't, yeah, you don't actually kill these people. Yeah. I mean, you, vampire you slayers, vampire slayers and, and vampires with souls are precious things. Yeah. There are only a few of them. Yes. So you gotta, you gotta hold off on that. Yeah, like, and... no stabby stabby, <laughs> Buffy. No stabby stabby. <laughs> you have to try to avoid the stabby. Yes. As much as possible. True. Angel kind of had to do the stabby stabby. Faith, well, yeah. no stabby stabby. Because save the world from Angel. And, you know, even then, we, we're lucky to get him back. Right. Um, in in some semblance of, of whole peace. But, I mean, I'm with her that it was the right thing to do to wait until the absolute 11th hour. Yeah, I agree. To kill him. I agree. I mean, I'm, you know, I know she's Despite dealing... the fact that he was killing people. Yeah, and I know she still feels guilty about that because she's uh-huh. talked about that. And But she never, she wasn't like, Debbie saying that everything is fine. No, he's just fine. He's just, he's great. He's yeah. a nice guy. But he's just so messed him. up. No, she was like, this is horrible. And I'm really trying to psych myself up to kill him. Just give me a, I'm trying. Yeah, but, I'm really but trying to do But something in her knew that you, you don't, right. I mean, he will save, if you can get Angel back, he will save more people than he ever killed. Right. Well, and, and the, and honestly, the person who understands that the best is Faith. Yeah. Like Faith is not going to kill Angel ever. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no. And, you uh-huh. know, take the shot. No. No, I'm not going to be doing that. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't you know, think she knew what that arrow was going to do. We'll get there. The what? What? What the arrow was going to do to him? Oh, no, I mean when she comes yeah. when when she comes back from. Uh, oh yeah, I don't mean no, yeah. on Buffy. Okay, I yeah. mean on no, there. I mean eventually on yeah. Angel, like because when she gets out of prison and they're trying to get like, hey, there's a possibility you could just you know kill him, kill him. She's like, no, I'm actually yeah. never going to do that. But thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, you you gotta you gotta she run could. these things down. Unlike the Pete's in the world who. 
it doesn't matter how good he's going to be. He's never going to save enough people to make up for what he does. He's never going to be good. No. Neither like, of them. These, these scales are never going to be balanced. Neither of these people are going to be good enough to do anything. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. yeah, there's no point in running out the clock to see if they turn good. Right. You just got to take him down. And, and, and with Debbie, I mean, she has no desire to make him stop killing nope. people. No. She I won't mean, even tell Buffy where he is. She's and she's of... not even worried that he's going to get killed. She's worried he's going to get sent off somewhere to get probably cured. And she doesn't yeah. want him cured because then he'll go back to being the non-manly man and she won't like him anymore. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he did say he did this for her. Yep. And Well, in his journals at the end, Buffy says they, they match up. Yeah. That's the story in the journals and stuff. Yeah. Or in the lab notebooks. I guess that's what Willow says. I think it's what Willow says. I don't yeah. remember. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uncomfortable. And But she she's going to turn into the kind of spouse who brings him victims. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Debbie says that Pete, she is Pete's everything, which also suggests that she uh, has equal culpability with him. Uh-huh. Yep. And also, because that's what the, he said about him to her, and yes. that's what she's saying. Yes. And echoing and contrasting the I am no one. I am everybody. Yep. I am no one. I am everybody. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Buffy says, great. So uh, you two live out there. Your grim fairy tale. Two people are dead. Who's going to be next? Uh, Oz is in his cage and <laughs> Pete has made the unwise choice to come in and taunt him. <laughs> <laughs> I think Oz should get naked to freak out Pete's homophobic <laughs> ass. Like, naked. <laughs> naked. Come and get me. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh, yeah. That would work against a lot of fights. Oh yeah! Just pull down your pants Absolutely. and start walking after him with your willy what? Absolutely. <laughs> Pete is angry that Oz touched Debbie on the arm, and Oz warns him that this isn't exactly the best time. <laughs> Pete is stupid and not listening, so he yells about how Oz put the moves on Debbie. <laughs> so stupid. Oz t- tries to protest his innocence, but Pete starts tugging at the cage door. Oz tries to explain that there's a reason he's locked. In a cage. (laughs) (laughs) But that doesn't work either. (laughs) Then Oz tries to explain about werewolves, guessing that Pete won't believe him. Then uh, Pete monsters up and Oz is convinced that Pete is most likely to believe him, uh, more likely to believe him than he originally thought. Pete rips the door off the cage and Oz tosses Oz out onto the floor. In the bathroom, Debbie is still thinking she's in a Lifetime movie rather than on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So she's going on and on and on and on about how Pete loves her. She repeats it over and over and over, actually. Uh, Buffy is done with this nonsense and decides she's going to go find Pete by herself. Yeah, they totally snow crashed her. <laughs> yeah. I think we broke her. <laughs> really dumb, man. Yeah, Willow observes that they have broken Debbie, and Debbie says, or and Buffy says, with with some sympathy that Debbie was already broken. True enough. Yeah, but not like victim broken, like person broken. Yeah, like sociopath broken. Yeah, that kind of broken. Yeah. Uh, in an interesting costume note, uh, Buffy isn't wearing her one girl in all the world black shirt as we might expect at this point in the episode. She is though wearing a the uh, a brownish red leather jacket that matches the leather pants that Faith wore in Faith Hope and Trick. Buffy is also wearing black pants and Faith is wearing a black shirt. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The only other couple just like a couple. Yep. <laughs> a lot. Yep. And Xander and Cordy have matched the whole episode. Yeah, of course. The They're fucking gone right now. So who well, knows yeah. what the fuck is going no, on? I, I would peace out too. I think I Cordy was like, let's go. Yeah. Can you just go? got yelled at for staying overnight. 
let's yeah. get out and of here. And then we had to go look at the face thing, and I just don't even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I, hope, I hope she took him away from this whole deal. Yeah. Uh, Pete throws Oz through a table and starts punching him while asking if he kissed that whore. And if she liked it, such a charmer. (laughs) (laughs) Probably already feeling the effects of his upcoming transformation, Oz kicks Pete away from him rather forcefully, and then he sees the moon. He tells Pete, time's up, rules change, (laughs) and transforms into a very angry Oswald, (laughs) who begins taking bites out of Pete. (laughs) Good. Buffy and Willow, who has gotten Debbie walking at least, hear the commotion and meet up with Giles and Faith as they all run into the library. Poor Santa. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, this is this is just a terrible time for, for a date, you two. <laughs> I think it's a perfect time for a date. <laughs> yeah, but this is weird too. Like Buffy's heart has run for the hills, and I can't say I blame uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> heart took the shadow self. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go. Giles tells Buffy to get the tranquilizer gun, again with giving orders. Weird. And she snags it. Buffy aims, and Debbie, the biggest fucking idiot that ever was an idiot, <laughs> yells for Pete, the fucking monster, to watch out, and then pushes Buffy so she shoots Giles in the ass with the dart. <laughs> Faith, standing calmly behind Buffy, gives Debbie a magnificent death glare. <laughs> like, who is this bitch? And why is she fucking with my girl's aim? <laughs> Wasn't that a great, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, when I pointed it out, Snard was like, really? And I just pointed it out, and it's pretty, like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, like, where did you come from? Even... <laughs> I can't, you look like yeah. a human, so I can't kill you. What are yeah. you? Like, <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. And then Giles, <laughs> bloody brilliant. <laughs> like, thud. Uh, <laughs> Buffy shouts out an apology, and Giles, unimpressed, collapses to the floor. Uh, Giles' fall does manage to frighten the Oz wolf, who runs out of the library. Buffy tosses the gun to Faith, telling her to take the wolf, and Faith and Willow run off in pursuit. Uh, Debbie, still an idiot, runs away from the good guys who are trying to help her, and Buffy starts punching and kicking the crap out of Pete. <laughs> I bet that was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she manages to tip a book. He manages to tip a bookcase on her, which, as Ethan learned, will just piss off a slayer. <laughs> And Pete runs away. <laughs> I have to say, it's a really good it's a really good thing Pete doesn't survive this episode because he's he's just been bitten by a werewolf, so he'd be a roided up werewolf monster thing with a really bad attitude. Yeah, they just would have had to put him down. Like I know we don't kill werewolves because they're people, but there's just yeah, uh, yeah. it's inhumane to let him live. Period. <laughs> yeah. We just keep him in a cage forever because yeah. I mean, well, you wouldn't kill him for the werewolf part. You'd kill him for the roided well, out freak part. he would part. become like Oz later, where he's able to wolf out at any time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, I mean, the roided out freak is more of a threat than the wolf, honestly. Oh, yeah, that's true. The wolf, is, the wolf is just an animal. Right. The the roided out freak is a psychopath. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer an animal. Because yeah. <laughs> they're furry. <laughs> so, indeed, all the bookcase did was piss Buffy off. And she's so quick. <laughs> She's quickly on her feet and chasing Pete down the hall, and he hops out a window. The Oswolf scampers down the hall with Faith and Willow in pursuit. Debbie has returned to the place where Pete beats the, sh- the living shit out of her. Very, very smart. This is much better than staying where people can protect you, Debbie. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, just when we thought she couldn't get any more stupid, she runs out and hugs him. He's all monstered out and seething, and she said she was all worried about him getting hit with a tranquilizer. She heard Giles say, dart gun. She knows it isn't a real rifle. (laughs) Nevertheless, she tells Pete that Buffy almost shot him, even though it could not 
be more obvious that that was a tranquilizer gun. <laughs> it didn't make a bang noise. And Giles went to sleep. Yes. <laughs> and nobody freaked out and called 911 Right. There's no blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's obvious. And pew. You know. <laughs> gun goes bang. Yeah. <laughs> tranquilizer goes pew. <laughs> Debbie brags about that she stopped Buffy. As if that's going to make any difference in what Pete is going to do to her. Chicky, he's a fucking monster. <laughs> and he wasn't that great when he wasn't a monster. This is why cops hate domestic violence calls. Yes. <laughs> so Debbie tries to paint Buffy as the bad guy, telling Pete that he needs to get out of town because the big scary Buffy knows all about him. He, of course, thinks that this is all Debbie's fault. And who could have seen that coming? <laughs> all right, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Pete goes on about how Debbie sucks and lunges towards her. Buffy has spotted the blood smear Pete left on the wall when he hopped out the window. Faith and Willow are still running after the Oswolf until he turns unexpectedly and tackles Faith. Willow screams and Faith makes the trademark irritated Slayer grunt. (laughs) 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 Buffy climbs uh, climbs out the window and hops down, following Pete's blood trail into the gardening supply room thing. So she's distressed to find Debbie's body and checks for a pulse, but Pete grabs her. Faith is wrestling with the Oswolf and yells to Willow, asking where the gun is. Willow is pretty fucking awesome right here, and I will give her full credit. She pulls the Oswolf's tail to distract him and takes <laughs> off his bait, giving Faith time to get the gun and make a fantastically calm shot. Oh, yeah. Right into the Oswolf's rump. <laughs> well done, you two. Yes, very, very well Amazing. done. Amazing. So, yeah, they should have been teamed up from the very beginning. Yeah. Sorry, Giles. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> Stay, she'll be yourself again or something. Pete is punching Buffy and telling her that chicks are all the same, because of course he is. Buffy kicks him, and then the door flies open, and Angel runs in, beats the shit out of Pete, and then gets his game face on and snaps Pete's neck with the chains. Pete changes back into his human uh, douchebag form rather than the douchebag douchebag form. <laughs> nice one, Angel! I mean, yes. I don't think Buffy was in danger of getting killed, especially since she could have, at the very least, held Pete off until Faith got there to help beat on him. But Angel did the one thing Buffy isn't allowed to do, because Pete is technically a human. He killed the shit out of him. Yep. And for that, I thank him. With his shackles. <laughs> and I love that he kills him with his yeah. finds. That's like, great. Yeah. Poetic. Yeah, it's all absolutely. poetical and shit. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> Angel, still in game face, isn't growling, but he seems pretty confused. He sees Buffy, who is in shock and wondering if he's really a if he's really a monster, uh, obviously, but probably also enjoying his new physique. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> Why did you get my goodness? <laughs> Hell looks good on you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to her, devamps, says her name, and falls to his knees in front of her. He wraps his arms around her and sobs, saying her name again, and she cries, but doesn't put her arms around him no come on buffy i don't understand yeah and, it doesn't and, have to be sexy or romantic it's like yeah, it's dude just, just like, got back from a hell dimension and yes he damseled you a little bit but still he, yeah. he ran in and but saved we wouldn't know it was angel not angelus unless he damsel damsels her exactly like i we okay. have to have this act of of i mean i normally i, I promised i wouldn't say this on the podcast but and, it's so cute that even when angel has no idea who he is <laughs> his defining characteristic and his instinct is to damsel buffy <laughs> yes <laughs> 
She wants to be that much trouble. It's so cute. I know it is. It is cute. It's so sweet. It's and it's, it's after cute. after all of these men men being beasts and Giles being yep. weird and and just after, and Xander just leaving. Yeah, after and Xander just picking up and going because he's he's not a beast, right? Like, Xander's exactly. resolved his beastness, so he doesn't need to be here for this conversation. Right. So he just, instead of being around to like, be a good influence, look, he I, just leaves. I tried to help, and y'all yelled at me, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah so so after all of that it's nice to have this little touch of chivalry i don't care that it's old-fashioned exactly. chivalry exactly. like in any other episode i'd kind of roll my eyes but in this ep- instance right. uh, it's that's just why, like the, the damseling is cute it is the so damseling refreshing. is adorable yeah. you know yeah it's and, so cute and i also like i mean again i think i think we're supposed to be reminded a little bit of of lily and chanterelle in this episode. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's just me, but I think we're supposed to be reminded just a little bit. So when he says her name, we think of back when they said Ricky remembered Lily's name long after he'd forgotten it. So he had the tattoo <laughs> with her name on it. He did have the Cliff's Notes version. It's but, true. But he knew it was important still. He did remember it was important. And so it's just nice. It has a heart in it. It's Lily. It's yeah. <laughs> Yes, it must be very important. Oh, he, it was upside down though, so maybe he was. <laughs> it's like a plurts clerk. Yeah, plurts clerk. There's no place like plurts. Number four. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it, to me, this kind of feels like Angel's been in hell. Mm-hmm. And the one name he's been able to remember mm-hmm. that's that's clearly in his mind, even if it's not him, is Buffy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And his instinct, even though he's a big monster, is to save Buffy. Yeah. And I yeah. think he breaks free because he can feel all this shit going down. He can, like, oh, yeah, smell so. the testosterone pheromone or right. something. Like, he's like, this is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm crazy, but I gotta go well, save her from Well, because he breaks out of the thing, and he goes right to where she is. Like, yeah. Right, right to where she's in like, trouble. Like, directly. And, yeah. and that is that animal instinct, that yeah. chase, that, you know. I mean, he might even, he might, I mean, who knows? Maybe he smells Oz or something like that. But more mm-hmm. likely, he could just, he, there's something, he feels like something's off with Buffy. Because he, yeah. I mean, he lurks. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does wanted, lurk. He wanted to go lurk. Yeah. <laughs> Or he could have been having, you know, like champion dreams. Yep. Yeah. He could. I mean, yeah. any number of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know, but yeah, he goes straight to her and he saves her and then says yeah. her name, and it's very sweet. And then, and then, not hugging him. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Like, I yeah, I never understood that because the instinct would be to hug him because and... it doesn't have to be romantic. Because I, look, yes, I know that that Buffy said her goodbyes to Angel when she thought he was dead in the Hell Dimension. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying she has to get back together with Angel at all, because she doesn't. Yes. But it doesn't have to be a romantic or sexual thing. I would have hugged Angel in that situation, and there would have been nothing romantic or sexual, because I'm gay as a fucking goose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I still like would have hugged him. Yeah. He, I mean, sweaty, nasty, stinky Angel comes back from a hell dimension, and I thought he was dead, and he saves me from this fucking idiot. Yeah, I'd hug him. Of course I would. Yeah. Buddies would hug each other in that situation. You can <laughs> hug him, Buffy. Yeah. I, and I I don't understand why. I well, don't get why. The only thing she could be not she's she could be not hugging for is because of Scott Hope. Scott Hope. 
I mean, yeah, okay, y'all know me, you know me, Snard. I would uh-huh. love to think that she is feeling for faith or devoted to faith or something that we haven't seen. And But that confused torment won't start until later. Yeah. They're just flirting right now. This She doesn't hug Angel because of Scott Hope. Well, is that why, or is it because she's just in shock? Like, I mean, because I could see her just being like, I've had a day. She would touch him, like, on his, Maybe, she tried to yeah. touch him earlier. Yeah, that's true. She would at least put, like, her hand on his back yeah, or on his head or, like, touch, touch. I yeah, I mean, I just, maybe she's just, I don't know. I, if I'm, I'd like to give her the benefit of a doubt and just say, like, she just, she's no crashes now. Like, I like would, Debbie. She just kind of, like. I would happily give her the benefit yeah. of the doubt if she didn't throw Scott Hope and Angel's face in the next, the faith in the next episode. Face yeah, that's true. In the next episode. Yeah, because she throws that right in his face. Yes, well, as we see, most women don't aren't attracted to that guys. Yeah, except Buffy is. Stop trying to deny what you are, Buffy. Yes. Well, and, and as we, we kind of said earlier, you know, off the podcast, Angel's sort of the first girl that Buffy dates. <laughs> well, we, we said how many yeah. times that, that he's the girl in the relationship. He's she, totally is. Well, she, 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 has she walks name. him home to make sure he gets home okay. Yeah. The pretty name, the getting yep. dressed up, the, yeah. Uh, he even turns into the woman when they're possessed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then even to Cordy, he's the woman. So es- escort me home. I'll drive. So if she is, <laughs> if she is denying her queer instincts, yeah, trying then, to be super straight. Yeah. Well, and that would be extremely consistent with something else we're going to call out um, much later. Yes, and that happens in L.A. It's kind of similar. Uh huh. That's true. Yeah, like when Buffy can latch onto a straight relationship, she will deny she ever felt anything for anyone who is supernatural or girl. <laughs> yeah, because that's her queerdom. Yep. Yeah. And she will run into that closet really, 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 really yeah. fast. So she's been... And put, like, crosses and garlic outside of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so so she's been chugging the heteronormatinis. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. that's the only reason I could think of is it did some weird Scott Hope thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I just... It's it's either that or she's Snow Crash. Because her mind has been kind of gone the whole time and she's clouded. And... But she looks pretty... She looks with it. Yeah. You know, she's... I, yeah. She, I mean, she does that on purpose, I think. The not yeah. hugging thing. And... No, she totally does. There's nothing wrong with hugging him. Yeah. You're sure there's nothing wrong with hugging him? Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) At school, Xander and Cordy are back from wherever the fuck they were, and Willow (laughs) is telling Buffy that everyone at school knows about Debbie and Pete, except that the rumors include Pete overdosing on iced mochas or birth control pills rather than monster juice. (laughs) I don't think anyone at Sunnydale High is good at biology because they don't even know about estrogen and how it works. Seriously. He'd be the most passive little kitten. <laughs> and he'd be he'd be nauseous and his boobs would hurt. Yeah, exactly. He'd be okay, Pete would be at home sobbing over like commercials for yeah. coffee or yeah. something like that. Like, Sarah <laughs> McLaughlin songs. Oh, that's yeah. not even Oh yeah, okay, Pete would be at home watching Becoming Part Two and be like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Bob. Not so much a threat. <laughs> Cordy expresses surprise that Pete was a real monster and asks uh, where she's been. That's what we'd like to know. (laughs) (laughs) Xander says she was in her special place. And dude, you were gone too. We assumed you were with her. (laughs) Where did you guys go? (laughs) My my theory is, the the IRL theory is I think they both got the flu. I think so too. Because Xander looks pretty haggard mm-hmm. and you know we're just kind of blaming it on him being sleepy and stuff but i think they both got like the flu or something probably. and they had to take an episode yeah, off probably yeah <laughs> that might be why there's so much space in this episode too there's but a little I bit love, of space i do love when they fourth wall that with court oh yeah where totally. was i we don't know where you were 
us. Yeah. <laughs> or like when she, uh, or like the the previous episode, where she's like, I don't think that's face natural. No, face natural hair color, hair color. When she just had her hair. Down. Oh yeah, she totally. <laughs> Cordy asks what really happened, and Willow tells them that Pete's lab notebook indicates that he was pulling a Jekyll Hyde kind of thing. Yeah, along with most of the other guys in this episode. Uh, Willow also calls Pete Mr. Science and says that the potion was supposed to make him extra super manly because he was afraid Debbie was going to leave him. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy explains that after a while, Pete could turn into a monster without using the potion. Uh, Cordy calls it a real killing and asks if Pete had anything else influencing him, like supernatural rage kind of stuff. And Buffy says, no, it was just Pete. If true, it seems like uh, Pete and, like we've discussed, also Debbie, uh, uh -huh. belong in the second of Giles' monster categories. Yes. We'll never know, of course. But yeah. if all that is true, they're the kind who don't want or seek redemption. Yeah. Yeah. They're just impervious. Yes. Buffy sees Scott sitting by himself and breaks away from the group, and Cordy is bummed because of all the serious thoughts she'll be having for the rest of the day. <laughs> he kind of shrugs. He kind of shrugs like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then he gives her this like little, like, the pouty sweet look. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. We, like we kind of talked about, it's sort of the same look that Buffy gives Faith when Faith is eating the food. Yeah. And, and, like, when... <laughs> when she's at dinner with Joyce, like they look at it like, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's <laughs> oh, that's cute. It's like that. I ain't even mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I ain't even. Well, mad. I shouldn't think that's adorable. That's fucking adorable. That's yeah, what that yeah. He's just he's cute. He's like, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, and so and honestly, with the, the deep thoughts and stuff and seriousness, he and Cordy are pretty well matched that way. Plus, yes. dude, where were you? Drive <laughs> 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 me crazy. Yeah. Buffy sits with Scott and says she isn't sure what to say. Scott tells her that he was friends with Debbie and Pete since before they all started school, and he didn't realize they were douchebags. <laughs> okay. Buffy asks if she can do anything, and he says he'll be okay. He tells her that you never really know what's going on inside somebody, except that it was pretty obvious that Debbie and Pete were both horrible. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway, Scott looks all sad, and Buffy looks sad for him. Buffy closes the episode in the forest, again, with the call of the wild, and we see her watching over Angel as he sleeps, clearly plagued by nightmares. So it's been a long time since I, I read the call of the wild, so I'm definitely not the best person to discuss its place in this episode, but if we take Buffy and Angel's relationship, uh, which obviously we're, is the thing we're supposed to associate the most with call of the wild, right? Uh-huh. Because we begin it, and we end it, begin it just with Buffy reading out of it, and then end it with Buffy Thinking about it, reading it while she's with Angel. Right. Right. Yeah. So in The Call of the Wild, uh, Buck, even though he's a domesticated dog, answers the call at the end of the book. Buffy knows that Angel is Angel now. She knows uh, that he isn't going to be one of the monsters that Giles talked about. But the dog in the book, and Angel has been identified so many times as a dog, eventually does answer the call of the wild. And I thought about this a lot, and the only thing I can really figure is that deep down, Buffy knows that Angel will eventually leave his leave uh, leave her to answer the call. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And th I think that's a lot of the college try behind their relationship in the season is it's that we're not going to have this chance again, right? So like, I don't think we're going to be a forever thing. I don't think we're even going to be a right now thing. But like, what else are you going to do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, you, you came back from hell. That's that's the main reason I don't understand the hugging. The, or the yeah. not hugging, I mean. You know, yeah. that's, that's so weird. Yeah. Well, it could be that she just, she uh, she detoxed from the vampires for a minute, and she's not sure how to respond to being attracted <laughs> to one anymore. I would hug a vampire. 
Faith yeah, hugs yeah. vampires. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she'll even kiss him if she's sent to. It's true. If she's given orders to, she'll yeah. kiss him, but that's, you know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So she's like, she, she can yeah. get over it. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, I don't know about the non-hugging thing. We'll have to kind of watch her in the next few episodes. But he couldn't have been that smelly. He yeah, well, been a little smelly, but not that smelly. What if she's worried that if she hugs him, she just will fall, like, you know. Like, by not hugging him, it's the only way she can stay strong. Touch his head, then. Yeah, maybe. Touch. She was going to touch his shoulder. Yeah. So, to, like, touch his shoulder. Yeah. In a hugging kind of way. Like, one yeah. touchy shoulder. Because she did try for that. That's obviously uh-huh. okay. Touchy shoulder. Yeah. Touchy. So, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she just, like, in that moment, she's like, if I if I relax and hug him, I might not come back out of this. I, I'm still skeptical because of the way she treats him in the next episode. Yeah, there is that, too. I'm dating yeah. a guy named Scott Hope, and he's <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and how how cruel to juxtapose her and Scott Hope with uh, first Faith and Buffy, right, and then Xander and Cordy. I know, like how cruel. <laughs> I know, so cruel. And then and then sandwiched between. Okay, yeah, Scott Hope. I mean, the ultimate insult, of course, is after Buffy and Faith and they're talking. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, right. But then <laughs> it's a sandwich between. <laughs> Between Xander and Cordy. Yeah. And Buffy watching Angel sleep. Right. <laughs> and Buffy is, watching Angel sleep has more chemistry than her sitting and talking to Scott Hope. Which is what she had to go do before her first date with Scott Hope. Yeah. Like, was to go say goodbye to Angel. So now right. she's back in the mansion watching him sleep where she left the ring. Right. Like, he's almost right next to his little mark on the floor in the same position. Yep. And it's just it's so sad. I know. Yeah. 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 So... I think that's all we got. I think so too. There's not. I mean, we we managed to talk for a long time, but yeah, there's we not stretched a lot of. It, but there's not a lot of there there. We stretched it with humor. Yes. And anecdotes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you guys saw more than we did in this episode, I mean, please let us know. Yeah, it it it's a lot like Inca Mummy Girl, and and it's just a little funky. A of, we we couldn't quite get a, a a grasp of this one. Yeah, everyone's just so off and foggy, and it, it's like their fog gave me fog. Right, and 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 we know this is all written, you know, in, intentionally because it's they know what they're doing on uh-huh. this show. So yeah. it was, they were written intentionally weird. Giles giving yes. orders, Buffy being completely clouded, everybody else being just bizarre. Uh huh. So we know that it was done intentionally. We just don't know why. Yeah, we can't put our finger on it, right. and maybe we'll see it in the next few episodes. Um, but yeah, everyone's everyone has a hard time settling into their roles this season. Mm-hmm. You know, like next. The next episode we're going into, uh, Cordy wants to be Buffy and Buffy wants to be Cordy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like no one can really, maybe with maybe with an extra Slayer in the mix, they just can't figure out where they all belong. Yeah. Maybe it's so just really hard for Buffy to fight the pole to be the chosen two. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of pulling stuff off or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they all find an equilibrium at the very, very end of the whole series. Yeah, but, like, Buffy integrates Faith. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the group stays separate from that. Like, they yeah. they do the same thing. They do, like, what Willow does with her relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what the they do with Buffy's relationship with Faith. Yeah, absolutely. Is that Faith is the peripheral, you know, and, and Oz is kind of integrated in this episode. Oh, he's, he's very integrated. I mean, he gets yeah. pulled into everything, like... 
He's, True. He gets yeah. to participate in all this he stuff. He is the metaphor of the entire episode, right. so we have to sense, we well, have he, to center around him. Well, he got to participate in, uh, you know, the whole humiliation of Buffy during Dead oh, Man's yes. party, and he gets... He gets dragged into all this stuff. That was very true, yeah. So but he's mostly less to, less as a vehicle for what Will wants him to do. He doesn't get uh-huh. to say his own opinions. Quite. Yeah, no, that's um, true. But yeah. I mean, you saw how, how enthusiastically Buffy was nodding when Giles was like, maybe Faith can watch Oz. And Buffy's uh-huh. like, yeah, 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 that'd be perfect. Yeah. So yeah, Buffy wants Faith as part of the group. Yeah, right she now. wants Faith involved and everybody else is sidelining her and they don't really know. I mean, I mean, Faith was the per- first person she went to after she saw Angel was back. Yeah. That's pretty significant. I mean, I don't think, I mean, she wasn't going to, there's no way she was going to tell Faith what had just happened. I mean, no, no. way. She's already told no. Faith that, that Angel is so up limits and all that kind of shit. But she went to her first. Uh-huh. She didn't go, she didn't go and talk to, you know, find Willow. She didn't go and find Scott Hope. She didn't go and, well, and walk around. And she's expressed that she's cut all these characters off. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she expressed with the counselor that she's not speaking with these people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah she goes right to faith, but and she uh-huh. kind of dismisses faith and everything. But it's like she just needs to be around her just for a yeah, second, like to try to get her bearings to, again. She needs to ground, but she's yeah. not. Buffy's not ready to be in a group. She's not ready to be in a couple. Right. She just needs to figure her shit out on right. her own because she remembers that was the best she did. Mm-hmm. She did things really well on her own, so she just needs to be alone. Right. And I mean, I, I think she'd probably gladly trade living with her mom with living where Faith is for a minute. Probably. You know? Like, you go have the room and the stuff and the things, and I'll just, God, I, I'll just eat SpaghettiOs out of a can. That was great. That was the <laughs> best. That was the best. <laughs> like, I really think the reason that Buffy doesn't think about getting Faith a better place to live and food is because she was the envious. happiest when she had what what faith has. Yeah, right. Like, seriously, I think that was, she sees that as being, like, the ideal <laughs> And so she just doesn't see that Faith is maybe, like, not well, happy with it. Because it was Spartan. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Buffy was when she yes, was back. Yes, she was. Yeah. She she did very well yeah. in that. But um, she did have food because she worked at the restaurant. Well, yeah, that's true. Like, I think that really is the big thing. If she's Faith not just, seeing... If Faith had food... Right. But Buffy's not going to have that kind of perspective because right. she took care of it, you know? Exactly. Can you see, can you see Buffy and Faith sitting, like, <laughs> like chilling in their underwear on Faith's bed watching TV and eating the SpaghettiOs? Oh, yeah, Totally. <laughs> But be like, let me show you a thing. Do you want the, <laughs> you want the beef raviolis or the spaghettios this yeah, time? Totally. <laughs> there you yeah. go, B. <laughs> See, I, I think that's why Buffy doesn't invite Faith over or help her out because she was really happy that way. Well, and it means the metaphor again. Like Buffy doesn't yeah. want to admit that part of hers and then yeah. that part of that Slayer part is in her body either, you know? Yeah, totally. So yeah, it's, I mean, so she's cut herself off from her mind. She's not talking to her mind. She's not talking to her parts. Her heart skips town. And it's just like everyone can't figure out where the musical chairs ends, you know, because then we, we not only have Faith, we have Angel, and then we get the mayor involved. And it's just like such a crowded place. Right. And everyone's just playing musical chairs the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, and, and like you pointed out and, and to me, it's because we're going to... We're going to uh, branch off into a new series, so we've got two of everybody for we, a while. Yes. <laughs> we, we duplicate all characters that will be leaving for Angel. Yeah. Yep. We've got... So, so Buffy has two simultaneous love interests. <laughs> yeah. We've got... <laughs> we've got... Two painters, two artists, two writers, yes. two makers of... <laughs> Making the velvet flowers. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's from Impromptu. Yes. Go watch it. Yes, please do. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um... And yeah, we've got. I mean, we've got we've got Buffy and Cordy 
you know, uh-huh. Cordy wants to be a hero now, so we're yeah. gonna, you know, she's and, gonna and Cordy will yeah. temporarily until she gets a new a new metaphor exit into being Perseus, which is what Buffy is. Yep. And uh, you know, we're going to get Wesley, who comes in as a duplicate Ares. Yeah. So we've got yeah, we've got Wesley and Giles. Yeah. We've got two Watchers. Yeah. <laughs> One, so we, the we younger, poncier version of Giles. two war gods. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to duplicate a another figure, a female figure who's not female. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we we really we crowd our cast so we don't feel the emptiness when the other ones leave. We are going to have a lot going on. Yes. So yeah, it'll feel a little. Yeah, a little, it's it's frenetic. Crowded. It's frantic. It's it's heavy on the metaphor. We're finally admitting to the fact that we're using Greek myth to write our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're heading towards all kinds of interesting stuff. We have some of our characters doing things that we didn't notice before. Yes. Yeah. And the first episode of Angel happens in this season, too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that's pretty fun. Yeah. So we got a lot to look forward to. Yep. And uh, yeah. yeah. Catch and, you on the flip uh, side. Yeah. And uh, this is After All Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Peace out, bitches. Beasts. <laughs> Grr. Arg. <laughs> Where'd my clotter ring go? (laughs) My ass hurt.